All right, we're live. Hey guys, welcome back to the Anime Collector, and welcome back to the OCA podcast. Uh, with me, the Anime Collector, my co-host, as usual, Don Jobo Agi. Hey, what's going on today? Uh, today is August twenty-fourth. Uh, it's nine p.m. Pacific time, as usual for this podcast. Uh, again, we're a bi-monthly podcast, so we have a podcast every other week. So I've got some stuff uh, that I want to talk to you guys about uh, as people filter in. Um, first things first, Adpocalypse has finally hit my channel. I guess that around the time when it did, when I started getting uh, demonetized for things, um, I guess that there was like a, a, a site-wide purge that happened. Um, so a lot of channels got hit at the same time that I experienced it. But I think I was one of the first people to notice it because I just happened to be up at the time and was looking at my page and then immediately like from everything was great and then everything wasn't great. Uh, so what this means, by the way, first of all, some of the videos that have been hit for demonetization, by the way, demonetization in this case is is a partial demonetization. It's the yellow symbol. Uh, it means that uh, you're not considered advertiser friendly, and some of the videos are appropriately being hit, like the grab bag series. Um, but all the other videos are inappropriately being hit, so I have to appeal those, which means that YouTube's got to go in manually. And the fact that this is site wide means it's probably going to take them years <laughs> before they go through all the ones that need to be gone through manually. So I don't know, but the uh, the bottom line is that. Um, Ad revenue on the channel, which by the way isn't spectacular anyway, but uh, it's it's taken a nosedive. So, uh, with that said, I want to um, really emphasize uh, how beneficial it is to the channel, to the podcast, that you guys actually uh, go out of your way to like, comment, uh, share the sort of content that we produce because it's what helps us to grow, reach more people, and also just helps us continue to do what we do. Um, now, in a sort of similar vein to that, um, I need to also talk about something kind of personal that's come up in my life that is going to affect the channel in other ways. Uh, first of all, I just want to establish right away that um, the podcast should be able to continue regardless of what I'm about to say. The podcast should not be affected by this. Um, but basically... <sighs> Let's talk about the bootleg series for a second. So one of the difficult things about the bootleg series is the fact that I need to have like time, energy, and funding to work on that series. And I only ever seem to have two of those at a time, you know? Um, and Basically, one of the most crucial ones, obviously, is funding. And what I mean by funding isn't that I need to be paid to make the series. It's that I need to have income coming in. Um, you know, basically, the money that I have to, to have for the series is actually just so that I can take time off of my day stuff, my day job work, uh, to work on it. You know, so that my family's taken care of, my rent is paid for, all that stuff. So anyway, with that said, um, I'm talking with a buddy of mine uh, who... Is gonna he he and I are basically we're partnering up on a business venture because we've it's kind of a long story I'm not gonna get on all the details 
but we have sort of an untapped market um, and we look like we're going to be able to actually get funding really early on. Like it, it's perhaps October, you know, we might have half a million dollars kind of, you know, funding coming in to, to start a business, you know? So um, this is something where timing wise, this is going to become my new day job, you know? And when you start your own business, it's going to, it's going to require, you know, 80 hour weeks at minimum. You know what I mean? So uh, what I'm getting at here is that timing wise, I'm, I'm about to have a lot less of it, you know, in terms of working on the channel. But at the same time, that's going to provide a lot more capital uh, for the sake of doing things on the channel once timing loosens up again, uh, you know. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to make you guys aware of that. Um, I'll keep you posted on where that project's going just because um, things are kind of up in the air at the moment. Um, and regarding what I'll be doing, um, I'm going to be, we're going to be working on specifically what I'm going to be doing on this project while, as a partner in the business is running a kids um, like web series, right? Um, it's very niche market. It's, it's something we're doing specifically for uh, a certain field to sort of help educate um, patients in a chiropractic thing. But, uh, you know, that, that could mean, you know, depending on, depending on how the negotiations work in terms of funding, that could mean that for the next entire year, I'll be working day in and day out on pre presenting season one, you know, getting all the work behind the scenes done so that we get the whole first season done and we can, um, we can get funding to continue rolling all this stuff. But, uh, uh, I'll, again, I'll talk about that more once things are more solid and I have a more solid kind of, um, grasp on exactly where all the details are, you know? Anyway, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that I've got a, I'm a little bit more prepared for this podcast than usual. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, especially because Oticon, uh, was, um, was it last weekend? I, I don't know. It was since our last podcast, Oticon has occurred. So we've got some stuff to talk about there. Um, it was last weekend. Right. So, um, Let's see. First of all, I want to bring up the Aria Kickstarter. Um, and in fact, hold on real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna join this Hangout call from my other computer real quick. Let me know if there's a decrease in quality because it's gonna put a little bit extra strain on my internet here. But if I join the call real quick, let's see. Uh, I'm going to join the call so that I can quickly screen share different things. All right. So I'm joining. It's going to be my other account down here. I'm going to screen share. And I'm going to bring this up. And I'm going to click on this one so you guys can see it. All right. Hey, Mr. Nice Guy's here. So uh, I just wanted to bring up Kickstarter as per our pact um, that if there's ever an anime Kickstarter going on, uh, that we will make sure to alert each other about it. So um, regarding Aria here, um, it's already been 
fully funded, which means that in 17 days here, it's going to definitely, you know, it's going to go through like, um, and I'm, I'm bringing it up here so that you guys can make sure that if you haven't already backed it and you want to get a specific, um, you know, you want to get, uh, uh, you know, the, the Blu-ray for it and all that, that you'll be able to do so. So we're going to return to talking about Aria later on in this podcast regarding, you know, more information about the actual, um, uh, Kickstarter uh, campaign and, and sort of the stretch goals and stuff, but we're going to come back to that when the time comes. So anyway, uh, let me get back to my schedule over here and I'll just say, I'm going to skip over some stuff that I was going to talk about. All right. So um, yes, so many tabs, Mr. Nice Guy. Just wait because I'm about, I'm going to go through all of those different anime news network articles and whatnot uh, during this video. So, uh, do you want to start, Augie, with um, with your weekly pickups? Well, gladly. First, first, I want to highlight a potential upgrade from before, as we talked about symbol insert. I had a slain copy. However, I upgraded it to a virgin copy. Oh. Okay. There you go. So, not that many series. Technically, I completed three, even though one's not really complete, but there's no control over at the moment. So, from Bandai Entertainment, Clockwork Fighters, one, two, three. I don't even, I don't even want to try to pronounce the other part of that title. He Woes War. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say, because it, it sounds like you're saying hero with like a little baby accent. <laughs> and uh, Infinite's... Since we're talking about DMC later, I finally went ahead and completed uh, Black Heaven. There you go. And one of the weird things about it, if you ever notice like these numbers down here, usually mm -hmm. one to the last one's like the bottom all the way to increasing. But for some reason on this, second one's two, the third one's three, and the fourth one's four. But the first one is five. Huh. I don't uh, know. Maybe the collector's box is one. I'm not sure. Oh man, Black Black Heaven must be the last one. Yeah, it's over there. I was gonna look at mine, but yeah, I can't. Uh, anyway, two of them have uh, what do you call it? Holographic cards inside the slip, and the other two are bare. And the one that I talked about having what's released but not fully, kind of similar <laughs> vein to Monster Rancher, is a uh, length of time detective. Hold on. Let me pull back. To, uh, I'm on the wrong tab. Okay. Show that again. Length the time detective. Volume one through four from Right Stuff Entertainment. And all the episodes are dubbed, just no one's going to release it. Or, uh, I'm trying to remember if I actually have just, all that. Fate should yeah. be right here. Where are Flame of Rekka. Yeah, there's four, and there's two black ones and two pink ones, right? Uh, on the yeah. Mine's okay. heavily some faded on one, but show me. That's... I want to. I want to know. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, again, it's an external copy. Yeah. The uh, the normal pink on it. I I always wondered if mine were sun faded. I actually one of mine is a little bit pinker, well, more salmon color than the other one because it's more of an orange color. Yeah. This is what one looks like without. 
the sun fade. Hopefully that's coming up all right. Yeah, that looks great. So hopefully Discotech, since they're having a ridiculous good relationship, or how I see it, a good relationship with a lot of other companies like Toei, TMS, thank God, and uh, Sanrio. Mm -hmm. Sanrio owns Sanrio owns this. Okay. So hopefully we might see a future release of it. Maybe I, it I'm sure. On show. I'm sure we'll see it eventually. Um, whether Right Stuff still has the rights to it and they eventually release it through Right Stuff Nozomi, or if Discotech takes over and gets it, I don't know. You know, but I'm sure we'll see it eventually. It's one of those things where when when all the work has already been put into a show. There's already a dub. There's a nostalgia factor to it. It's dumb for a company to not jump on it. You know, eventually, when the timing is right and the stars align, uh, so to speak, in the licensing world, uh, we'll get one. So, I'm I not what's going to happen to the WB English dub of Card Captors. And who knows what crazy Axon's going to do with that show being released again? Yeah, that's a good good point it wasn't in the one that was released the the more recent blu-ray that was the legendary malaysian dub yeah but i was i i can't remember i think somebody told me it had both dubs no i don't recall yeah maybe i don't know it's so only that I, I knew that it had the malaysian one which I, I was like i didn't buy that box set but i i regret it now because I, now i haven't heard the malaysian dub but anyway it's more truer to the subtitled version. The ADR director, when yeah. people were harassing NIS, he just blatantly said it's the Malaysian one because it just blends up with the words a lot better mm -hmm. in the English and less work for him because even though there are some parts that they did censor that are in Japanese, like the romance between the older bros, mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a pretty decent set. I just kind of... There's some slight issues that are uncomfortable, but yeah, I um I didn't get it because I already had the the Genion, uh, but I didn't want to spend, pay money for it. By the way, I mean that's the main reason. But I already had the Genion box set, so I I kept. When I say when I say uncomfortable, I'm talking about how the menu menus were laid yeah, out. No, I'm, the I'm just of the show. Yeah, right, right. Um, okay, so do you have another one? Was that is that the last one? That's it. I had a. Order accident, but they sent me the what I already had. So yeah, that's it for now. Okay, so I've got a lot to go through. Um, I got some really good deals on things this week. I'm going to start off with the stuff that I just pulled out of the mailbox. So in the first podcast, I brought up uh, I was looking to get this bootleg of Ricky O because it has the dead Hello Kitty like burning at the stake. Uh, image here so i managed to pick that up i needed that for the bootleg series her face isn't as bruised up as some of your some of the images show still horrifying it's but not bruised up but there's like dark shading on it especially yeah. blood but yeah maybe maybe they just like use a whole bunch of different logos of hello kitty being killed because this one she's burning at the stake other ones i think you're right i think there's like a stake through her head and she's like got like impaled on a pike kind of thing. Anyway, why they chose to put that as their mascot, who could tell? Bootleggers are weird. Anyway, also, at least I, it fits the theme of violence, but continue. 
Well, I also, yeah, with Ricky O, it's like the one place where it works. Um, so I, I also tonight picked up um, out of my mailbox my Zihime, my Otome. Um, and moving on, uh, let's just go straight to this one. I also got the my Otome's way, whatever, however you want to pronounce that. Um, and last week, yeah, last week, uh, I talked about Death Parade. And I was concerned because look at how off-centered mine was. Well, I ordered a replacement. I ended up going through with it, and it looks much better. I'm so glad I did that. And I didn't notice this until tonight, or I guess yesterday, last night. Uh, but I'm glad I did this anyway because the uh, I got that that gash around the bottom underneath the shrink wrap where where the art box dang it the art box is uh, just ripped up right here. So uh, I'll be sending it back regardless at that uh, stage uh, once I notice that. Um, but I actually ordered the replacement before I even noticed that. So lucky. So always check your art boxes, guys, when you get them um, before you open them. Next up, last week I also talked about picking up the 4K Ultra HD of Resident Evil Vendetta. And last week and also this week unfortunately uh fddnm is not with us uh in the podcast he's got um busy days uh going forward so he's ended up um needing to skip them so that he's not dead tired because these podcasts can get quite long but he reminded me that there's actually a best buy exclusive version of this so i picked this one up it's in a steel book uh, the cover is not nearly as good, in my opinion, as the DVD slash Blu-ray slash Blu-ray 4K HD. Um, so I picked that up. My pre-order of Digimon Adventure Try Determination came in. So I've got that. And then... So, okay. Uh, all right. We watched Devil May Cry um, this... Yeah, okay, we, we, we were looking for a name for this. It's like our anime book club, except that we're watching it. I'm calling it the Anime Watch Club. All right, that's what that's what, how I'm going to be referring to it, so we have a name for it. We can talk about it. So for this week, for the uh, for this week's podcast for the Anime Watch Club, we're, we're watching DMC, Detroit Metal City, right? Okay, okay. Um, I'm scared for a second. You said Devil May Cry. Oh, did I? Yeah, I meant, yeah, DMC. I always get them confused because, yeah, yeah, Detroit Metal City, right? Uh, not Devil May Cry. So it turns out, and we sort of talked about this briefly last week, that there's a live-action version of Detroit Metal City. And I regret ever saying that. Yes, because it is really difficult to find, like stupidly difficult. Um, and Augie was convinced that it was going to be like the easiest thing in the world to get because he had seen it every time he went to a convention, just like hundreds of copies of it. Um, and now it's like it doesn't exist, you know? So I managed to find a copy of it. Um, it There was a problem with the shipping, so it hasn't arrived yet. Um, they put in the wrong tracking information or something, so it says that it arrived, but they sent me an email letting me know that there was a problem, and when I clicked on that tracking, I could see that it was still a ways out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how this mistake happened. I don't know how the tracking says it was delivered at my house. I don't know. It's bizarre. Anyway, I don't know how tracking works. But um, but with that said, 
it, I looked at the other things that Viz Pictures, the live action movies that Viz puts out, had had been releasing, and it, it appeared that a lot of them, like Detroit Metal City live action, were becoming more and more difficult to get. Uh, some of them in particular. So I'm about to go through a bunch of live action uh, stuff from Viz that I picked up just so that I could get them before they're impossible to get. Because buying these new, they're pretty expensive. But I managed to get some pretty darn good um, used copies. So first up is 20th Century Boys um, Volume 1, which is beginning of the end. This is the first movie in the series. And then I've also got 20th Century Boys 3 Redemption right here. Now, something kind of weird happened. Um, let me just grab it. Um, I, I found 20th Century Boys Movie 2 on two different websites. And I found it on Right Stuff first, so I ordered it there. And then... Remember, I, I talked about this at least one podcast, probably the first podcast, about how I've been meaning to watch, maybe it was last week actually, um, the whole Monogatari series. So I thought, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start getting a, a new Monogatari series every time I'm going to buy something off right stuff. And in this case, it's like, okay, this actually helped me get free shipping. So I ordered um, Tsuki Monogatari, right? And here's the interesting thing, though. So I ordered that so that I could get, so that I could get 20th Century Boys to The Last Hope. That's, I haven't read the title of this yet. I haven't, obviously, I hadn't even taken it out of the box. But the thing is that I then found this on Amazon Canada uh, for slightly cheaper. So I attempted to cancel the order on Right Stuff, and Apparently, I thought the cancellation request went through because I hadn't shipped it yet. Apparently not. <laughs> so that actually also arrived uh, today. So moving on, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with these yet because uh, I might I might send them back to Rice. So the problem with, with sending stuff back to Rice is they don't pay the return shipping fee like Amazon does. Uh, so moving on from there, though, I'm going to just quickly go through these other live-action titles. I also got the live-action Death Note. Um, which is something that, so some of these, uh, I kind of, I was obligated to get like one of the main reasons I didn't wait on these is because, um, in my bootleg DVD stuff that I collected back when, you know, in the real early days of my collecting, I have a couple of these live action films in bootleg form and I never actually went and got the non bootleg version. So this is me making up for that. So death note is one of those. Death Note 2, the last name, and then L, Change the World. And I'm, I'm curious if anybody watching knows if there's a specific order these are supposed to go in. I'm assuming it's Death Note, Death Note 2, and then L, Change the World. But I'm wondering, knowing the story from the anime at least, if it should go like this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. So if anybody knows, just go ahead and uh, give me a heads up. Uh, then the only one that I got new, and I didn't even mean to get it new, but I just I guess it was the best price, was um, Happily Ever After, uh, which I guess in the manga that this is based on, the husband, as he's doing on the cover here, flips the table, the dinner table, often. I think that's one of the one of the recurring gags in it, based on what I saw on Anime News Network. I also got Honey and Clover and Kamikaze Girls. 
Um, if there's any that I haven't mentioned yet that are from the Viz pictures, it means I already got them. Like I think Devil Man was one of them. That's just something I already had. Then, to, to finish this off, I also got Nana. And I ordered Nana too. As you can see, I have it. But um, the person I bought it from accidentally sent me Dragon Ball Z Kai Blu-ray, the final chapters, part two, episodes 122 to 144. So I'm not putting this in my collection. This is going to go in my extras bin because I don't want to. I don't want to start collecting Kai right now. I just I don't need that on my plate. Um, but uh, I got that uh, now. I also um, we sort of in the, a couple of podcasts ago we talked about um, soft cell pictures, which was the adult line of ADV. Um, I picked up Tournament of the Gods title match uh, from Soft Cell, and I guess I could show you the back. There's nothing like, there's nothing explicit visually on the back, is there? Oh, I didn't look at the picture behind the picture. No, it doesn't show anything. All right. Anyway, um, so I wanted to ask you this, Augie. Um, when they released this on VHS, they released three separate installments, and the first one was titled title match okay with the dvd it's titled title match but i don't think I, I'm, I'm assuming that all three episodes or whatever hold on, hold on, hold on. this is the same thing as uh, magical twilight because they did the hex files that was right. volume okay. one then they had volume two a possible volume three for the vhs then they okay. went to dvd okay so they so, just used they just used the subtitle from one of them just to right. Design package wise. Okay. Well, look how many episodes it is. See the runtime. See if they match. Approximately 60 minutes. So if each episode is 20 minutes long, then yeah, that's approximately correct. If it's three, right? Uh, so the you next. Like the weird uh, Dragon Wheel series. The Dragon Wheel? You mean um, Dragon Knight? Yeah, Dragon Knight. Yeah. Um, the next three I got from the same person. I bought them on a group, uh, seller's group, and I got a really good deal on them. So, Genshiken 2 with, you know, volumes. Since it's open, I'll just show you. Uh, this is volume one over here. Volume two. Volume three. I already had, this is Genshiken 2 again. I already had the first Genshiken series. That's why I went out of, out of my way to pick this up. And then I guess NIS America made a premium set that wasn't a, a horrible mess in terms of packaging size. So here's Genshiken, the second generation. Uh, this is unopened. And this is, say what you will about NIS America, but their art boxes are really, really well-crafted. Um, they feel like they're they're definitely sturdier than a normal chipboard art box, but they feel, I don't know if they're thicker or what, but something's a little bit different about them, and the edges are, like, really sharp. They're not rounded over. So there's just, it's a different aesthetic. Um, it's pretty nice, uh, and it feels really good under the plastic, at least. But um, the last one I got from this person uh, that I've been talking to FDDNM about behind the scenes quite a bit was uh, Yakitate Japan, in the Nozomi, um, you know, right stuff, gift with purchase art box. Uh, I've been meaning to pick this show up just to make sure I got this art box, but I didn't want to, um, first of all, it's, it was, it's kind of expensive on right stuff, 
and I didn't want to risk not getting the art box. So I figured I'd wait till it showed up on eBay, make sure I got the art box because on eBay, uh, most of the time they actually take a picture of the item they're selling and that way I could ensure that I got the art box. Well, I saw it on the seller group for much cheaper than I would have spent uh, elsewhere. So I, I pulled the trigger on this to make sure I, uh, that this was included in my collection. And last and least, not, not the normal phrasing here, but uh, World War Blue from, uh, from Anime uh, Works or Media Blasters. Uh, this might be the worst dub in recent history. Uh, I'm just going to bring that up there. So let's see. I think, I think that concludes everything that I got from... Uh, uh, yeah, this, so this concludes everything from this, this two-week period. Um, so let's take a look at the chat real quick. So John Shane says he would watch L change the world last, uh, because if he remembers right, it takes place around the same time as the ending of part two. See the weird thing about what you just said, hope I'm not spoiling death note for anybody. The, oh, part, oh. Yeah, Duo Duo just popped up. Guess what, Duo? I already talked about it, but because you're here, I'm going to bring it up. So this is the one I had before. I did get a replacement, and the replacement looks way better. And I was just showing everybody. It turns out that the one that I got originally, the... Augie, stop making noise. <laughs> you're killing me here. <laughs> the one that I got originally has... Uh, had a gash across the bottom so it's a good thing that i replaced it just for that because i probably wouldn't have noticed that until way way too late if i hadn't gotten the replacement anyway um so i did replace it and since you're here because you're the resident expert on death note i was curious um should uh which order should i watch the live action movie series in should it go i'm assuming it goes death note death note 2 and then L changed the world. But I was wondering if it might go that way instead based on everything. But that can't be right because then then the little apple there is not like completed, you know. So did they do that on purpose? I guess I guess they must have. Doesn't line up too well, but <laughs> that's all right. So anyway, um, I'm just going to uh, – Augie has disappeared on me for a second. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and – come through the chat a little bit further and see where where we're at so one pound gospel OVA from the real slim shady asks um, that sounds familiar um, I have not seen it maybe I have I don't think I have I, I probably haven't um, I'm but uh, that does sound familiar um, and Duo says that the first order appears to be fine. Uh, I mean, it'll, it'll all make sense no matter what, uh, because I've already seen the anime. Um, yeah, the, the movies are goofy, but fun. Yeah, the, the Netflix film as well. We'll see. <laughs> um, we'll see if that's good. Um, a, so, One Pound Gospel, Real Slim Shady uh, chimed in again to let me... Uh, know that it is a boxing anime with a nun. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, the schedule I've got set up, by the way, I want to know from you guys if the schedule ends up 
if this works for us, if, if this is something we should continue doing it consistently this way. So I'm going to move into uh, our Anime Watch Club discussion. But before we get in there, I just want to know, um, what are what else have you guys been watching this week? Like, Augie, have you, have you, um, have you watched anything? I know you saw, you had already seen Detroit Metal City before our podcast last week. You had just rewatched right. it or whatever. But you that watched the live action movie, um, which I also watched. Uh, we had to find another means to watch it because it didn't yeah. arrive yet. But um, so, what else have you been watching? I watched the the Tamagotchi movie. Um, um, not great. <laughs> on my own. On my own. Um, Lord Marquis and the. Uh, Vandal Buster, I think. Okay. Beat the Vandal uh, Buster? No, not beat the Vandal Buster. Um, crap. It's over there. Real Slim Anyways. Shady says that the nun helps the guy. Uh, oh, yeah. I have it. Well, right oh, okay. That's what he was grabbing. Okay. Yeah, you got the VHS of uh, One Pound Gospel, which, from what I heard rumor wise, this was. Um, Apparently they lost the master, and it's not to be found. So there's only these around. I guess I still oh, don't believe it. Sorry, say that again. Um, apparently they lost the master to this. Oh, okay. So I they, still don't believe that, but okay. So what he means is that you can't, without the master, you can't do a DVD transfer. Is is what you're getting at, right? So they're saying right. that you're saying that the VHS, if we get it. It's going to be a VHS rip, right? Yeah, right. But at the same time, they did the same thing to Project Echo. But if anyone's going to get it, it's more likely going to be discotheque. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll very, see. very true. Yeah, so to to come back to what I was saying before, I definitely have seen one. I haven't seen it. I knew of it. I, I had seen it on Anime News Network at some point. Um, so I did know One Pound Gospel. Uh, Duo says he's been watching uh, Code Geese, Hell Girl Season 1, and Ori Emo Season 2. Okay. <laughs> says he needs to finish it for better or worse. He's also been watching Monster. Good on you, Duo. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, by the way, I didn't bring this up, but the uh, the creator of Monster and Master Keaton uh, is the creator of the manga that the 20th Century Boys is based on. Um, Naoki Urasawa, I think his name is. Um, the master of Japanese suspense, I think they call him. Uh, Shane says uh, he just watched Crusher Joe the movie. We're actually going to be talking about Crusher Joe a little bit tonight. Uh, and Danny says he also wants to check out One Pound Gospel. All right. Um, oh, and the real Slim Shady says that they have watched All Purpose Cultural Cat Girl Nuku Nuku and The Hakenden. Do you guys awesome. like The Hakenden? Legend of the Dog Warriors, The Hakenden. That's what it's called, right? That's what it's called, but awesome. Kudos for watching Cat Girl Nuku Nuku. I'm noticing more people uh, posting clips of the show around Facebook recently. Regarding Probably says nothing in nods. Well, I, I was just coming back to my point about the Huck End then. I, I, I per, to your point, I don't hate um, all-purpose cultural Cat Girl Nuku Nuku, but... Um, like it's a fun watch, but I, I just I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's like a a timeless classic. Let's put it that way, you know. Like oh, no, it's it's, it's kind of like it's nineties. 
it's kind of like Amazing Nurse Nanaka or whatever that show's called, where it's like it's worth watching. Um, do a check the description. I have his I have his Twitter linked in there. Um, do is asking about Augie's Twitter. Um, uh, by the way, the description of this video, I've got all the links that we're going to be going over from Anime News Network and whatnot uh, are in the, the description. So um, we'll be uh, – I'm going to have to get a URL shortener or something because when I pasted them in from the notes that I've got up on, on the side here, um, it exceeded – like it greatly exceeded the, the, the text limit of the description. So um, – but for now, they're there, and you, if you guys want to follow along and read into more detail on some of the stuff we're going to be talking about tonight, um, all that stuff should be in the description right now. So, um, Okay, good. Somebody agrees with me that the Hawk and Den is terrible. <laughs> uh, John Shane says, other than DMC, which he just finished an hour before the podcast, he's been watching Steinsgate for a Facebook group he's in. Cool, dude. Yeah, Augie, for some reason, you know refuses to watch Steinsgate. You know what? If someone will donate me a mint copy with a slip cover of the TV series, Funimation released, and also the movie, I will watch it. Okay. You want the one with the slip cover, or do you want the chipboard art box? Doesn't matter. It has to be mint. Okay. All right, I might, I might send you one if I can find another mint copy. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's let's roll into uh, Detroit Metal City. What do you guys think of it? What do you think, Augie? Brief uh, thoughts. I, I really love. Um, I have to treat the movie and shorts separate. Movie and the TV series separately because of let the me let me ask you real quick. Gut feeling, which did you like more? Series or movie? That's hard. They both handled different aspects better than their counterpart. I think right. I liked the movie more because of one, because of a lot of things, but one very specific thing that I thought the mother. was the mother was great. Mother. Yeah, but that's not that's not the thing. That's not the thing that I'm going to talk TV about. TV series. Uh, since you said that. I'm going to go with the TV series because it does explain more of the situations and how ridiculous and radical the stuff that happens in that world is. Then it, then it flushes out some characters that were, I think, Capitalist Pig was cut out of the movie, right? Which, oh, yeah, the the um, the, the M man, <laughs> the masochist yeah. guy, yeah, he was cut out. Uh, um, so I guess if we're just going to kind of intertwine back and forth between the movie and the show, I'll just mention, um, first of all, you guys, if you haven't seen the movie, um, there's not really a whole lot we can ruin for it other than a casting choice, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But um, I will say that to your point about them removing the capitalist pig guy, the masochist guy, they also changed the manager's two black friends with the blonde hair into dogs in the movie. Yeah, two Dobermans. <laughs> yeah, two Dobermans, <laughs> which think, is very... I could, be, I could be dead wrong, but I think the Japanese actress for the manager was the same one who did Rita Repulsa. Oh, really? She was really good. Like, yeah. Acting wise, she was she perfectly captured that I, character. I couldn't keep I couldn't get my eyes off her. And it wasn't I actually, even with all the things that she was saying. I actually liked 
the live action casting for most of the characters better than the anime. Like I thought that, um, I guess partially because they're a little bit easier to look at because the characters in the anime are, are kind of intentionally drawn real bland, you know, um, the girl that his love interest, um, half the time I saw her on screen in the live action, I thought that she might've been half Japanese and half European. Did you feel that way? Uh, she kept morphing back and forth between looking half Japanese and full Japanese. It was really bizarre. The, like the girlfriend? Yeah. I think they went through three different ones in the movie. Did they? Is that why? Because she did look like she kept changing. Because if you paid attention to the TV series, it was kind of hard to tell, but he was talking to three different women. But they all had the same, he all referred to them as the same name. Huh. Didn't he? No. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up on IMDb right now. That's really Someone funny. Someone else, please, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, come on, I just typed it in. IMDb. Enter. <laughs> okay. I got to look I've this up. I've been watching this show. I don't know why I can't remember it. I'm trying to go through the casting again because I know it's interlinked with one of my reviews. For, you can't remember the name of the show? Yeah. Maybe I need to go to my website. Okay. It's in the description of the video if you want to go there. Well, you probably know the, the URL by heart. The, <laughs> what I'm talking about review-wise is Maria the Virgin Witch. Since, right. since the spotlight's on me, uh, also in VHS land, if you have, if you have locked the superhuman... They also released a sequel on VHS called Space Warrior. I have no idea why they released released the title like that. Oh, John did it, but apparently, apparently, there's a live action Beck too. I just noticed on IMDb. Okay, uh, sorry to totally just interrupt you here. They in the in the anime um, credits, they have one person listed for the character in terms of the voice for the girlfriend. Maybe I should just share the thing I'm looking at over here. Um, so they've for the, this is for the anime, right? Yuri Aikawa, because he calls her Aikawa, right, throughout the whole thing. Augie. Okay, that's right. They've got they've got one person listed for the voice. They don't have like other characters. They've got Nina, who I I don't recall who that is, but that's probably one of her friends, right? Because they had those okay. three that group they yeah, worked with. Yeah, the karaoke for, party. For the karaoke, right? So, um, and then apparently uh, Jack Ill Dark had two separate voices. Um, maybe one for singing. I don't know. Um, and then. For the for the movie, uh, it's just Rosa Cato uh, is what I see here. I don't so I don't think they changed her, but that's a that's a really interesting um, concept you brought up about about her being three different people. <laughs> um, so anyway, anyway, so um, I totally lost our train of thought though. Um, Comparing live action to yeah. anime. Um, what did you think of, well, 
aside from the least important characters, what how did you think of the drummer? I liked the drummer. Um, really? Yeah, I, I liked him. Um, so my two favorite moments with the drummer was the fact that he drummed all the way through the fire when the, when the thing burned down and he just stayed and kept drumming. And then the fact that, and the, I was really disappointed. I mean, I expected it, but I was really disappointed this wasn't in the live action movie when he started drumming with Jack Jack Dark's snakes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, so should we should we move on to uh, Jack Dark? Should we should we rip off this band aid? Yeah, let's rip off the band aid. All right. So as I said earlier, I liked the movie more, particularly because of one aspect. So the character, for anybody who is not caught up and hasn't watched it all, at the, in the last episode of the anime, a metal god, like a death metal god of the industry, somebody who sort of paved the way for death metal named Jack Ill Dark, uh, makes an appearance. Apparently he's going on his like farewell tour, um, and he's going around challenging all the, all the modern metal bands and like, Battle of the Bandsing them, you know, and defeating everybody. And his next stop is, you know, Japan to battle with DMC, Detroit Metal City. Um, and the actor that they chose for the live action movie, which was perfect casting, was Gene Simmons, lead singer of Kiss, right? He, he must have enjoyed the script. I don't know why. He, you know, it's really funny. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go back to the IMDb page real quick. But um, hold on. Uh, the thing why this is so perfect is it just comes full circle. Detroit Metal City, the name of the manga that the anime is based on, the live action is based on, that is a reference to Detroit Rock City, the song by Kiss, written by Gene Simmons. Right. So it comes full circle. Also, the face makeup and all that. I thought it was great. I was a little bit disappointed and i understand why they didn't do this i wish that gene simmons had his um kiss makeup in the movie as jack dark i thought that would have been really funny um because the thing about him is that you never see his face in a way where you where the average person would go that's gene simmons you know what i mean so i think a lot of people could have missed it you know by the way also um I don't remember where I saw this. I, I sent you a link about it, or I just messaged you about it. But um, apparently the bassist or vocal, I think it was the bassist from Megadeth, the, the former bassist or whatever, was also in the movie um, doing something in it. So, uh, all right, so I'm going to pull this back up real quick. All right. see, I think he was the guitarist when his band entered. He was the guitarist that they kind of focused on as he was jamming. Then for for Jax? Yes. Um, that might have been him. It, I've never. It was seen probably him. The, the, if they went out of their way to show him, it was probably him. But um, you know, another person that they, I bet you, I think Gene Simmons was a better choice. But I, it would have also been interesting to see Ozzy in the movie. Right. You're going to laugh at what my choices would be if this was American. Well, real made, quick, but. real quick, let me just show you something. So, in if you look at the the casting, you've got the top build. Okay, now it's in well in credits order, which is probably top billing. Gene Simmons is way down the list, way down here. Okay, literally billing ahead of him, uh, 
the girl, the blonde girl, who's in like one scene sitting in a limo with him, got higher billing than Gene Simmons. He did not make a lot on this movie. <laughs> By the way, also oh. the um, the actor who played, I think was it Joggy? Was that the the guitarist in DMC? Yes, that's the bassist. Okay, this guy I think was L in the live action Death Note. Huh. Let's see. I read it somewhere. Oh, sweet, it's an Ultraman. Oh, perfect blue-headed TV miniseries. Um, yeah, a lot of these characters. So we're going to get into live-action um, Japanese films. There you go. <laughs> uh, I I saw it somewhere. I don't know. Maybe 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 it was a different character. I, I saw something that said L from Death Note when I was looking at some um some stuff about the movie but anyway um so who were your choices uh to play jack uh, dark another one that could have been good was danzig but again the the problem the 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 weird problem here is that you're going from rock to metal you know what i mean because kiss cousins sisters brother but but kiss is not a metal band they're like a, a rock band, like a, a glam rock band, you know? Well, they well, they evolved the genre and been going that route anyway. Right, but I'm just saying, if you listen to Detroit Rock City, the song, it's, a, it's kind of an upbeat rock song. It's not a metal song, as Detroit mm -hmm. Metal City be, you know, was all about death metal, right? So, um, when, anyway. I, when you watched it with Gene Simmons, did you pay attention to his hands? What about them? Like when, his, when like they started his bleeding? His fingers are like huge sausages. Yeah, it's really... When he's playing guitar, his fingers start bleeding. And they did it in like... They did it in like a, a CGI blood way where it's like all of a sudden, oh, blood spurt, blood spurt, blood spurt. I thought it would have been... An, an American movie would have... like. Uh, I don't want to say an American, a different, a non-Japanese director would have handled this in a funnier way where it would have been one of those things where every time it, it cuts back to showing him playing guitar, there's just progressively more blood on it coming from his fingers. You know, I thought they could have handled it in a more comedic way. It was, they didn't, they, it was a missed opportunity. Let me, let me put it that way. Um, um, back to who I would suggest to be casting for Jack, I would have used my Jack Black. Because the lyrics of what he sung in the show would match what he would generally sing. Yeah. It's a okay. big guy. He is a big guy. And he's not afraid of right. I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to cursing, but I'm just going to type in the name of the song he sings. <laughs> Into the chat there. <laughs> Hilarious that they actually wrote the lyrics to that song for the movie, by the way. By the way, for the movie... You know, they do sort of like viral marketing stuff in Japan sometimes. They actually released Detroit Metal City albums, you know, as the band to promote the movie. Um, and it's like their singles coming out. Right. So, kind of what you'd see with Death Lock. Death Lock. With, Death yeah. yeah. What happened? Metal Metalocalypse. Metalocalypse from Brendan Small, creative home movies yeah. in... And yeah, great, I great still show. Think Toki is a reference to Toki from Fist of the North Star. In, yeah, no, I, I, let's not get into the weeds about Brendan Small because I could talk about Dr. Katz and home movies for way longer than anybody in the stream wants you to hear. Dr. Katz. 
I love Dr. Katz. Okay, back to Detroit Middle City. Real quick, one one sentence thing: why everybody should watch Dr. Katz. Dr. Katz is is a is an animation that has no animation in it that is constantly praised for its brilliant use of animation. There's no animation in it other than lip flaps. Okay, they use squiggle vision to make to give the impression that stuff's moving, but every single shot is a still frame with squiggle vision on it and lips moving and blinking and whatnot. That's all the show is. And the premise of the show is a professional therapist. Um, all of his clients are comedians. So the comedians literally, they improv most of the show, just like they did with the beginning of home movies. The comedians come in and they just do their standup as their session with the doctor. And it's hilarious because you see all these great bits from these great comedians animated. And it's so funny. Um, anyway, that's, that's on comedy central. It's so, so good. Enough I love this that. Uh, science court. Enough, Dr. Katz. I totally lost our train of thought. We were talking about the casting. You said Jack Black, um, uh, because and you brought up Metalocalypse. So, um, I think I think other people could have worked, but the fact that they got Gene Simmons it just it upped it upped the value of the movie to me significantly yeah. more. Um, I will say uh, two things. First of all, I wanted it to be funnier. The movie. I, I was hoping that the movie was going to be in a similar vein to the live action Cromarty high school, which is probably almost, the funniest, almost. probably the funniest live action um, anime that exists. It's one of the funniest Japanese movies you've ever seen. Um, but uh, it was a different kind of humor, a different kind of editing, a different kind of storytelling. Um, they adapted the story very differently than the anime did. They cut a lot of things out for reasons that were obvious, but also kind of you missed certain scenes. Uh, the actor who played, um, what's the guy's name? Krauser. Kaiser. And Kaiser. It's Krauser. I don't speak German. I think in the anime, I don't remember what the subtitle said, but it, my, my mouse is acting up. Anyway, so... Um, you know what I'm talking about, though. The main character. I thought that in the in the live action movie, the guy was really playing up how weak and like. I want to call him a dandy. I can't can't think of the right word. Dandelion. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't coming across stereotypically gay. Like that's not what he was coming across as. But well, he, he was, was metrosexual. That metrosexual that's probably means he likes fashion. Yeah, that's probably a good way of putting it. Um, but in like just, he was really way more playful with it than the anime handled it. Also, okay, the so take Andy Dick, but remove there Andy you go. Dick. There you go, Asian Andy Dick. That that was basically it, except a a little bit more on the dandy side and a little bit less sassy, right? Um, so anyway. The um, the scenes that were cut from, like, they didn't adapt into the live-action movie was um, in the anime. So so one of the things about this we should probably bring up, if you guys haven't seen it, is that the character, so that we really should have started with this. The story's about a guy who is, he's really big into pop culture and fashion. He wants to make Swedish 
style pop music. Um, Swedish. And, yeah, it, it, he called it Swedish pop. Swedish, not Swedish. I'm just going Swedish. off the subtitles I read. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't. By the way, I didn't end up watching it from the DVD because I cast it to my TV. So I found another way to watch it. Um, so the subtitles I watched were were different um, than probably the ones you guys watched. But he called it Swedish pop, and I think in the in the live action movie he also called it Swedish pop. But regardless, he wanted to do pop music, right? Uh, he wanted to do this happy go lucky. You know, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. We're in love. You know, I see you every day. You make pastries like really upbeat happy pop music and he ends up getting a job in as the front man in a death metal band right so the anime or the story for the manga and the anime and the live action is all about him um having to be something that he doesn't see himself as but he also has kind of got like a split personality so when he's in the makeup he kind of uncontrollably becomes the character of krauser Right. And he just does like all these awful things, um, like all the songs. And the, the thing about it is that the songs are so contradictory and it's it's they're making fun of death metal. They are like it's not so much a celebration of death metal culture. It's literally like they're making fun of it, which I thought was hilarious because the lyrics of the songs are literally like the opening song is. Um, I raped my mother today. Tomorrow I'll kill my dad. I don't have parents because I killed them. I don't have friends or lovers because I killed them. So it's like the, he'll say something and then it, like immediately that's not possible because you already killed these people. You know what I mean? So like, it's just constantly, and it's just like the lyrics are so mindless and just throw death and hell and blood and, and just throw those words in there. And it's like, you're, you're appeasing to the death metal audience. Right. So, so that's, that's kind of what's going on there. And um, the thing that's funny about it is that, and <sighs> I don't want to get political about this, but the, no, the thing is, no. no, no, hear me out, hear me out. I'm in here and yeah, I haven't said yeah. anything. The, the way that the fans of Krauser treated him is very similar to how Trump supporters treat everything that Trump does, where in instead of acknowledging that nobody's perfect and people make mistakes, um, you know, and I think that, I think that, that there, that there have actually been a lot of, obviously the media is blowing things way out of proportion. But in terms of, in terms of the supporters, it's like they can't find any fault, like anything that's done. Like for instance, the um, the Kofefe uh, tweet, which may have been intentional, may not have been, um, but the Trump supporters, they come on and find like they have to spin it to to a way that doesn't tarnish their view of the idol, the God emperor, as they call him. Um, that is exactly how the fans of Krauser treat him. So no matter what he does in their mind, they spin it that he gets more and more badass, right? So for instance, in the second uh, episode, there's a part where he's playing his Swedish pop. I'm going to keep calling it that in the park and uh, some cover band of DMC is also in that park and drawing a big crowd and they start threatening him like the, the people crowded around the DMC cover band So they threaten him he leaves comes back as Krauser So he gets all dressed up with the makeup and everything takes the guy's guitar starts playing his own songs, right? And uh, uh, One of the funniest things that they didn't have in the in the movie is the fact that one of the things that that Krauser's known for is that he can say the word rape 10 times in one second 
which is so freaking funny the way that they do it in the anime just like how fast he says it um and uh at the concert the cops show up and they start like they're gonna they're gonna arrest him for public disturbance or whatever right so he starts to go along with them and he starts to take off the guitar while the cop is in front of him and then he trips in his like high boots and he falls forward and hits the cop with the the guitar and like bashes the cop's face so it's an it's a total accident right and then all of his audience is like yeah krauser the cop killer you know and then immediately the cop the female cop behind him is like hey you're coming with me and then he turns around trips again falls on top of her and like he's raping the policewoman you know so everything that he does they turn it around you know even when it's a complete accident they turn it around that he's like the greatest thing in the world so when he when they first meet up with jack um they need to upstage Jack Ill Dark at the Battle of the Band. So he goes first. They make their entrance by um, being lowered down on ropes, right? And um, Krauser uh, kind of shows up late. And they're like, no, hurry, get the harness on. And they're like trying to get it on him real quick before before their cue. And they it gets wrapped around his neck. So when they get lowered down, it's like it looks like he's, he, he's literally being hung. Oh, for you know? that scene, that was the... Right. I'm, I'm about Jack, to that's the female. I'm no, that was that I, in the anime. It was for Jack in the in the live action. They changed it. Uh, they used it at the other scene. I'm about to get to that. So anyway, he's hanging there and he's like literally like dying from it. And his fans go nuts. They turn it around, right? They make it like he's a total badass. Like it's like uh, the ultimate self mutilation on stage, kind of. Anyway, in the live action movie. They used it at the point where he's battling the the female punk band, the feminist punk band, because they used it as a means to um, quickly opt out of what the actual story for that is. Because that would have had to have the part, which is one of the funniest parts of the anime. He shows up at her concert not dressed up as Krauser. Right. That's that's the whole point. That's why it's definitely not from that part in the in the anime, because in the anime, he shows up not dressed up as Krauser and uh, he tries to get on stage to talk to her and he gets beat up on his way there. So when he gets up on stage, his face looks like Sid Vicious, who's like a famous punk rocker. So she every time she looks at him, she sees like the ghost of Sid Vicious talking to her, which was a hilarious plot point but obviously they that would have been very difficult to actually do in live action because you would have you would have like needed the actual Sid Vicious to be there and you would have had to get the character's face as messed up as it was in the anime so that's that's why they changed that there so I could accept that I could accept that they didn't do that but it's it's funny because like it's sad because that was one of the funniest parts of the anime uh, is when when he does the whole Sid Vicious thing and then um, the other thing that they cut out again was the snakes there was something else I was going to bring. Oh, the, the Tokyo Tower. That was my favorite part of the anime. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, the raping the tower. Yeah, he raped Tokyo Tower. Uh, and, uh, like, it was scheduled. Like, just the, the comedy on it was so perfectly timed where a couple walks by and just offhandedly mentions how the, uh, the tower is going to be lit up. And as soon as he starts humping the tower, the tower lights up. And, it all again, all of his fans turn it into, like, oh, he, his mighty... You know, God Dick is able to to you know, uh, and then it starts raining, and they're like, Tokyo Tower is getting wet. You know, like, all this stuff. Um, they just it just gets more and more ridiculous. Uh, and then the other thing that they didn't have in the live action movie, which which again I understand why they didn't do it, 
but that was quite funny in the anime uh, was two things. Uh, when he goes after the um, Kiva, the the rapper, uh, they did that scene where he puts his head on the car and he's like headless because he didn't have the rest of his costume. So he just like, the, they do like the severed head of Krauser uh, on the car. And he's like run with the car as it drives away. And then when he gets into the actual battle, um, he tries to put on his costume real quick and like stumbles out there and he puts it on in a way where it doesn't come down over his head. So everybody sees it as him without his head. They say, Oh, Krauser doesn't have his head. Like, cause they, cause they had seen him previously with just the, the disembodied head. And then as soon as, as soon as he pulls it down, so his head pops through the lights go dark and the black lights come on. And then they see what they think is the disembodied floating head of him because he's got the white makeup on. So it's, <laughs> that was so funny in the, uh, in the anime. But um, I noticed that when they did have black lights in the movie, his face makeup didn't light up the way that like his blouse sleeves did, you know? Um, so that also wouldn't have worked, uh, which is, again, it, it's funny. Like it was really well done in the anime, but it wouldn't have translated as well. Um, anyway. Continuing I'm, on to the rap scene, mm -hmm. what I liked about it is how he knew First, you get a, in the anime, you get a background of mm -hmm. the two growing up in elementary go through all these things that you just said because apparently has a posse and he's going to mess him, kill him or mess him up, whatever. So when they get to the, get to finally doing the band battle, mm -hmm. one, he, one, he proves how confident of a music artist he is by yeah. out lyricing him. Mm -hmm. And two, he just purely humiliates him. What did the lyrics know? say? in the one that you watched because you watched the sentai release right right yeah like i said i found another way to watch it because i because i paid for it i already own it i just wanted to stream it to my tv so i did it through my computer um but uh the subtitles for that part were a little off because what he was doing when he was returning the rhymes you know is he was doing a bunch of japanese puns so it it seemed like pretty much nonsense in the subtitles I read um, because they were just a bunch of Japanese puns where you had to see them written out in Japanese to be like, okay, so this is why. From what I, from what I read, from my version, I think he was like rapping about, I think he did the first part that you're saying, then he went into dissing him with his past life. Okay, yeah, so uh, I, I wasn't sure if, if there was more to it than, yeah, that, that's that's how I remember it. Uh, so, as described before, the overarching theme is friendly guy, friendly neighborhood guy wants to make pop music. Yeah. However, he's doomed to be making death metal music. In for the comedy, it works. Yeah. In real life, it's different because you have People like Prince or Dolly Parton who write songs for other people. Prince being 88 Red Balloons, which that happens a lot. 99 Red Balloons? Just making sure we're on this. I just wanted to double check. <laughs> I, I didn't know if there was a song. That well. I know this okay. much. All right. I just, it's so okay. You have, you have that going on. Even in a position where he proves that he can do multi-genre. Right. He's really good in one genre. He outdoes someone in a genre, genre that really shouldn't be a genre, but whatever. And the thing that kind of 
makes me a little angry, but it leads up to a hilarious scene is when he meets the fashion model or the fashion designer. Yeah, and real quick, I just want to mention one of the funniest things that they did in anime is that he has a song called um, Sweet, Sweet Lover, right? And he sings that repeatedly, and he wrote that song about his love interest, and it's kind of like they tie that into the fact that it's written for her, and it's kind of in the movie especially, they bring that into how she figures out who he is and all that. But um, but the funny thing is that at one point in the anime, he takes the lyrics to that song, and he rewrites it to be a death metal song, uh, right. like Evil Evil Lover or something. Anyway, oh, yeah, uh, he, continue. Well, the whole part of that scene was see what the manager can do with his pop music and transform it into to his uh, death metal creative side. Mm-hmm. So with the, the fashion designer, you have him being a prick, and later on he learns that she's going to be on a date with him. Right. He can't have that. Kaiser has to save the day. Yeah. Oh, so God, around yes. scaring the, the Power Ranger off. thing? Yes. That, that was hilarious. In what that. happens is he tracks them. He changes in the anime, he changes into the suit in the Ferris wheel. In the movie, he just shows yeah. up. So he well, finds okay. them. Now, they, they combined, and I'm glad they did this, because one of my favorite scenes in the anime was when the Tetrapod Melon, whatever, you know what I'm talking about, the, the other band. Right when that band is playing at the thing and he helps his old friend who doesn't recognize him in the makeup, he helps him in the bathroom and he has him sing and he starts doing the, the like Swedish pop I dance the, while he's dressed up. the anime up. did it better. Yes, the anime did it better, right? But I'm glad that they found a way to incorporate that scene oh, into yeah. the live action movie and they used that scene so that they didn't do the Ferris wheel thing because that's how they got him to change into the outfit, right? Because he was oh. running away from his friend. Right, so that's how they that's how they fixed it. Right, they they managed to mold two things into one. Um, anyway, so yeah, so he he changes into the outfit and then he catches up to them while he's in the Krauser outfit or the Kaiser outfit, if you want to call it that. Um, while they're watching a stage play of like Sentai Warriors, you know, like the Power Ranger suits. Anyway, continue. Oh, yeah. During them during that causes huge uproar, and the anime people were starting to run away. In live action, most of the people are kind of wondering what's going on. What is this stunt? They they handled so they had three colors. Yeah, they They handled colors better in the anime by a long shot. You're gonna get to it, I'm sure. I'll just I'll just shut up and let you talk. Yeah, three colors. I forget what the other two are. They're not important. Red, yellow, blue. The red's important because Mm -hmm. being the quote unquote leader, because it's Sentai apparently. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the he leader. is the he's also the leader of the the Detroit Metal City mob, if you call yeah, it. Yeah, the fan club. Well, and sees Krauser and starts worshiping him, even yeah. to the point of cussing out children that are enjoying well, the show. Well, let's let's explain real quick. So the way the scene is set up, as an audience, it's like okay, so these guys are paid to do the stage play where they play the good guy and they fight these monsters. Krauser shows up and to everybody else is like, who's this monster? Like, oh, look at that guy. Wow. This is in like, cause they think it's part of the stage play because he's dressed up as this death metal God. Right. Um, so logically you think that the, uh, that the people paid to be the hero are going to fight him, but it turns out you see like inside the mask, you see the, the leader of the fan club, 
he turns on everybody else and fights them on behalf of Krauser. Right. And in the anime, they have this really funny thing where this kid like punches Krauser and it like doesn't hurt him at all. The red ranger guy runs up and punches that kid and the kid goes flying. It's one of the funniest things in the anime in the, in the live action. He like picks up the kid and throws him and it's not nearly as, um, as funny or well, impactful. You can't, you can't I, punch a kid. I know, but it just is so funny in the anime. This because isn't just, Italy. Just, just the way that it was animated was so funny. Just that punch and that, you know. Um, but in the anime, only the Red Ranger was part of the fan club. In the live action, all three of them were part of the fan club. The resolve for this scene. I know the Red Ranger shows up in costume. Did he do that in the live action? I don't think he did. Moment? Gosh, there's so much I'm realizing they didn't have. Remember the the kid who was on his deathbed? Oh yes, yes. For the surgery, yeah. They also had him show up in the in. You know, they did a similar thing where he showed up. It is a similar the thing, but you, unless you knew to look for the kid, you wouldn't have known that the kid was there. Yeah, but but the the funny thing about that one, so the, I just want to get this out real Wait, quick. Hold on, let me let okay. me talk on this one. Don't what chat, Don't let me forget to bring up the the kid with the illness. Oh, I'm talking about the kid with the illness. Yeah. So the lead singer, he's tired of. He's tired of the band. So he just kind of went away, went back to his home life Krauser. on the farm. He has a kid brother. Turns out he's a huge fan, fan of his band. He dresses up as Krauser and calls him out in the middle of the night, teaches him that the best way to be a murderer is to become a very excellent farmer and help your parents. <laughs> yeah, and, and study and do homework. And like he, he turns around the kids. how to uh, pet a cow. Yeah. <laughs> Which has a great callback at the end, and I'm so glad they kept that in the movie. Me I didn't too. think they were going to. I did not think they were going to put that bowl on stage, but they did. That was so okay, funny. So in the movie, they did something else with the mother that develops her a lot better. Yeah. In the anime, what happens is he's sitting there reading fan letters, which he does in the live action. Then he comes across one with an endearing letter of a boy that's in his death. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it goes into this over-dramatization. He meets up with the boy. Has, in, his, in his hospital bed. In his and hospital they, bed with his mother, or that <laughs> maybe a nurse. He has and they cut had the honey to together. Yeah. Gather, he gives him words of endearment and leaves, yeah, feeling and like he was wait, a hero. I just did a save, also, make a also, wish foundation. Hold on, hold on, before you get you pass this. This is right at the time when they're when they're doing the album. They've been doing singles up to this point. This is during the time when he's working on the album, and he promises the kid. Oh. Remember, he promises the kid that he's going to get eleven rapes in one second. Right. And the kid's like, "Don't do that. You'll bite your tongue." Right. And they do it like they actually in the recording studio. They do it in slow motion. They do the they hit the timer and he goes rape, 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 and he get like he bites his tongue. <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny how they handled it. Um, uh, but yeah, and, so, uh, so the whole twist, the whole twist to to this the after, surgery. They had the, after they did the surgery and he had motivation to do what he could and to enlighten the boy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't open heart surgery. It wasn't cancer. It wasn't a colonoscopy. Yeah, he literally just he had a, a cold and he got a circumcision. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was his surgery. And he makes some comment about how he can rape more effectively after the surgery, too. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, I do apologize if, we're, if we are spoiling too much of the show. But the... But this is just a whole compilation of shorts, essentially. Yeah, the episodes are only like 13 minutes long. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, was there anything else? Was there anything else we should talk about? It probably is, but I think we overtalked this topic. Yeah, we have. It's just such a fun topic. Anyway, uh, the- I enjoyed. I enjoyed the movie and the TV series. Best way to describe it, it's I'm kind of surprised Adult Swim hasn't aired Detroit Mill City because it kind of fits their lineup regardless if it's anime or not. Uh, John Shane brought something up uh, the uh, Krauser Ton, Moe, Detroit Moe City. That was one of the best episodes of the anime. There's an episode in the anime where, where it, rather than it focusing on uh, Krauser and, and the band. It's the crowd outside of one of their concerts. Oh, yeah. And one of the dads brought his, like, four-year-old daughter, and she has the face makeup of Krauser, and everybody falls in love with her and calls her um, Krauser Tan, like, you know, which is basically like Krauser Chan, you know, um, and instead of Krauser San, you know, uh, and uh, they the episode's literally titled Detroit Moe City, um, and it's so funny because she like sings the songs and stuff. Yes, she is in the live action movie, but it's just a little it's a little nod to the to the series and the. the no, anime no, yeah, I, I feel like it was a lot funnier in the in the live action. In the live action, she's only there for that that she's just barely there. Two scenes. Two scenes. What was the other? She was the girl. She was the girl playing the piano. And she was also there at the Sentai show. Oh, really? Or the park. Her name was Hinata. No, no. Are you talking about... Okay. Because there was another... action movie. Yeah, there was another girl that was constantly getting scared by him at the very beginning when he's, like, looking at the... In the reflection, he... Like, it's like a yeah, one-way... Yeah, girl playing the piano. Okay, but that's not the girl who has the face makeup that's okay, at his concert. We're, we're talking about we're talking about that particular it character. It, maybe yeah, it is. That I, was her. I should I should rewatch it and see because maybe that is actually her. Um, but it's funny because she goes from being real scared of him, if if that's the case, to then being at the concert dressed up as him. And it's really funny because he has he has kill written on his forehead in kanji, and she has it written in hiragana, like all little like child's handwriting is so funny and then at the end when he goes up against jack l dark he has it written in english um which they kept going through with the live action as well which is really funny um anyway so i think i think uh i don't uh, there's so much to talk about with this thing oh god oh, yeah. one last thing last thing last thing i'm gonna bring up uh for now that scene where he goes to jack dark's dressing room to give him the shiitake mushrooms and he opens the door have you ever seen a movie called What We Do in the Shadows? No. Okay, there's this hilarious um, New Zealand mockumentary in the vein of Spinal Tap, but it's much funnier than Spinal Tap, called What We Do in the Shadows, about um, a group of vampire flatmates. It's one of the funniest movies ever made. The guy who plays um, Iago is actually the director of Thor Ragnarok, by the way. But... Um, hmm. In this in this movie, um, 
there's like there's a bunch of vampires living together from different time zone, like different time frames. So there's like the dandy vampire from like uh um you know, like Victorian era. There's like the thousand year old vampire. There's, there's one guy he, he, who's supposed to be Vlad the Impaler or Dracula who, who goes by the name Vladislav. Anyway, the movie's really, really funny. You definitely check it out. But there's a scene in that where um, Iago opens the door to Vladislav's chamber. And it's like him like floating on the wall in this like red silk bedding with all these like hot women around him stroking him, you know, like stroking his chest and stuff. That's exactly basically what happens with Jack Dark in the in the movie when or in the anime when uh when he opens up the door to his um his dressing room. It's like he's got like all these women like around him and like he's literally like getting head during during the time. It's so funny. That was such like a jarring but like perfectly fitting scene. Cause you expect like that the twist is gonna be that he opens the door and he's like a totally normal guy and he's not wearing the face makeup. And it's like no he's full metal all like 24 seven was the was the joke. That was such a great scene. Um anyway let's catch up on the chat real quick. Um so Zethus Thorne asked if I've ever heard of Monkey Jones. Did we talk about that at one point in the podcast? Right at the very beginning. Uh, no, no, I'm at. Uh, I'm not at the. Go underneath the one that I posted with the name of that song. Um, it's just, or it's actually, it's just above that one. Okay, Doctor Weird. That's a reference to to Aquatine. Of course. Oh, Monkey Jones is a YouTuber. No, I. It's a YouTuber. I just typed it in on. I just typed it in on. Oh gosh. Hold on. Hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Before I share this, I'm gonna pull up the. The image because I don't want to share with the other. Uh, he's holding a sex toy, but no. Oh. Apparently, yeah. Don't share that. <laughs> anyway, um, that's probably a tenga. I'm assuming from from J List. Uh, yeah, it looks like some sort of marshmallow egg. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, I got two of those in the grab bag this year. Um, so. Uh, I haven't opened either of them, but uh, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, totally lost my train of thought. So no, I, I don't know Monkey Jones, but apparently we've we've uncovered that it is a uh, a YouTuber. Um, so uh, a why why did you bring him up? Like, is there something we should know about him? And oh, Duo a while back said he had to leave. Okay. Uh, so bye, Duo. <laughs> um, and I'm also curious why you brought up Doctor Weird from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. We were talking about Metalocalypse at the time. Oh, is he in Metalocalypse? I haven't watched Metalocalypse. I don't like. I, I love. So. I love Brendan Small, Lauren Bouchard's comedies, um, but uh, I, I couldn't get into Metalocalypse. I just, I hate the voice of half of those characters. You know. I don't mind the voice. I wouldn't. I don't mind some of the plots. I just wish, whenever I get a chance to watch it, I can turn up the volume because every time, I can watch it. At the time, it was with family, and I couldn't turn that up that loud. Yeah. 
Ren22 says, raped Tokyo Tower. What? When I say raped, he's humping it. Like, he's, like, air humping it for... He's putting on a show, and it just it just happens that the thing lights up at the time he starts mm-hmm. doing it. I Very it show. I'd say, like, a random publicity. Well, yeah, you, you have to see it. You have to see the episode. But, I mean, like, he's... There's a bunch of people around, and... It, it's it's I don't want to get it. It's we're gonna get off into the weeds again if I if we if we go into explaining exactly how that whole thing sets up. But just watch watch Detroit Metal City. It's great. Um, ah, dang it. Oh no. Okay, he wasn't tweeting at me. I, I got a notification. Samurai Jeff wants to know PS4 or Nintendo Switch. Go go help him decide on Twitter. <laughs> um. Let's see. So whoever has the weird game t- game library, go for it. Uh, he shouldn't be buying either. The guy needs to save money so he can move back down to Southern California because he's in he where where he's at is just going to get stolen. <laughs> um, anyway, so Detroit Metal City. Okay, yeah. So I think we're all caught up. Yeah, we're all caught up. All right. So if anybody else has something to say, say it now. Uh, we're going to move into a news uh, segment. Well, well, do you know where? The Detroit Mill City, this guy's referenced almost anywhere, or somewhat somewhere. Particularly, I remember his face showing up in, like, a Lucky Star. Okay. Do you have that? I do have Lucky Star. Wait, With the OVA? I don't know about the OVA. I've got the, I've got the Anime Legends, I think, one. Let me grab it. Oh, yeah, Marksman and the Vandals. That's what I was watching this week. I don't have my headphones in. What were you saying? It was Marksman and the Vandals. That's what I was watching. Okay. Um, this one, does this have the OVA? Nope, you got to buy the OVA separately. Or you can get the Funimation pack. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, are we watching this? Is this going to be the watch thing yep. this week? Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll somebody only watched three episodes for. I want for to see high school reference. I want no. I want to see the whole show. I just haven't had the time to be able to sit down and enjoy it. You know, it's been like okay. I've been too busy, so I haven't. I haven't had a reason to sit down and just like kind of marathon it. So I'm glad we're going to see it. It's just I now I have to go out and buy something else. I don't have. Uh, I need to preserve should, my funds. I'm about to have cheap. I hope I'm hoping to be preserve my funds Let's because I've, I've got uh... so for this show we have the TV series mm-hmm. the OVA I don't think these are included in the Funimation pack but you technically have some ONA shorts okay and a short from the inside this this world there's a there's an Otaku store called gamers okay there's a short from it. That was animated by, I believe, IG Productions. It's like two minutes long. It just introduces the characters. But to my knowledge, that's it for the show. So I don't know if you want to do the shorts or not. Probably the TV series and OVA. Okay. Sorry, I just took a bite of a sandwich. (laughs) Take a bite out of crime. Well. And make it spicy. So we're going to move on now uh, to the uh, news segment. And I planned to segue 
into the live action news straight from the live action Detroit Metal City, but apparently we kind of reshuffled that. So I'm going to start here anyway. So the first one, first news is uh, the Gintama movie, the live action, the live action Gintama um, has the largest opening for a live action Japanese film in China. Uh, it was 8,000 theaters with 12,000 screens. So, um, you know, just take take from that what you will. It's earned so far as of Sunday uh, 31.83, almost 32 million U.S. dollars. So uh, I'm bringing, I'm going down here to, to kind of like get through all this because I noticed something interesting about all the uh, different stuff we're going to be talking about. Actually, you know what? I can can totally do this i can have two different windows up and you guys don't even have to know all right so the next one is uh marmalade boy here is getting a live action movie if you guys haven't have you seen marmalade boy the uh the anime i have not but i know discotheque's gonna re-release it one in two sets set one this fall and set two this spring and set two will have the have the animated movie included I think the animated movie was included in the was it Tokyo Pop who released that? Yep, Tokyo Pop released I, it. I, have the Tokyo, I wouldn't know. I, I have, have the Tokyo Pop collection somewhere around here. I wonder if they're going to do two separate subtitles because allegedly the original subtitles were pretty hilarious. The no, what it is? Okay, this triggered so many people for some reason. The original subtitles contain a bunch of Japanese words like senpai, you know, and they left like a lot of Japan, a lot of Japanese phrases. It's mostly phrases that anybody who's ever watched anime in Japanese, particularly people who've watched fan subs uh, back during that time, you would know what all these words were like Gochi Sosama Deshita, all, all that, you so know, it's e translation. Yeah. Well, they have, they have the English translation. It's just that they keep a lot of Japanese words in there. Like Onichan might might be in there, you know. So you might by this time you know, okay, that's that's you know older brother, right? Um, all that stuff. They just kind of keep Onichan Oni should be younger brother. Well, On, Oni Oni is older brother, isn't it? Or Ani, on they call him Aniki usually. Whatever you get what I, you get what I'm, I'm getting at here. Forget the the mistranslations if I'm making any. But I'm straight. I'm Aniki. <laughs> but you get what I'm what I'm talking about about how just they there are a bunch of Japanese phrases now. Allegedly, according to Justin Savakis, he had to talk the producers out of wanting to make the subtitles pink <laughs> in the Tokyo Pop version because uh, wow. they thought they thought girls would like it. <laughs> oh yeah, girls would should like it. <laughs> Hopefully, the show's not pastel because then it would be uh, a nightmare. No, the show is very pastel. Uh, oh. It's you have to okay. If you guys haven't Hopefully seen it, um, I hope that the discotheque releases have the, the the commentary tracks from the voice actors because it's it's the reason you want to own the show. They're so funny. Um, like the show is so. Here's the premise of the show. The show is that two couples decide to two couples. One couple has a daughter. One couple has a son. These couples, uh, the partners get divorced and then they remarry 
the other couples from like so the so the the families get merged right so it's like a household of four adults and two teenagers right and then the teenagers fall in love you know so the story is just really ridiculous and like they've got like these 80s triangles in the in the opening and stuff it's totally ridiculous but i wanted to show you guys um does the second is it true that the second half takes place in america um one of the characters at, at the very least goes to america i don't remember if the second half actually takes place anywhere i, I think it does actually yeah so uh, i'm pretty sure i remember that, at least watching the opening yeah well similar, um not to derail you any further but a similar story premise that this sounds like it's like eat a kiss I, I own that. I haven't watched it yet. I buy a lot of stuff just because I know my wife will like it or because I know my wife does like it. Real quick, I just want to point out a mistake here. This says um, Hinako Sakurai right in the image below and Ryo Yoshizawa left will star as Miki uh, Koishikawa and Yu Matsura respectively. Uh, this has to be wrong because if it's not, that means that this guy's going to be playing <laughs> Miki and this girl's going to be playing the boy, right? So that, that has to be backwards because Hinako is a girl's name. They say that she's pictured right below, but obviously she's on the left. And Ryo Yoshizawa, we're actually going to see in just a second in the next thing we're going to be pulling up. Um, so uh, the next thing is... The Disastrous Life of Psyche Kusuo or Psyche K. I can't I cannot wait to see this live action. I watched all the shorts. It's on Funimation, I believe. More likely on Crunchyroll still. If you haven't had a chance, go ahead and watch it. It's that it's that weird, strange uh, pink haired character with the green tracksuit that you'd see in like in a Shonen All Star Fighters. What the story premise is, this guy is a super psychic that has to wear restraints, and you go through his many misadventures of the day. His best let me, friend, go for let it. me read the synopsis that they actually put on, because they, they actually they nailed it on the, on the head, what they said. Um, Kuso Asaiki is a typical 16-year-old high school student, except he has psychic powers. He can use them to get whatever he wants, but he also knows everything that people are thinking. Everything. No surprises, no secrets, no normal human experiences. He's kept his powers in check since childhood, but with the temptations of high school now in his mind, he's bending the rules and spoons. That's that's the uh, that's how Funimation describes the series. Well, I wouldn't have spoiled that much. <laughs> well, that's what Funimation decided to spoil. Well, I, well, I spoiled that he wears restraints, so there. All right, well, cross-eyed to see clear for All right, so I just want to I want to get on to what the news is. Uh, not really anything interesting regarding the news of this, except that uh, uh, the film, the, the theater video, so they have like these videos that they play in the theater that are kind of like trailers, like all teasers, basically. I don't know what this is, something that Japan does. Um, these things are being streamed, all right? Um, did you watch this, by the way, Augie? I did watch it. I watched everything that I submitted to you last night. Yeah, they didn't have subtitles uh, for it, so that was a little bit weird um, to try to to try to get through. It, it doesn't was a have it, but if you watch the show, you kind of don't need it. Well, it's just it's a really bizarre compilation of what you're looking at here. Um, anyway, so the reason I want to show you this 
is that, for, first of all, apparently there's a live-action Death Note television series that I don't know about. Um, but this guy, we just saw him uh, on the Marmalade Boy thing. He's also in the live-action Gintama, which we also just talked about. And although he kind of looks like Gin here, he doesn't play Gin in the live-action. Yeah, just, just to clarify that. Okay, so then in other news, moving on, uh, the live-action JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure film has the first 13 minutes of the movie are being streamed. And by being streamed, they just mean that it's on YouTube. <laughs> um, uh, have you watched? You did watch this. I just asked you. So I did this watch was, it. This I have was read it. I have awesome. seen the TV series. Okay. So it is awesome, but they took a tidbit, tidbit of the beginning with Koichi, with how they introduced the short character in Charge uh, Men's High School or. Samurai High for... Sakigake Otoko Juku? Yep. Um, was he However, the character of the bike? Uh, no, he's, no, no, that, that was a cool character, but it wasn't him. The one I'm talking about is like the shorter character. In the live-action movie of that one, he uh, he's the one with the rich parents that his mother does not okay. want to acknowledge him because he's not a man, hold but on, back on, to hold this. On. Hold on. Come back to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for a second. All right. Koichi. Koichi in this video? Was he pictured here? Yeah. This guy? Yeah, he's uh, he's the one in the corner. Yeah, that's Koichi. Yeah, that's the guy with the bike. That's what I'm, I'm talking about, the, the bike from... Sorry, I got in from the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. So you're saying, is he in the live-action Sakigake Otokojuku? No, no, no. I'm saying that the, there's a similar char short character that they're developing kind of held they're doing here for the beginning so it's focusing as if he's the main character at first yes yeah yeah let's see so what are your thoughts on it you, you don't know anything about this um okay so just to remind any newcomers here i exclusively watch anime that i own um or whenever i watch i don't I don't stream things um, unless I already own it. So if it's on Netflix, I already own it. It helps me to cast it to my TV. I'll watch it that way. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily need to go grab the DVD. But the point is that I own everything that I watch. So I love JoJo, but I've only seen what's come out here. I'm really looking forward to the new stuff. I watched these 13 minutes for the sake of uh, you know, presenting you guys with this information. To me, it looks awesome. This is my introduction to Diamond is Unbreakable is the live action one. And I actually just, I should say, when you have a chance to watch an anime in its live action adaptation first, it's usually a good idea. Because when I was watching the live action Detroit Metal City, I was kind of comparing it, I guess. Like I was looking at, oh, they changed this, they changed that. It's easier to enjoy overall sometimes if you can watch the live action first. I actually watched the live action Death Note first before the series. You know, I, I most of the time seem to enjoy it more if you can watch the live action first and then compare the anime to the live action because the anime is usually a lot like the live action except it is there's even more to it. And then so it's backwards from how they're created. It's usually manga, anime, live action. But if you watch them live action, then anime, then read the manga, you usually, I think, get the best experience because you go from the most 
condensed version of the story into more meatier, chunkier things to, to dive into the story. You get more and more information. It's kind of like watching Game of Thrones and then reading A Song of Ice and Fire. You know what I mean? Is that you get that that world building even more expanded on, right? Um, so I actually, I loved the opening. The CG looks great. Um, I like, personally, I like that the stand characters are full CG because if they tried to composite an actor in a suit, I feel like it would have looked a little bit weird. And I, I kind of feel like the fact that these characters are not a human character, you know, like the stand is like a spiritual entity. I think it actually really works that they're full CG. What do you think? Um, yeah, since, well, one, since they're drawn to be cartoonish, it would make sense for it to be, what's wrong? Hold on, I just licked, the, the camera cut back to me as I was licking a bunch of mayonnaise and sriracha sauce mm, off of the sandwich. That's, that's what you call it. <laughs> that's right, we are mid, midnight hour of New York. Uh, back to what I was saying, it makes sense for the stands to be 3D since they were always drawn in a cartoonish-like fashion. Mm -hmm. um, I'm against another opinion someone else said. Who? I don't care. They should have kept the different hair colors. Because one, you can tell who they are. Yes, you can tell the different styles, but you can better tell who each character is if you do it that way. If you look at Kamori High School, I did not know the catfish or the cat-lipped guy was there the whole time because I was looking for purple hair on a balding head. Yeah. So, uh, how which they character? Hold on, hold on. Because I'm I haven't seen the Unbreakable, I'm just Unbreakable anime. Which yeah. characters have different hair? Okay, Koichi, he's supposed to be either a blonde or a silver. I believe they leave, they left him as silver in the anime. Uh, okay. The girl... And, he's, and in the... Uh, hold on, I'm going to mouse over it. So the, he's talking about this character. And mm -hmm. as you can see, he's a brunette. Uh, you know, He's got black hair like any Japanese person. Yeah. Uh, the girl here, you're talking about this girl? They, since her hair has that natural shine, mm -hmm. it'll work, but she should have like a bluish like shine to it. Um, can I just say that in the 13 minutes they gave uh, of the thing, in the very short scene that this girl had, so much like attitude, uh, what's the word? Her personality, like it punches you in the face how well the actress was able to convey what they needed oh, yeah. from her. Did you, what do you think? I think I think she's nailed down because she's obsessed over new character. Mm -hmm. um, I think the movie will do a good job representing her. I have no worry about that. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I, like, I I don't know anything about her, but as soon as she's on screen, like, her character is like, it's not like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what this character deal is. It's like, bam, in your face right away. They did a great job casting her. I thought. <laughs> All right, Josuke, the main character with the pompadour, Elvis right. hair. As you can see, it's um, purple in the uh, in the poster. They kind of tinted right. it purple, but in the actual thing, it actually looks a little bit white right here. Is that yeah. just shine? Well, it's shine. Okay, yeah. I was they show say, up a purple tint to it. I don't see a purple tint where I'm looking at right here. But, well, uh, from the poster. Yeah, well, from the poster, I think that that was just promotional artwork that they tinted it. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, Josuke, that's the guy in the white. What's funny is I, I've seen like an app, like a 
That's Jotaro. Yeah, Jotaro. This is Josuke. You said Josuke again, but yeah, we're referring to this character as Jotaro. By the way, yeah, his hat. Can we can we like give them a high five for the the hair in the hat thing? Oh, let, oh, let me finish. For them to do the hair in the hat thing, they had mm-hmm. to shave the majority of the middle, so the hair can be fluffed up and just fit onto his head. So, like, so you're saying that without his hat, he's bald where his hat is covering? They sh- yeah, they shaved his head to do that. <laughs> That's funny. They did a great job. It looks really good in that. I'm in psyched that. for it. Yeah. Uh, the two brothers, I hope they leave the hair like that. These two guys? Yeah. I hope it's okay. yellow tan or blonde. And the other? This guy over here? That guy, yeah, he has water. Okay. He's going to be stoned. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think Augie's looking I, forward to it. I've been looking forward to it. This is what? Uh, Japan WV? Okay, I'm one of Brothers Japan. Yeah, dude, I'm so stoked. Love JoJo. All right, um, so moving on to anime and manga news. Let me pull back. I've mentioned this before, so we now have an update on it. Yes, the Full Metal Panic Invisible Victory, the new series here. Let me pull up this article for you guys. I see it, it's fine. Yeah, I know you can see it because I, I, but I have to click on it for them. Um, I know I'm cheating. Uh, so just so you guys know, like this is this isn't this isn't major news. This is just we're covering it real quick. Uh, the official website for Full Metal Panic: Invisible Victory um, began streaming, uh, which in this case is not a YouTube video. Uh, the anime's promo video too, so you can watch promo. Um, I couldn't watch it. I tried to watch it; it wouldn't play for me. Um, so I haven't watched this one. Did you watch it? Um, I watched it. I saw things fly. So I'm assuming based on the ridiculous amount of casting discussion they had here, uh, it's going to be very similar to the previous series, uh, minus perhaps Fumofu, which is like the bastard uh, middle child of of the series. I know that it has the mouse character and the girl's supposed to be active while the boy's supposed to be super serious. I know nothing else about this show. I have the first two seasons. You haven't watched it? I haven't watched it. I've watched the Amagi Brilliant Park. Yeah, I was just about to bring that I up. So, Star. so Amagi Brilliant Park uh, is a totally different anime, and the character the character designer for the the showrunner for like the creator, I guess, of Amagi Brilliant Park uh, is the same person who did Full Metal Panic. And there's a character in Amagi Brilliant Park that uses the same design as a character in uh, Full Metal Panic. And it's not like a human character. It's like a mascot character. And they got the... uh, uh, The creator basically requested from the character designer that they worked with on Full Metal Panic for for Fumofu, uh, he got permission to use that character. So the character... It's a different character, but it's the exact same design, pretty much. It's just drawn differently. The same same character design in a diff- different style. So that's kind of an interesting little tidbit there. Um, next up in the news, Anohana, um, Aniplex has an English dub uh, trailer, uh, has been streamed, which again means that they just put it on uh, YouTube. It's been uploaded to YouTube. 
So I watched this. I haven't seen Anohana before. I know it's really popular. It's something I'm going to kick myself for not having bought already. But I also kind of feel like I'm kind of glad I didn't buy it already because now there's going to be an English dub box set. So maybe I'll just get that one. Uh, kind of a terrible trailer to use for you know showcasing the English dub because you really yeah, only hear when, two different characters talk. Yeah, and when they first show the character, well, when they show a character talk, the sinking's off. Was it? It wasn't for me. It seemed okay it to me. For me. Uh, well, there was there was one part where there's like a narration going on, and it's a little maybe it's a little bit off. I think where there's a person talking and it's a narration where they're talking over animation of multiple different characters if right. that's what you're talking about and then at the end they have like all the characters at once like speaking in unison saying something but yeah it's not yeah. we're just reporting the news here it's just this exists uh if you guys care um again i haven't watched it and uh i, I don't seen it. i don't own anohana and i like i i i, I People cherish this. I know that I, I've been around enough forums and stuff to see that people really like this. Um, so it's probably really good. But again, I, I don't have any attachment to it yet because I haven't I haven't given it a shot yet. Okay, um, see. For this show, it, it, it's a seminal show. I didn't cry. It like goes this close to almost being a Stephen King ripoff, but they managed to pull it off without it feeling that way. Okay. That's going to be an interesting thing to go into knowing... <laughs> Does not take place in Maine. <laughs> um, so the next bit of news I've got here, uh, and I'm curious if you guys are interested in, in the news. We're we're starting with kind of the boring stuff. We're going to get into the more interesting stuff in just a minute. Um, but uh, the next bit of news is that Girls und Panzer der Film, which we watched for our Anime Watch Club last podcast. Uh, well, actually, we watched Girls und Panzer, and Augie just sent me. Uh, the film, and so we also watched the film in the real Anzio battle OVA, but um, nonetheless, we talked about it in the last podcast, as soon as this thing wants to load. I have a, I have this extension on, on Chrome called uh, The Great Suspender, because Chrome tabs, each one of these is like running a process and it, just, it eats up memory and stuff on your computer. Anyway, so now that it's not... Um, now that it's... Oh, wrong, wrong mouse. <laughs> now that it's not loading... So, uh, Girls in Panzer film tops 2.5 billion yen at the box office, which is about 22.9 million U.S. dollars. Uh, so, something interesting that I actually got out of reading this article was that this thing has been in theaters for like two years. Um, says that the film opened in Japanese theaters on November 21st, 2015. Certain theaters in Japan continued to screen the film through its one year anniversary on November 21st, 2016, uh, earning all this money, blah, blah, blah. But then it says that the last film, the last uh, theater right now that's currently showing the film is Tokyo Cinema Chupki Tabata Theater, which is screening the film until August um First through thirty-first, so this month, um, that's almost three years, or I guess one one year one to year two year two. So that's almost two full years that this movie will have been available to be watched in theaters. Is that a little bit nuts to you? There's a reason why they're making six films. Because it, it's just doing that well. Twenty-two million yes. doesn't seem like a lot of money. Um, it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but it probably had like a very low budget to begin with. So they probably. 
a lot of the anime good. a lot of the anime is CG and they probably had nearly all the assets they needed already pre-built because of the show. So there is that aspect to it. I can definitely see that. That's great. I'm glad that it's doing well. You know, a lot of people um a lot of people have this kind of um didn't negative Frozen opinion. almost had didn't Frozen almost had like a similar uh movie viewing, but it didn't last a year. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure it made a lot more than 22.9 million. Oh yeah, the different market. Yeah, but um, a lot of people have this opinion of movies that, like, they shouldn't. It's 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 unfair to other movies when a movie that doesn't cost a lot to make ends up making a bunch of money. Um, an example of that would be Deadpool. They didn't spend a lot on it, but it made a ton of money back, like three or four times what they put into it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a, a much better example of why this is seen as kind of like unfair is um, the Blair Witch Project was a very like a dirt cheap movie to make, brought in lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Um, and I think a lot of people are more upset about that because it created this annoying trend with movies that were people were trying to copy that. That's that's the annoying thing I'd say about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm all those people. However, yeah. if you're able to make, I think that's a more valid with little funding, you're doing something right. Um, can you it may not can be you, moral, but sorry, can you move your head just a second? Let me click on you. That's the what? What is that red box behind you? That is the monster moose and Okay, uh, that's what I thought it was. I just want to bring up real quick um, something else I just saw uh, right before the podcast. That set is now out of print. Just so you guys know. Okay, so I just wanted to let you guys know if you haven't yet gotten that set and you want it, um, just for the record, it's a Sentai premium edition. It's bulky and obnoxious and won't fit in your bookcase in a nice way. Um, it's out of print, so you're going to want to pick it up soon. Anyway, um, lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Crusher Joe. Well, we'll get to Crusher Joe in just one second, okay. but just to, to wrap up that other point, yeah, I think it's I think that it's a much more valid complaint when a movie um, gets all that money from a really low budget and the movie is actually uh, good it, but then it creates a trend I think that the, the complaint is valid when it's when you're upset about the fact that it created this annoying trend you're gonna have to sit through in movies echoing for the next couple of years like with the Blair Witch project where there was like um, the found footage style became like really annoying. Some movies did it pretty good, like maybe Cloverfield. Other movies, <laughs> like, other movies like um, I think there's one called Diary of the Dead or something. There's like a, a zombie movie that was kind of actually I don't remember if I've seen that. Maybe it's not bad. I don't know, but I'm just giving you another example of a found footage movie. Um, so moving on, um, somebody else brought up uh, they watched Crusher Joe. Uh, Crusher Joe. Is getting a new manga adaptation. Crusher Joe is a series of light novels. Yeah, fiction novels. I don't know if they're light novels, but science fiction novels. Um, they're going to be adapted into a new manga series known as uh, Crusher Joe Rebirth. So, anything you want to say about this, Augie? Uh, my very first top 10, 10 uh, article. I did put mm -hmm. Crusher Joe as a dire re-release. I am glad that it's got a re-release as yeah. both either are or about to be released. 
So right. this coming up. I think, it's, I think it says in the article right here. Um, Discotech Media released the movie again in April this year and plans to release the OVAs in September. There you go. So, right. so now people that, can watch this uh, space mining adventure. Um, for the original Animago release, that has two movies on it. Is that correct? That has the movie and the OVAs. So it does have the OVAs. So that one. Yes. So if I already have that, I don't even have to worry about discotech stuff. Pretty much, unless you want more quality, or you are yeah. afraid that your how they have the inside of it when you open it, it has a flap that's mine, very unique. Mine didn't have that, which is weird because I bought mine new. Huh. They might have swapped casing. Well, yeah. Um, the flap is the one that looks like a gear, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. That's weird. I've seen that on a couple of releases before. Well, anyway. Um, all right, so you got any, anything else you want to say about that, or should we move on to... I'm excited. Can't wait to read it. Hopefully get to a TV series this time. All right, so before we get into some more interesting stuff, we got one more thing. Um, the Blue Exorcist Kyoto Saga English dub will be premiering on... Boy, I need to get a switchboard. I can do this quicker will be premiering on Hulu on September 1st. I've got absolutely nothing to say about this, um, except that I, again, I frequent enough forums and Facebook groups and stuff to see that people like this show, haven't picked it up, haven't mm -hmm. started it. Uh, the dub stars Johnny Young Bosch. That's pretty much all you need to know, just saying. Um, but I don't have anything more really to, to talk about with this. What about you, Augie? Well, hopefully the Young Bosch isn't smoking. Um, I watched with my anime club when it was around. We watched the first season of it. I loved it. Disco Tech picked it up, and I wish that they would do something about the price scaling. It is a good show. Um, I've been curious about watching the second season, but I haven't had a chance. If you decide to watch the movie, be forewarned. Even though the theme would be Halloween, it's not a Halloween movie. You have a rare occasion of an Easter movie. Okay. <laughs> Just because of the theme of eggs and rabbits. Okay. Um, so moving on from there, uh, I want to bring up the Aria Kickstarter again, which we um, brought up already. Um, so here's the actual uh, Kickstarter page for it. Um, as you can see, it has already passed its uh, pledge of, uh, to, you know, it's it's at the point. I said this earlier, but it's it's going to get funded. So if you want to jump on it, um, you know that it's already going to get funded. So these sets are going to be produced. And if you want to make sure you don't miss out on it, then uh, then make sure to jump on it. The actual article we're going to be talking about in terms of news um, is that they added a another stretch goal uh, for Aria um, the Natural, which I believe is the that's the second series, correct? Um, possibly. If you go back to the previous article. You mean the actual or Kickstarter page? Previous tab, yeah, the actual Kickstarter. It is mm -hmm. two thousand away for it to start on season right. two. Uh, well, it's less than it's uh, it's about two thousand. It's about one thousand six hundred. Okay, so just to clarify, so so this is really important. I want to make sure that this is clear. Uh, from what I gather from the article, what's going on here is that the the main Kickstarter was for season the one. first series, season one. Okay, the stretch goal. So basically, uh, from what I heard of Sean Kleckner, who's the 
owner CEO of Right Stuff uh, slash Nozomi, um, is that they hit the uh, stretch goal way faster than he was expecting to. And um, the first stretch goal is to get uh, the 5.1 Dolby Digital Surround Sound or whatever for um, English audio, right? So uh, that was the first stretch goal. They hit that really fast that he wasn't prepared. So he didn't have a second stretch goal planned out. He thought he was going to have a lot more time before they were going to, you know, before all the Kickstarter stuff was just going to take off. So, um, so they set up as the second stretch goal, which I'm going to go back here. The second stretch goal for $180,000, which again, they're about 1,600 ish away from right now. Uh, that they're going to um, dub and Blu-ray disc production for the first part of the second television anime series, Aria the Natural. Uh, I'm just going to read this to you guys. It says, the second half of Aria the Natural will also get an English dub um, project. Uh, will also get an English dub if the project reaches... Okay, so sorry. Let me let me read it right here. So the the first stretch goal is for the first part of the second television series. They're saying that the second half will also get an English dub if this stretch goal of two hundred forty thousand is met. Uh, it says if the project does not reach the stretch goals, the staff will still devote the additional funds towards lowering the overall goal of a future Kickstarter they're going to be doing to dub the second series. Okay, so um, it also says here real quick, the update noted that the overall cost will be less expensive if both series are funded with the same Kickstarter campaign. So basically what they're saying is, um, and I think I can kind of clear this up, because they've already put in the manpower, the planning, all that stuff to fund the first Kickstarter campaign, sort of the behind the scenes work of managing it and stuff, they're saying that the amount it will cost to do a new Kickstarter is going to be higher because they're going to have to they're going to have to reproduce all this new like let's say let me give you an example here uh, like when they do their Kickstarter they have to like create the little trailer you know for it they have to do all these you know artwork they got to get these generated all, all that stuff needs to be created they're going to have to pay employees to do these things again you know they're going to have more more stuff they're going to have to do um if they have to do two separate kickstarter campaigns so a, a portion of the cost of the next kickstarter campaign can be completely eliminated if both the first series um are and aria the natural are both funded in the first kickstarter is what i think is uh being said here in this article do you agree Augie? yes from what it's explained i've been keeping up with this whatever's not used will be recycled uh so far they've they were able to get the dub get a higher quality of the dub mm. and was able to give out some goodies before yeah doing second season um i'm glad this is happening i hate that this is only, but that's their business model that they're going for now. Here's here's a question though. Yes. See, this is this is the thing that's irritating to me. If they get, let's just say that they get to the stretch goal of two hundred, was it two hundred forty thousand? Right. I'm just gonna read real quick what these are. Um, here, let me share this with you. All fifty-five plus years get Orange Planet. 
Okay, so let's say that they get this. Let's say that they get this. If they actually get 240K, that means that it's going to fund the production of a dub that will be made. But that doesn't mean that the Blu-ray set we have intentionally picked a tier two back is going to come with the second series. Right. So when they reach to that point, they're going to probably reveal more details as to how to get this. Right. So what I'm saying is that... Which means that you're going to be paying this okay. amount if you want the second one with the first one. For the record, this is really just... The numbers game here is how many people back this. Okay? It's not about... Um, it's not about you needing to pay them more in order for them to get them there. I mean, you can up your pledge, but if you've just done what I did, which is like the lowest cost to get all the different versions of the Blu-ray that they're going to be releasing, then you're good, right? But um, this is about if you tell your friends, your friends also do it, you know, the more people that they get behind this, the more money they have coming in, they reach these stretch goals. But again, this is all just for the physical release in terms in terms of what people are potentially going to get out of this Kickstarter, the physical release of the first part. When it comes to the second part, if they get that 180K or um, furthermore for the second half as well, the 240K that they need, um, that is going to result in them having the funding they need to produce that set, but then you're going to have to go out and buy that set separate. Now, potentially... First of all, I don't think they're going to get the 240K. What do you think? Mm. I think it's unlikely. Um, oh, the 240? I doubt it. Probably 220, if I had to speculate. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not sure the nature of these. Uh, there's also the flip side of people who pledge and they can't buy it, if either by lack of funding or... I'm not sure if this was Kickstarter that screwed me over walkthrough, but... They ordered from another country and they can't process their card. Yeah, Kickstarter or Wakfu, I believe, was Kickstarter. But um, one thing that they, one thing that might happen, especially if they get the 240k early on, if they just happen to get that far, is that they might add an option to add part two to your order for your Kickstarter, you know how, how a lot of times right at the end of a campaign or even after the campaign's over, yeah, probably after the campaign's over they could do this, even if it wasn't early on with the 240K. Uh, they could add an option to add additional, like you can order additional Blu-rays, like more than one if you want. You can you can you pick a tier you want to back at and then you can add things, like add-ons. You can buy for lower prices. Like let's say that they have a figure and a patch and you just want the patch. You don't want to go to the tier that comes with the figure um, and also comes with the patch. You just want the patch, which is only like, you know, $5 versus the figure, which is like a $200 figure. You can just add the patch as an add-on, right? So they might do this as an add-on where they actually do produce the series and they actually do give you the option in here, but you're still going to have to pay more for it, which you should expect to. When you, when you went into this agreement with them on the Kickstarter, you were only agreeing for part one anyway, you know? Um, so, uh, I hope I'm clearing this up, you know, that, uh, why it will be cheaper for them to get to the 240 K now versus having to do a separate Kickstarter. Um, regardless, they're probably going to reach the goal for the second Kickstarter as well, because the same people who are funding it now are probably also going to fund it then. Um, I think that if they were to 
if they were to, since they are about to reach the 180 okay if they were to offer a new tier that also included the blu-ray for the second part um i think that they would easily reach that 240k because a lot of people would up their tier threshold to that one you know what i mean i think that that's they something another, if they do another kickstarter mm -hmm. um honestly i don't see the reason why you would do two parts just make it season two no i th I, I think that that this is a, a bulk funding that they need for for a half of the series, right? I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do it as part one, part two. I think they're gonna release it as as a bulk thing, you know. But um, I think that the funding threshold is like this is how much we need for this to get done, and this is how much we need for the other one to get done. So if they don't make it to two forty k, then the bulk that extra money that they get from the between that you know, price range up to the 180K, they're going to just take that and they're going to, they're going to basically subtract that from the total amount they need for the second one. So for instance, this Kickstarter is at, they, they had you, uh, the, the number they were reaching to get, their goal number was 110,000, right? So they're at hundred, they're almost at 180,000 right now, which is um, 70,000 more than the 110,000, right? So, if the next one was also going to cost 110,000 uh, and, and the goal was going to be to reach 110,000, the goal may now be 70,000 less than that or, um, or um, for 40,000. Like they might have a 40,000. Uh, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Wrong mouse. <clears throat> they might have a, a campaign where the, instead of having to reach that goal of 110,000 for part two, but only be 40,000. You, you get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, anything um, else you want to say about this? Cause we got a lot more news to get through. Um, one, if you're able to vote on the mug, please vote for option two. Cause if the little thing's going to show its butt, I'd rather it be happy. Um, wait, 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 what, <laughs> where do you see that? There's a, if you funded 95, <coughs> 95 or more, you, yeah, right you now, you are able to vote on what option the mug should look like. And they okay. get three options. Please okay. vote for option two. Um, also, if they decide to do another one, mm -hmm. one thing I would like for this series, since I'm going to get the chipboard box, is I want a little gondola to put on top of the chipboard box. Kind of okay. like a butter ladle. In a, I haven't watched Aria. I, I did read the synopsis on that. Thing. Uh, it doesn't sound interesting to me. I, people love it. It must be good. And not not all concepts sound good, but the shows are great. Kind of, kind of with most people who first typed it, talked about this on uh, posting. It's a because I ran through the same issue as well. When this show was released, I read the manga over here from like Books a Million. Okay. That was great. I wondered if they were ever going to do a show about it. Mm -hmm. And behind my back, not knowing, the show exploded and it's popular. So, since Tokyo Pop released the first right. six volumes, and Tokyo Pop also released a two volume prequel. Just saying. Yep. Just saying. Anyway, sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted you. Go ahead. Well, that was it. Okay. I think it's beautiful. But... Yeah, well, you know. Eventually, it's something I'll get to. It's not high on my on my priority right now. So, in the same vein of crowdfunding, uh, the next I thing I want to do Bohemian, Bohemia, 
go go to the to the artist Bohemia. Go to the artist Bohemia. What? Bohemia. Bohemian. You talking about the uh, artist, the animator support? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Bohemia. Okay. Sorry, dormitory. Yeah, the dormitory. <laughs> okay. So there's a Japanese crowdfunding site called Campfire. And uh, so the news that we're going to be referring to, there's two articles here um, because it's only been a week, basically. But animator uh, Katsunori Shibata is crowdfunding money for animators. So basically he's uh, he's creating – he created a, a crowdfund, not a Kickstarter. It's just – it's Campfire, but it's a – you know, it's essentially a Kickstarter. It's just like the verb people use, like Google it kind of thing. He's created a crowdfunding thing to uh, to support animators because animators in Japan, animators worldwide, have a really rough life. Um, speaking oh, yeah. to somebody with a degree in animation, it's not a good job, um, and it's it's very underappreciated, especially. Um, there's not there's not enough funding for the good stuff, and the good stuff is all that's in demand. You know, and then you end up with shows like you end up going from, for instance, in America, we had uh, if you ever watch an old Tom and Jerry cartoon, you'll see stuff where, like, for instance, Jerry will be riding in a paper airplane and it'll go it'll go up towards the camera and pan around. And there's just all this all this really incredible three dimensional, um, very well handled perspective where it looks accurate and it's it's dynamic and stuff. There's all this really interesting stuff. And then you have you know, fast forward a couple of years, it's like, oh, now we've got the crappy Hanna-Barbera flat plane repeating Flintstones, you know, backgrounds. All the characters are seen in front of the plane, walking and interacting. You always see them from the same angle. You get that stuff, you know? So animation goes through these kind of cycles, and then you get um, you get stuff like Avatar, The Last Airbender, where all of a sudden it gets this real anime vibe to it. It's got a lot more detail. It's treated almost like a live-action show or movie where um, the shots they choose, um, the angles that they choose, the, the dynamic action, which isn't easy to draw uh, with that show, they they had it animated in Korea, you know? And by the way, animated, the, the you know, most anime is also animated heavily in Korea, in uh, Japanese anime, they, at least for the in-between animation stuff. So kind of the same have thing. Have you heard of the, the production horror stories of Batman the Animated Series? No. Uh, I think Rob, yeah, I think it was either Rob Rossetti or someone else who, were, who was trying to get their foot in the door. Yeah. And they went. When they went to animate, they had to travel to Spain and pretty much live like a bum the whole time while working on this. I don't know the stories, but I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Having I don't doubt it. That's my fellow to Bohemia. Let me give you uh, a very quick, limited detail story. Um, when I basically my first actual animation job out of college. Where I was actually working on an animated short, doing animation, character rigging, visual effects, all, all the stuff in the pipeline, basically. Because I, I basically everybody else quit from the job I was working on. I'm the reason it got done. I lived at the studio. Um, there were there were times where I didn't go home. Uh, I didn't really. I I took like brief naps, but I basically I didn't go home for three days. You know, at, at one point, you know, I looked like hell. It was it was a bad experience. And by the way. Didn't make a lot of money off of that. Um, it's one of those things where um, 
as an animator, you're kind of stuck in this situation where most of the time, especially in America, the jobs you're going to take, especially fresh out of school, you will spend more time, more money on food, rent, all those things uh, in the time that you spend working before you get paid for the project. You'll spend more than you're earning back. It's a really bad system. But anyway, to get back to what this is, um, in Japan, it's much worse. And... Um, he created this crowdfunding to earn how much were they trying to get 3000 yen they're look at they're at, they're at uh, 266 um sorry 966% of their uh goal so uh the other article we're going to bring up is specifically regarding that says um the crowdfunding campaign for anime support raises 891% of its goal in one week. Now, here's the thing, though. This sounds like a lot. 1,063,000 yen. That's like yeah, 10,000 10, bucks. That's not a lot. I don't even know how this... I mean, that would support uh, an animator dormitory. It would support a group of guys for about a month, maybe. You know, you know, go ahead and go ahead and take that number to Google and translate the dollar amount. This is a new number because I did it before when it was when I looked at it oh, yesterday. Okay. But uh, I'll I'll do a Google search. And we'll just see. Doing it live. <laughs> Come on. Apparently we're not. Is the loading. Yeah, it's loading. Hold on. So anyway, um, I'll wait for that to get done. Oh, site can't be reached. Um, last I checked, it was actually just under ten thousand. So, so I'm assuming it's just over ten thousand now. Um, but uh, it says nine thousand nine thousand six hundred. Okay. Nine thousand six hundred thirty-four point seven U.S. dollars. So it's it's not a lot. It's not like you know. It's sound. It's great that they've reached their goal. It's, it's really great that they reached their goal, and it's really great that they're doing this. It's Let me put it this way. It's great that people recognize the fact that there's a high suicide rate, there's a high death rate in Japan at, in this job because people literally just work themselves to death. Okay? I have yeah. lived the American side of this, uh, which is one of the main reasons why I started a channel. I wanted to find a way to transition careers out, out of this industry. Um, something I took off, I was going to talk about this earlier in the podcast uh, towards the intro area when we we're sort of waiting for people to fill her in. Kind of just decided not to talk about it, but maybe I should talk about it now. Um, in the VFX industry, we have, a, we have a term, I feel like it's a pejorative term. People don't use it as a pejorative or it's like a self- deprecating term uh we are known as pixel pushers okay that's the term that we use that's what a cg artist is called it's like a colloquialism of of the industry um meaning that we sit there and push pixels across the screen to create graphic design create cg you know renders and stuff it's just the term that is used for us um, and then there are certain jobs <clears throat> there are certain jobs in this industry that don't pay really well, are incredibly tedious, and are 90% of what the industry is made up of. There's a job called rotoscoping, 
And there's a there's a job title people give. Uh, they call it roto monkeys. They call people who do this job roto monkeys because it's a mindless job. You're literally just sitting there tracing every frame. And as soon as they came out with, as soon as Avatar came out, this was, God, it was so. When I was in school is when James Cameron's Avatar came out, and I thought this is a good thing for the industry I'm about to jump into because this is going to start a trend. It's it's made so much money. This is going to start a trend where a lot of other companies are going to try to do this. I'm going to have so much work when I get out of school. This is going to be a great way to launch my career. That didn't happen. The opposite happened. James Cameron created Avatar. They used the 3D cameras. They filmed everything in 3D. They, um, they rendered everything with stereo uh, from the, the 3D programs that they were using so that they did a good job melding them together and compositing this 3D and stuff. They, they did all that. And then um, instead of other studios uh, attempting to do what James Cameron did, they just did this thing called stereo conversion. If you guys remember when Clash of the Titans came out, um, that movie came out right around the same time as Avatar. And because Avatar came out in 3D, the studio panicked. They hired a company called uh, Stereo D to stereo convert the whole movie. They literally just traced the whole thing. By the way, never go see a movie in 3D unless it was rendered out of the program in 3D. Toy Story 3, for example, looks fantastic because it was done mathematically by the camera in the 3D program when they rendered it, okay? Clash of the Titans is stereo converted. That means that a, a, an artist got paid like five bucks an hour pretty much to just sit there and trace a character across every single frame of the entire movie, you know, different teams got assigned to different shots and whatnot and they're faking the 3d and it does not look good it it's they're faking it because your brain only needs a little bit of it and then your brain actually does it automatically and um they're not doing a good job it's not worth it just see it regular okay but what i'm getting at here is that the trend that came out of avatar is the stereo conversion that created this huge demand for roto monkeys which is the worst job anybody has ever done in this industry ever it's so terrible you're brute forcing everything you don't get paid much and it's just the most mind-numbing work um, and it's actually something i was going to talk about this earlier because i want to find a way best case scenario for this channel i want this channel to start producing funding so that i can employ other people i'd like to be making enough with this channel that not only could i do this full time but that i could pay other people and provide other people um, with a wage um, from the benefits that this channel brings. And that would pr allow me, like for instance, right now, I'm doing this pixel pushing work on the grab bag series from, from this year, okay? I might have to retire that series, even though I love doing it, just because I can't justify sacrificing the amount of time it takes to sit there and roto out, um, you know, trace the shapes for where the blur is going to be applied. I, I can't justify doing that every year. It's wasting too much time. It's eating into the fact that I need to finish the bootleg series, you know? So, um, ideally I'd like to get to a point where we can actually, I could pay somebody else to help me do that, to take on this shot and that shot while I work on these other shots so that it can get done in half the time, you know? And, and, um, Going back to the uh, going back to this thing here, uh, just to further 
like lock in my point. This is not a lot of money, but it's good that that in Japan, um, they recognize how important this is, and they are funding it almost uh, probably by tomorrow to a thousand percent of the goal that they had, and. I hope that they get more money and that it lasts them a long time. But honestly, I don't know how just having more money is actually going to make the life of an animator better. Because the problem with animators' lives in Japan versus in America isn't that... See, in America, what makes it hard is that I'm not making as much as it costs to live where I have to live, right? Um, doing most of these jobs. So I'm constantly working at barely catching up and still being behind the money that's getting spent versus the money that's coming in. So unless you have a spouse who is also working, it's not bringing any money in. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, in Japan, I I haven't seen a lot of stories about people being horribly in debt and living on the street. This What I see in Japan is that people are on the clock 24-7. They're basically, like, they sleep under their desks, which is something that used to happen in um, in America, I believe, at, like, Disney Studios as well. But uh, this is just, it's, it's a life where they are slaves to the companies that they work for, and they don't basically have any time to go out and have a life. So they they go crazy. You get cabin fever, you go nuts. Um, people overwork themselves to the point where they get ulcers and they, they die from this. So the money coming in, it's great that money's coming in, but unless that money is going to hiring on more work so that some of the people who are already working there can take a break, I don't know that having all this extra money coming in is going to do much. That's that's all I wanted to get out of that. Any comments, Augie? Any comments from you guys? Um, well, there there are some blue-collar industries that are just like that as well. Right. Um, I'm, I'm speaking from my experience being very yeah. close to this subject. Um, fortunately, I chose a, chose, chose a career path that would let me live. But uh, <coughs> aside from that, I'm glad that this is funded. Um, get more money for this sort of situation since it's a dormitory. I'm kind of glad to see the high numbers because you have to tackle real estate if you want to do something like this. True. I'm not sure what other government programs that they have. It would possibly make sense, make it cheaper on the studios who want these people to work for them. To chip in into this because one, everyone's in a central location. Two, depending on the size, size they can live a certain lifestyle if they can. Or maybe, well, it's either going to have enough room for each person to have their own room, or well, a dormitory. I have to share. Um, if you. Have a centralized place where you have the employees have happy employees if they're struggling with like food and stuff because of lack of lack of uh, wage that they have to increase morale it might be best if you have like some sort of you work for us I guess kind of similar to a hotel situation it in that regard you're right well but I'm Again, not, um, I don't. I don't, I don't think contract. it's. I don't think it's so much that we're starving. We don't have enough money to eat. I think. I don't even think it's uh, all we can afford is, you know, convenience store food. 
speaking from experience, um, a lot of the problems with being in this sort of industry is that your only option time-wise is food you can get like out of a vending machine, you know? Um, so if money comes into the point where like, for instance, at Google, which makes a lot more money than animation studios, but at Google, they actually take care of your, you know, washing your clothes, all that. They, they, their top employees, um, at least, they take care of all of those things. They drive you into work. They want your mind to basically be freed up from all the mundane tasks of life. Yeah. So that you can focus. Yeah, so they make all your food. They do all this stuff so that you can focus entirely on work, right? Now, right. in that same sort of vein, it's like if, if extra money is coming in, not only could they get healthier food, food that will allow them to function more efficiently, you know, raw, organic uh, vegetables and fruits and stuff that will, that will greatly help prevent the diseases, um, the, you know, the ulcers, all the problems that people are getting from the diet and the lifestyle that they have to have to work there. Um, but they could also, if again, if they had this extra money, they could have these things uh, available and, you know, made for the artists so that they can continue to, um, you know, at, at their normal work pace, but have some of the things that normally take up their time. Like for instance, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some people are dying and, and having these things happen because they're too tired to make food. They get off work and it's like, all they want to do is just go to sleep and they don't even have time you know, or energy to go and get food. You know what I mean? So I wonder, I wonder how that is, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Well, that I was fourth day. I woke up at three, worked an eleven-hour shift, and worked a five-hour shift, and came here. Yeah, no, you, you and I both. Yeah, we have a, we have. It's it's harder, especially for us, because you, like me, have that sleep apnea sort of issue, where yeah. the, the sleep you do get isn't even that good. Um, but uh, I, I want to address uh, something in the chat, uh, by the way. Yes, yes. Let's address enough. Uh, yeah, so John John Shane said he he felt the same way regarding Arya. Um, old man says Gungrave Beyond the Grave Volume One Plus Series Box with all seven volumes is listed on Amazon for seven dollars plus shipping. Says he has it already, and he's on page seventy one of the anime DVDs looking for art box and rare anime. Um, I asked him. I made him a a moderator. Uh, temporarily, and I asked him to post that link. So if somebody wants it, um, I mean, you could just look it up yourself, just Gungrave, you know, whatever, and look at the, uh, you know, the used or whatever options, and they'll tell you, like, in the description probably that it comes with. Okay, he just, I can copy paste the link. Uh, you, it looks like it's working. Right? He just sent me the link. I'm gonna check it, just make sure. Um, so if you got, if anybody wants to get it, yep, it opened up for me. It says volume one. Um, maybe it's in the collector's edition, and then in and then you go to use. It says used seven dollars. Uh, complete volume one through seven with series box used. Very good. So, um, from Rasputin music and movies. So yeah, if anybody wants it, I'm gonna I'm gonna re repost to that link with it going should go directly to. Oh, he was talking about Anahana. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense, uh, John. John Shane uh, chimed in to let me know. I just said it. He was saying the same thing. He was feeling the same way about Arya. He corrected me. He meant that about Anahana. Um, 
And old man after that said, someone died working on a recently released anime. I think it was Eps 3, but I don't remember which show. It was mentioned on our anime. You know, dude, it happens a lot more often than you might think. Um, people, human beings, need a... Uh, we need a... Like, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's a reason people go, quote-unquote, postal. You know, human beings need creative expression, creative outlets. They need to be able to um, get out of mundane tasks like for instance roto monkeys like that is a position that you cannot stay there for very long because it will drive you insane you know it is not good for your mental health and your mental excuse me your mental health um affects your physical health you know anyway uh so we're all caught up on chat now let me go back through uh, so we're going to be moving into licenses and releases. I cannot believe we're already two, two and a half hours into the podcast, and we're just now getting into this. Um, we have content, and I'm glad I chose chose these. Did, did you weed out yeah. any of them? Uh, nope. <laughs> I thought okay. we could go through them quickly. See, the thing Let's is – Now um, we're at a one shot. Let me, let me just explain. Uh, so in our last podcast, it was a very short podcast. It was uh, – compared to how long they've been recently. Um, we we just kind of realized like there's not really a lot left to say. We don't have anything else to talk about. We also had a very small um, audience last last podcast for some reason. So we uh, uh, we wrapped it up and Augie decided to make sure we had something to talk about. Uh, and he sent me a bunch of Anime News Network articles from the last two weeks. And uh, that's what we're going through right now. Um, so... Originally, it was supposed to be just the Otakon, like we're about. Yeah, to we're just going to do Otakon, but we but we're going to do more. And I, he said, weed out the ones you don't want to talk about. And I just decided we'll talk about all of them. But I was hoping we could go through some of them quicker than we actually have. But uh, by the way, old man says he thinks it was uh, Kazunori Mizuno, uh, Naruto slash Bleach animator, died at age fifty-two. Mm. Dude, it happens. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a really bad industry. Um, Japan honestly needs to open up the fact that they try to fund their whole industry with just Japan, just the, the funding they yeah. get from the Japanese audience. And they need to recognize anime is no longer exclusively Japanese. Okay. And the, just opening it up to, let's say the United States, you know, not even the whole world, but just the United States would bring in way more funding than they uh, are currently getting. If they were to, you know, if they were, two thousand eight. I mean, yeah, not two thousand eight. Nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. We kind of got them to make more. Yeah. Of so, our interest. Yeah. So uh, let me get onto what we're talking about here. So to get onto. Um, licenses and release information uh we're gonna start out with viz so viz media licensed mr osamatsu um they announced it at the otakon panel that it has acquired the digital streaming electronic sell-through home video and merchandise rights for mr osamatsu do you have anything you want to say about this augie i hope when they say home video it's not going to be the mar effect then stopping or starting and, and then not finishing? Well, it's, it's, it's at least four first, DVDs and sell everything on iTunes. 
it says first and second seasons licensed for home video. So um, hopefully that hopefully that's either DVD or Blu-ray. Because if I cannot have the physical item and slap someone, how am I going to feel good about myself? So one thing I kind of wanted to talk about, just because I, I thought this was interesting while I was reading through this, um, the collect the collaborate. Okay, so they're okay. They're talking about a new uh, a series of six new anime shorts titled uh, Mutsugo to Oma no Monogatari, the story of the sex toplets and the horse. By the way, this might actually be pronounced Ouma, and the reason I want to bring this up is because. Uh, in in Japanese, um, they add "o" as like a prefix to certain words to kind of show like respect or like that they like those things. You know, it's like kind of like an honor thing. For instance, uh, when I was taking Japanese in, in uh, I took college courses while I was in high school because I didn't want to take French or Spanish. But when I took these classes, um, the teacher brought up specifically o kane which is money that there's an o in front of that so i don't know if kane is actually the actual phrase for money because everywhere you see it, it's written o kane like that's that's just ubiquitous with money right and uh, um i bring this up because uma is actually the japanese word for horse um o uma is implying sort of like an honor to it. I just wanted to add a little translation note here that isn't uh, typically there. And a specific anime that uses this weird quirk about Japanese uh, really effectively is Tenjo Tenge. Um, there's a scene where Maya, Maya's the one with the pink um, outfit, right? It's the, that's right here. This character, I think Aya Natsume, Maya Natsume. So Maya's fighting the uh, the chick who has all the knives. The um, the girl with the drill hair, you know, who has all the all the knives in the uh, like in the fat folds that she kind of like you know has that jutsu or whatever that makes her skinny, right? And she hides them within the fat folds. When she's fighting that character. There's a line where that character is like the sensei or whatever. She's like a teacher at the school or whatever. And they're having this fight. And Maya refers to her as Obaka, right? And that was something when I was watching it that I, I had like just had the lesson where she brought up, the teacher had brought up Okane and, and all that meaning. And it was really interesting to see that because Obaka is obviously, Baka is idiot. She's basically calling her. Her, she was showing respect while calling her an idiot. You know, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing that I noticed. So, anyway, um, moving. Uh, we'll just one more tidbit about the show. When it aired its first episode, yeah, that's worth talking about. The, the company used so many references that the episode had to be banned because they were afraid that they were going to have to pay licensing fees. Okay, let me just so, explain real quick. Yep. In America, you can. Fair use and parody is oh, the dog is eating food outside. I'm like, what the heck is that noise? Um, fair use and parody is covered, uh, protected under law, which means that I can parody things like on a, on a short um, without getting sued, right? I can make like a short on YouTube and parody Batman or something and not necessarily get sued, right? I can do a parody of... Uh, uh, a song like the way that Weird Al does, you know, and 
like Weird Al doesn't have to request um, permission for any of the songs that he makes, but he does anyway just to make sure that he doesn't get any bad blood with uh, the people he talks to or, or he does the music for, or that he does the music parodies of, right? In Japan, that's not the case. Um, it's actually much simpler uh, in terms of um, the actual legal process of getting permissions. You, the, it's simpler than you might think. We're all literally all they do is get like a. Uh, they have to get permission. Uh, it's literally just, hey, can I use this? Yes, you can. You know, um, that's why uh, it's usually really easy. So, um, for instance, you'll see in like Lucky Star or Excel Saga or whatever, like characters in any anime, like, oh, they went Super Saiyan. Okay, we talked to Akira Toriyama, got permission to do that reference. You know, um, in the case of the first episode of this series, they used a bunch of stuff and didn't get all the. Um, they didn't get all the stuff that they needed. Uh, they didn't get all the permission that they needed. So there was a big controversy over it, and the episode has been banned. Um, as in, they're never going to show it on TV again. Might never come to DVD in Japan. Might never see DVD anywhere else. Um, uh, so, would you, like to, would you like to know the irony? What's that? The irony is the show said did exponentially well, way more than what was expected. That. Yeah. They could probably afford the, to buy the licenses and not even worry about it because it did that well. I'm tempted to believe that this was a publicity stunt. And the reason that the show yeah. has done so well is because it's been banned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that um, it's been banned, which that was that that news circulated, especially outside of Japan. Um, and people are like, Oh, I gotta find this, I gotta watch this banned episode. And then they're like, Oh, this is actually a really funny show, I'm gonna keep watching it on Crunchyroll. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I think that I feel like there's a real potential yeah, that because they even market. took it off Crunchyroll for some reason. Yeah, so I think that I think that that may have been a marketing strategy that they used in order to boost the popularity of this um property, anyway. <clears throat> moving on. Um, real quick, Bob, Bob Smith says, but anime, I still think is an, is a niche market. Uh, I, I don't think I'm yes. In kind of the same way that superheroes are still a niche market, but they're still, you know, culturally observed and understood. It's not like what's anime. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't exist anymore. So it's culturally observed. However, what's hurting this market, even though there's no, there's no funding for it. They don't commercialize the shows as much. How do you know about it? You need to be in, Mikey pointed out, in the niche to know more of it or look it up yourself. Yeah. Unless you watch Toonami or just randomly come across something that has a lot of merchandise and it's recognizable that it's anime. See, but here's the thing. Globally, because of the internet, the existing model for anything is changing. As in, you might say, okay, so for instance, when we were collecting way back in the day, um, there weren't commercials on TV for, and I, I mentioned this specifically in my rare DVDs tip, uh, or Battler Dunbine. That show didn't have TV commercials that said, you know, volumes one through five out today, you know, get it now kind of thing. They didn't have that. So in that regard, it's like, yes, I get what you're saying. It's like they don't have TV commercials advertising the release of all this stuff, but 
the way because of the internet the way that people get information all that i don't have a t i don't have tv in my house i don't watch tv i watch everything online i watch youtube netflix and a crap ton of dvd stuff you know so then big good example though calls with laura battler dunbine with new type magazine they had sweepstakes of releasing they were like giving out volumes of this right but, that. but again that is within the niche that's what i'm getting at is that the world it's like you say that there's a niche here's like the internet has created uh it has brought things that were let's say in your hometown wow i have the one anime club in this entire town maybe even this entire state but throughout the country there's anime clubs all over the place and right. once the internet gets there all these come together and what seemed to you in your little world as one little niche is now this bigger community it's still maybe a niche but it's much bigger because of the because the internet allowed people to come together with their interests and form these little ghettos on the internet of different shared interests right, right. um so what i'm saying is that in any fandom no matter what it is you choose where you get your information right so that's true so i i subscribe to on even though i don't watch any of their content funimation um crunchy like i'm subscribed to these people on youtube uh and if i if i were actually watching the content i would stay up to date just through youtube oh this has been released that's been released other people watch stuff like our podcast they're getting information through us and it's like it's because it it caters to the thing that they're interested in okay i think right. the mere fact that first of all there is enough people out there even just collectors like us who could float the the japanese market better than how they are getting just from the people who are actually buying stuff in Japan. Okay, so just in the United States, just the hardcore collectors like us, I think we could produce the same sort of funding that they're currently getting for a lot of their shows in Japan, even though the shows in Japan are significantly more expensive and they have less content per disc, right? right. So um, I think that in America, as niche, if you want to call it as this market is, we still have billboards showing up of different of different things. Uh, One Punch Man billboards showing up in different parts of the country. We have uh, bus stop things like around Anime Expo and stuff that are promoting. It's like anime is part of our um, shared consciousness, if you will. It's not a niche thing the way it was when Augie and I first started collecting. All right, it's completely changed and it is becoming a little bit uncomfortable in that it is losing a bit of its Japanese roots because they are branching out to do other things. Personally, I don't care. I think it's better for, um, for the talents of different areas to come together and create things, um, you know, just to be able to take what works from different cultures and, and build something better uh, because of it. I think that's great. Um, I think that what, people are mostly upset about is other cultures copying trying attempting to copy anime uh, i mean some people have this whole thing like that's not anime castlevania that's not anime is like okay technically it's not but that's that's more of a um that's kind of like an infringement on their fandom in that case like that's a whole different complex they're going through but then there's the there's the copycat effect where you're copying something and not doing it as well that's a whole different thing but when you're coming together you know, um, like for instance, um, Batman uh, Gotham Knight 
you know, when you take a property developed over here, uh, the, the whole Batman series, and you give it to a different culture to to create with, you know, we get these really interesting dynamics through it. Anyway, we're totally getting off point, and we really need to get through some of these licenses. Uh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Point. I, I want to read this question. Old man says, try explaining what anime is in the early 2000s. They would always come back with, oh, you mean cartoons. I would give up because they were thinking Tom and Jerry, He-Man, etc., and just say not really. Okay, it's like yeah, but but nowadays I don't think that they're I don't think that anybody thinks that they're just cartoons, you know. And the people who do do that to you are doing it on purpose nowadays, you know. Yeah. They're doing it to get a rise out of you. They're trolling you. Anyway, go 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 ahead with your point. Um, you look at yeah, you look like look at different entertainment entertainment media's. Mm -hmm. You compare anime to something like sports. I can't stand sports. Not mind sports anime, but I can't stand sports. Mm -hmm. You see, you see people go overboard and accept different norms. That's that's actually which, a really that's actually a really good example. If you think about sports, in that you yeah. and I are both not into sports, but we know of it. We know the sport team names and stuff. Mm -hmm. In the same way that somebody who's into sports might not watch anime, but they know of Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball. You know what I mean? Right. But you have this other media where you have people wearing jerseys of other people with their names on it. Essentially cosplay, yeah. Yeah. Having sports bars where they play all the Made cafes. They play all these um, in a sense, you play all these sports channels, but mm -hmm. most of them have talk shows with no subtitles. You yeah. can't hear because they don't play the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get like these over enraged people for something that does not matter. And they didn't even gamble on this game. Yeah. So what you're getting at is that is that we all have a fandom right. and we all have similar things going on. It's like a lot of people say that uh, fantasy football is D and D. You know, you're doing Dungeons and Dragons. It's just, it's just the jock version of it. You know, that all personality well, types. You, but you get what I'm saying. Is that all personality types playing. gravitate to their own avenue of the same whatever it is inside of us as human beings that we need to appreciate. So, like you were saying, it's like you got the you got the sports cafe or the, or the sports bar. That's the like the maid cafe or the manga those manga cafes. You know, it's like yeah, one of those sports cafes. But you get what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. we're we're sort of. Um, but I sort of all have those same needs, or they evolve into the same thing, but for a different fandom, you know. But what gets me the worst is for sports, unless it's live and at that moment, they can air everything so cheap that it would be stupid not to grab what they're selling to at least show something on television or wherever. I think part of what's making this transition a little bit difficult is the fact that um, streaming is involved. Because streaming is creating a whole new dynamic that needs to exist that overall I think is helping, surprisingly, the DVD market uh, or the physical media market, if you want to right. call it that. But, um, but at the same time, it's creating this interesting new dynamic uh, on how to fund things and how to how to fund your operations, and it's just it's 
it's different and it's it's taking a while for the dust to settle let's say you know yeah. all right so on to the on to the next one this is going to be a very quick one um viz media licensed uh takane and hana and the young master's revenge manga i don't have much to say about this other than that this one takane and hana this sounds like something my wife would really enjoy so Maybe she's already, she might have already read it. You know, she's she doesn't wait for everything like I do. Um, also, Ruby manga is in print uh, in the hardcover edition of the Art of the Secret World of Arietta. Arietti is coming out. Um, so they're doing a hardcover version of it. And I want to. I just want to address this. Ruby manga is in print. I'm going to come back to this a little bit later. Okay. Uh, next up, I'm going to move on to Sentai. Is that okay with you? That's that's fine, but I can't see any of the photo. You can't see any of the what? The documents. You can't see? Oh, you can't see. Okay. Well, I'm moving on to the Sentai one. Okay. Yeah, because you... Well, maybe if you just go to the other link, you can watch the actual stream like everybody else, where you're, where you're getting the chat from. Yeah, it was like five-minute delay. It should only be 30 seconds. Okay. okay. So, anyway, this is... this is you, You've already read the articles. You know what we're talking I about. I read the articles. Sentai Filmworks uh, is going to be releasing the new initial D film with English dub. The first new initial D film. And then they go in in the article. I think they talk about the other two. I think there's a three. Yep, that's a trilogy. That's kind of weird that they titled it the way they did. But, basically, um, initial D movies coming over here. I don't have much to say about this. Um, I like it's, I like the show. But uh, I like the show, but I, I, I'm not excited about it. I'll get them eventually. I'll watch them eventually. I'll probably enjoy them, but I'm not terribly excited. What about you? I'm not familiar with the show. However, I find it interesting that there's kind of a slight paradigm of people picking up other people's stuff that they haven't fully released. Yeah, but... And they're swapping with something else. So the, the weird thing about this is that this was originally released by Tokyo Pop and Funimation. If I'm not mistaken, Tokyo Pop's out of business, right? They they don't do anything in America anymore. They are revived. They are okay. I just read an article. The lawyer, the lawyer just revived it. That's awesome. Um, so the original release of Initial D was Tokyo Pop and Funimation. It was like a partnership release there. Um, yep, and Funimation got a hold of it. Yeah. So what he what we're getting at is that it's kind of interesting to see that Sentai Filmworks is going to be releasing this one like Funimation passed up on it, it seems like, you know, like you'd think that if a company was going to do this because Funimation already had their foot in the door, although perhaps the Funimation sales didn't do that well, maybe the company wants to go in a different direction. Who knows? Maybe they ditched Funimation because they weren't thrilled with the sales of the previous one. Um, with the that one thing left that hasn't been touched except for the Genion is who's going to get the rest of case closed. Cause I think the only, other thing that's been released of it is the Lupin Cross yeah. versus Conan. Which you know what? Okay. Okay. All right. That's another topic. Hold on. We're, we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we get to discotech stuff, but I just got to say it's a freaking miracle, and it's the best best timeline ever for a, a Lupin fan. The fact, the fact that discotech has reunited the original cast and I talked about this all the way back in like the first or second podcast um, that they've reunited the original cast from the Genion Loop on the Third Part Two um, series with Richard Epcar and all those guys, Lex Lang, all them. What? You don't have to answer this now. 
but from your previous Genion Pioneer, how many episodes were there? 22. I think they're 22? Yeah. Then they are dubbing more episodes for mm -hmm. part two. Yeah, oh, I actually, wow. looked, I looked that up yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was 22. Um, <clears throat> but, so, the thing that's interesting about this to me, uh, what, what, I, what I want to get back to is, uh, we're talking about case closed, right? So right. case closed, which is right right behind my head right here. That's that one, that one, that one, and that one. <laughs> anyway. They, um, they blend in. Yeah, they really do. You can't see them at all. Uh, but case closed was, it's like 600 episodes long, right? No, it, they passed 900 episodes. It's, okay. it's really long. It's really long. It's really good of what I've seen from Funimation's release. Has a great dub, a fantastic dub. I haven't sat down and watched Lupin versus Detective Conan yet because I've been hoping, and and I'm getting my hopes even higher with the fact that they dubbed, that they've been dubbing uh, more of Lupin, that they're going to re-release everything Discotheque already had with a dub. I'm really looking forward to that prospect. Right? It would totally make my day if Discotheque got access to case closed re you know reunited the original cast from that as well did the rest of case closed or at least a big chunk of it with that cast and then dubbed lupon the lupon case closed crossover with both original casts that would be fantastic do you think no, i wouldn't mind imagine? seeing more yeah. uh, i mean i'm, I'm willing it into going on universe. i will sit down and watch it um Anyway, so uh, before before we move on, I just want to catch up with the chat real quick. Um, All right, I was doing that too. Okay. They're talking about uh, uh, John Shane. Yeah, John Shane says before I got into anime, he thought most of the shows were like Lupin and Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's be real here. A lot of the shows are like Lupin, or sorry, Pokemon. <laughs> Lupin's on the brain. Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. A lot of the shows are like that. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, just just a varying levels. Of to sell a toy. Yeah, well, true. Yeah, uh, and then Bob Smith came in and said, "Same, my friend for years tried to get me into it, but I refused. Then I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion and got into it." Uh, old man says, "Yeah, now it's totally different, but back then they really didn't know what anime was or even how to pronounce the word." Uh, I didn't travel in the anime crowd, just normies. <laughs> uh, John Shane says it was Full Metal Alchemist that got him into it. Bob Smith says, "Yeah, it didn't help." The only thing my friend tried to show me was Dragon Ball, which I still won't watch today. Uh, no. John Shane says, I actually, I didn't actually see Dragon Ball myself until a couple of years ago. Um, I'm curious how, how John Shane, how'd you, are you referring to Dragon Ball? I'm assuming you're talking about all of Dragon Ball or just Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, you know, and all that. I'm curious what you thought about it, um, seeing it recently, because I, I, I stand by that that's a great show, and every time I go back and rewatch it, I think it's not going to live up, and it totally does. So I'm just that's just yeah, it's written. It's technically written in a time, well, sort of timeless fashion. One of the things the that I really of the eighties. Yeah, one of the one of the things I really like about Dragon Ball, and to a degree, Dragon Ball Z is the progression of time, which they're totally screwing up in Super, but. Um, the progression of time, if you, watch, if you watch Dragon Ball, you see um, Goku is very young. And you see him over the course of different series. He gets taller. 
You know, he you can tell he's aging, he's maturing. And then towards the end, he basically looks like an adult, right? When he's fighting Chi-Chi at the martial arts tournament and they uh, like get married and all that. Uh, and then in Dragon Ball Z, and this is partially just because the animators working on the show got progressively better and better at drawing, but Goku also seems to get older, more muscular, more defined. If you look at Goku in, let's say, um, there's a specific scene I always think of where he's running along Snake Way. Uh, there's a part where he's sleeping and he's like in this like almost almost swastika pose with like I think I think one arm's down, one arm's up, and he's just like sleeping. And you look at how beefy, like 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 not beefy buff, but just beefy sausagey his arms look. They don't look muscular the way that they do, let's say, when he's fighting Frieza as a Super Saiyan or even like when in the Cell Saga and stuff, he just like it's constantly like it's detailed, like chiseled like a statue muscles, you know? And I just think it's really interesting to watch that transition. And then also in Dragon Ball Z, because the Saiyans, <coughs> particularly once they get to that certain age, they basically stop aging for a while. They maintain that youthfulness into old age because they're a warrior race. But at that point, you see the younger uh, Saiyans like Gohan, Trunks, Goten, they grow up in that series, uh, which is why I'm saying that um, I don't think Super is handling this well. It's, but I haven't, I've only watched, like, I haven't even gotten through the Battle of God's Ark of Super yet. So, um, but I, I just know of Super as, as it keeps popping up on Twitter and stuff and ruining really crucial moments that I don't get to watch in because I want to watch it in English. Um, even though I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z in Spanish and Japanese back in the day, I, I had everything. Uh, when I was a kid, I had every part of Dragon Ball Z ruined for me in terms of spoilers or whatever because I was so obsessed with it. I was looking at websites every day, downloading these like two pixel wide almost clips, you know, those really horrible WMV files. You had to get all these codecs and stuff uh, and watching these really tiny clips of like 10 seconds from one of the movies where he's fighting like Android 13 and getting his dick punched or whatever, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, good memories of being a kid watching that show. And I watched, I watched GT in Spanish on um, early mornings on Saturday on my TV. I found a Spanish channel that was airing it. Uh, oh, no, oh, yeah, I think it was like, Dragon Ball Z. They always called it Dragon Ball Zeta. You know? <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're, we're, let's get back on topic. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, such classic movies as uh, Dragon Ball Z, strongest guy in the world. What? <laughs> All right, let's continue. What is what was that? <laughs> no, no, just continue. Come on, let's go. <laughs> the tsunami release is that the old Pioneer DVDs? No, no, no. It's far worse. Got oh, some old bastard in it. Oh man, is that the Ocean dub? You wish it was Ocean. The it's one where they call Corrin Whiskers the Wonder Cat. We're getting yeah, way I off into the. Wind. I still don't know where that's from. This is the one with Big Green. Big Green. <laughs> that was Piccolo's name. <laughs> Yep. Okay, I got it. You're gonna have to send me the UPC number and, for that. Karate <laughs> Goku. Whew. Okay. So, right. Funimation pickups. This is where we're things are gonna start picking up in the in the news here. Um, so, Funimation announced at its Otakon panel on Saturday that it has licensed the Kitty Girl and anime, which is the sequel to um, Kitty Great. Finally. 
Finally. Goddamn finally. In addition, it announced that it will release the hybrid X-Heart Magius Academy Ataraxia, Myriad Colors Phantom World, and the Future Diary on Blu-ray disc and DVD combo pack. Uh, basically, unless otherwise stated, everything we're going to be talking about uh, here is going to be um, Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Also, the Ninja Hunter live-action movie. I think uh, this Future Diary will include the OVA. Yeah. Right. I was just about sure to get to that. Prequel or the finale conclusion. Well, the, the reason that they're going to the trouble of re-releasing this, first of all, I just want to say, I think it's right here, actually. Um, did they accidentally get a censorship version? No. Well, I don't know. that there's. A, I haven't watched it yet, but the spine is backwards. It's, it's re, It reads up, which, based on the cover, kind of fits because it's kind of like that reflection thing on the cover, but... Well, it's it's sort of part of the story, but... Yeah, so, anyway. Um, so... Funimation will release its Blu-ray disc and DVD combo packs for First Love Monster, Honda Kun, Cheer Boys, uh, Genocidal Organ, which I've also got a... Oh, let me click on the thing for you guys to see it. I also got an article here about it. Uh, I kind of don't care about reading about this article, just to say, other than other than to say that Genocidal Organ is the third part in the... Was it Project Ito? Is that what it was called? Yes. Series? Yeah, so the first one is The Empire of Corpses, then Harmony, and then Genocidal Organ. Uh, so I'm just going to end that there and let you guys know about that. Um, uh, and here comes the good stuff. Yes. The Speed Racer Mach Go, Go, Go set. Oh, uh, yes. This set doesn't have them have that classic style of the opening of them smiling and waving to the camera. They have the, fa they have the face modeled as he's doing the ah. Oh. <laughs> So with this, this, it's expensive. With this, yeah. it'll have Speed Racer, Mock Go Go, yeah. both so seasons, and the 97 season series. Yeah, okay, so I got this set. Everything is wrong with this set for me, for my personal opinion. So well, they've got this the little, they've got the this little keychain. Look at this, like, oh, you can stash a keychain here. And also your drugs, you know? <laughs> This is so awful. This M looks terrible. I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, it looks like it does on the discs. Like, it looks like it does in the anime, but it just looks so out of place in 3D. I don't know if it's too small, if it's too big. Something about it just looks so bizarre. It's the wrong font. It's the same M as you would see from my life as a teenage robot. It's, it's like, um, it's, it's too thin on the sides, I think. I think that's what I'm seeing different. I don't... It's bizarre. It looks weird. And having seen the live-action movie do the helmet, um, I can't... I, I just can't. Also, this thing it makes sound effects. There's a little button that... that oh, plays. man. And is, is that... Oh, man. Oh, God. This, this, this thing is... Uh, for me, this is an abomination. I'm I can't have this in this. my house. Yeah. Augie this. wants it. Um, it includes uh, the 97 series. That's the one I've been curious about for a long time. I've right. seen like so, three or four of those episodes dubbed on Nickelodeon. So the that thing about there. this, first of all, it's $299.98, yeah. effectively 300 bucks. you're going to be dropping on this. Here's the reason why it, it, the only thing about this that would be worth getting for me. Okay, it comes with the collectibles, the Razor Bust with sound effects. Don't care about that. Comes with the complete 1967 Speed Racer collection on DVD and Blu-ray. That's nice. I already have that from that other set. 
Complete 1967 mock Go 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 collection on DVD and Blu-ray. Would really like to have that. This is the thing, though. The 1997 mock Go 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 restart collection, also on DVD, for the first time ever in uh, in the United States, at least. Uh, that that is tempting, but I'm no way in heck am I going to. Uh, no way in heck am I going to pay 300 bucks for something that's just going to haunt my my dreams every night. Well, then, then again, you got an interview with Trixie, which somehow Connie Orr is still alive, which that's amazing. I can't remember if it was... I, I think my first Anime Expo, I saw the voice actor for Speed... Um, at the at the AX Idol, I think that he showed up and he like opened up his shirt and he had like a Speed Racer shirt and he like announced himself as the. I think that was I think I saw him in person um, that year back in 06. Um, speed and voice of uh, Alexander. I mean, Alakazam the Great. Yeah. So. Uh, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, oh, I hope that they release a non-giant bust head edition of mock go 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 uh they later are. on yeah um because so, that that i will definitely get this you no, i you couldn't pay me to take this well i mean you this could. is the second time i've seen something similar to this as i was trying to mention they did this with power rangers with the red ranger head yeah. bus for their uh, some sort of anniversary probably 15 20 year anniversary something like that So nobody's brought it up. I'm just curious, did any of you guys watching this, do you have opinions about this Speed Racer thing? Do you agree with me? Do you think that this is an abomination that shouldn't exist? Or what do you guys think? I'm just curious. Oh, oh don't mention if you agree with me that this thing's awesome and it should be in anyone's collection. No, I'm Come just on, saying... put it right beside your bat phone. Just flip a button, push the button, go down the bat rails. There you uh, go. Also, John Sheen says he's hoping that Funimation releases the Blu-rays of My Hime and My Otome soon. You know, I remember... Yeah, I remember why are they in, not doing anything with that license? And what's going on with uh, Banner of the Stars and Crest of the Stars? I don't know, but to, to really quickly address My Hime, as you could see from my pickups, I, I recently got My Otome. You know, I'm, I'm in the process of getting that just so that I can complete that collection. I... Remember enjoying my Hime when I watched it, but I don't remember anything about it, and I, I'm not, I'm like not excited about it being something to rewatch. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't I don't remember mm, it. It lends up pretty well rewatching it. Well, I'm sure that it probably does. I'm just saying, like, um, a lot of people really liked it. Like, it's one of their favorite shows. You know? Oh yeah. Um, and I just for me, I. Maybe I've seen a lot more than other people. Like, uh, undoubtedly, I have because I'm coming up on like my thousandth anime watched. But uh, right past that. Oh yeah, um, but uh, I yeah I just I I I don't know. I, it 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 didn't ring true as something I'd you know desire to rewatch. Um, maybe I'll feel different when I sit down and watch my Otome and watch the the sequels, but. Um, Getting back to this, uh, we, we sort of overshadowed this, even though it deserves its own recognition. Let me. Your name. Your name, coming out. Okay, so just for for the record, 
I mentioned other, earlier that everything is going to have a Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Your name is going to have a Blu-ray DVD combo pack and a limited edition, as well as 91 Days will also have uh, a limited edition. Um, you want to say anything about your name? Um, I watched it. I enjoyed it. It's one of those prestige movies, like five centimeters per second, except this goes somewhere. Let me ask you this. Do you think that it lived up to the hype? Do you, did you see it? After like it had like got all those accolades of being like the highest grossing movie in Japan. I heard that. I heard that was the highest grossing. Mm -hmm. That's why I did go see it. Okay. And did the, you think? Did you think it lived up to the hype? Um, I did not feel ripped off. Okay. Like at the ending of Five Centimeters Per Second. Um, beautiful. I like what they did. They were creative with what they did with some of the stuff. They did a paradigm. I'm not trying to spoil anything. I like the paradigm shift in the movie. As yeah. it focuses on from one character, like an hour yeah. class. It focuses from one character, then swaps to the other. Well, it swapped back and forth constantly, which was great. But then also there was a direct paradigm shift where, like, like let's say the, the shifts got longer and longer. Uh, and they, they handled it beautifully. Let me just say... With those I, shifts being longer and longer, it helps with the intensity of the situation. Exactly. It was pacing. The pacing was great. Yeah. <clears throat> so let me just say... It I still did, felt like an hour. Well, I did a first impressions um, video on this. It's, like, it's actually the top watched video on my channel because it's your name. I get, I get hundreds of views on it every day from people in Japan who are interested uh, in, like, I guess, a foreigner's take on it. You know, it's, just, it's a trending topic, so I'm getting a lot of views on it. Um, if you guys want to know my thoughts on it, watch that. But I'm just going to say, I thought it lived up to the hype. I was actually, I thought it wouldn't. And I was pleasantly surprised that I felt like it earned the, it earned what everybody was saying about it. Um, so I'll just say that. Um, I don't know don't anything about, go ahead. Don't you dare skip this next one. Yeah, I don't know anything about 91 days off the top of my yeah, head. It's there, it has a stage flight. Okay, so the next one you're talking about, New Game? Yes, watch okay. it. It is great. I love it. I'm glad so, it's getting a release. Season two is season two is streaming right now on maybe Crunchyroll. Um, then this goes into the kitty grade stuff. Um, Are they going to release the? The series also spawned an alternate retelling title, Kitty Girl and Pure. Is that what you're about to ask? Yeah, the, it's. Kind of I don't see anything in here. I didn't see anything in here regarding Funimation acquiring this. They just offhandedly mentioned this hopefully so I it's don't, included hopefully we'll see i just want to collect it be done and enjoy it yeah um fun fact when i first started the anime collector channel the very first review that i did i recorded mad bull then i recorded a review with my friend dan of kitty grade before my friend Dan went off to F to to be uh, deployed in Afghanistan, and um, we hadn't oh, rewatched no. Kitty Grade. Okay, we literally just did it. He was at my house, and we just the studio was set up. We did it. Uh, I never released that video, um, but uh, we recorded that, and then I re-recorded my review of of Mad Bull. Okay, so it's technically the first review. I, I haven't gone through and done all like the editing I would normally do for, for this stuff. I don't think I'll ever release it, um, but I just want to let you guys know it exists. 
I, I have done one. It's not a great review because neither of us had rewatched it. That's the point. Um, it was more about telling a story. I should have, I should try to re-edit it and see if I can turn it into a history of the anime collector segment. That'd be interesting. Um, but, because uh, that's really kind of what it is. It's just, it's, it's kind of a story about how I got Kitty Grade because it involved Dan. But um, anyway. Scrooge, you just revealed that you had a Donald Duck. What? That means I'm the launch pad now. Oh, no. Anyway, what? I have no idea what you're saying. You, you you drop all these references. I have no idea. Um, so I wanted to talk about this one, actually. Hybrid Heart Magis Academy Ataraxia. First of all, Japan freaking loves Ataraxia. And I'm just curious, how many people in the chat, how many people know what this word means? I'm just, I'm just curious. I know what it means. I'm about to tell you. But <clears throat> I don't know in, what it means. I think it was like an NES game. It might have been. Like I said, Japan Japan apparently loves this term. Um, in America, I feel like the one time it's been uttered in the last hundred years was in the movie Lucky Number Slevin. Have you seen that, Augie? Uh, is that the one with the... Bruce that, Willis. Uh, magician High? No, no. Bruce Willis is in it. Um, Josh Hartnett is in it. I think I think that's Bruce Willis in there. Um, this wasn't ben Kingsley. Was it? I think Morgan Freeman... Uh, it's it's about like uh, let's see Lucy Liu is also in it. Um, is that, it's is this the one about the magicians doing the heist? No, that's that's now you see me. I think is what that okay. one's called. That that's a more recent one. Lucky and number eleven. Lucky number eleven is about like hitmen, and there's like two warring like um, mob factions that live across the street from each other, and like they. It's like it's kind of an inter it's a really interesting movie. You should check it out. It's really good. Uh, it's fun to watch, and the dialogue in it is just like bam, 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 bam. Like it just it's like one of those movies where the characters just don't shut up, and everybody's got like a quip. It's just it's just it's a really interesting watch. But the character Josh Hartnett's character says um, says I have ataraxia in in the movie. He ha he has a condition called ataraxia, which is what this is. And in the subtitles for the DVD, they screwed up. They called it anorexia. <laughs> So um, nobody seems to be talking about uh, what I asked. If anybody knows what it is, I'll tell you guys what it is. Uh, you might know this from Fate Hollow Ataraxia. It's the same word. Ataraxia is a predisposition to all mental states and emotions. So ataraxia is basically existing in a, in a psychological presence where you don't have anger or fear or lust, or, you know, it's like you're completely free from all mental predispositions. Um, so I don't know why, but Japan just loves this word. They seem to use it all the time. And I it, I don't know, it's like, it's like one of those, uh, in, uh, what's that guy's name, Montoya from uh, uh, Princess Bride. It's like, you keep using that word. I don't think you know what it, I don't think it means what you think it means. You know, I don't know why they use it so much, but they just love the way this word rolls off the tongue in Japanese. For some reason, you know, there's just certain words like um, there are just certain yeah. things that are fun to say. Like uh, a lot of characters in Game of Thrones have those names like Beric Dondarrion. This is a fun word to say, and you just like it. It's, it's one of those things. I just I don't know why, but they love this word. Anyway, any thoughts on that? Hey, well, after knowing the definition, they do like to write characters about that, which is fine. I like yes. Dragon Maid as well. So uh, I I do want to address I read the <laughs> I read the synopsis of this uh, apparently I'm just gonna read this uh, 
the male character has the power to level up a girl through indecent acts. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, apparently, they get powered up by him being lewd with them. So that sounds interesting. <laughs> um, say what? Rub the gene. Yeah. Um, myriad colors of Phantom World. I don't have anything to say about that. Do you? Um, I remember. Oh, yeah. That's the one the limbo scene. Um, I'm interested it. to watch the rest of it. Uh, and then we down here we've got Future Diary, and then they don't they don't go into detail on any of the other stuff. But yeah, Future Diary. Just to reiterate, there was a Blu-ray DVD combo that came with a chipboard art box. That is obsolete now. <laughs> Actually, no, pardon. That was not a Blu-ray DVD. That was just on DVD um, yep, just the before. Uh, and then, okay, Funimation previously released, I'm just going to go through it, uh, the series on DVD and later on Blu-ray with an English dub. Does that mean that the DVD doesn't have the English dub? It should. Okay, I'm just curious. Um, anyway, so, yeah, they originally released it on DVD, so that that collection is going to be obsolete now uh, because the Blu-ray is going to have the OVA on it as well and the DVD does not. So you're going to have to you have to rebuy it if you want that. Uh, anyway, so next up on the list, I'm going to go through Aniplex, which is just three short things. So let me get that queued up. Unless you guys have, or maybe we should check the chat real quick about the whole, <laughs> about the whole speed racer. Um, Old man says, I remember reading. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm skipping. Okay, I'm skipping one. Okay, Bob Smith says, My wish list of re releases is the end of Evangelion and Perfect Blue. Um, when you say that you want a re release of End of Evangelion, is it because you're having a hard time finding it? Because Augie and I constantly talk about how we don't think that's rare. Um, or yeah. is it because you want like a better edition with like Blu ray and all that, which is what a lot of people want for Ava? Uh, in general. <clears throat> um, and then Old Man says, I remember reading in an old anime magazine, the English dub director for Speed Racer couldn't get the translations in time. They supposedly made up the story from the film, uh, and this was in the 60s. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Well, they did that for Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah, but Samurai Pizza Cats was a little bit of a different story just because with Samurai Pizza Cats, there were a lot of, like pop culture references in J of okay. Japan, right? So they were kind of forced to do what they did anyway. Um, it's just that Samurai Pizza Cats is famously, like the, the thing that's kind of more notorious about that is that they just didn't have a script at all and literally made everything yeah. up as they, you know, and kind again, of. Um, and again, Sandy Frank was always known for this. Right. Um, and then John Shane says that the DVD uh, has a dub too. Um, for regarding future uh, diary, so Augie, do you want to talk about any of this Anaplex stuff? They they keep the, selling selling the vampire story series, but the I know it's getting horrible, it's, and it's they getting obviously ridiculous. don't want to sell to me. The uh, prices aren't that see. bad; it's just that there's so many of them. Right, and how many episodes do you get out there? Yeah, by the way, I'm just going to point out right here, right, real quick, uh, Koyomi Monogatari and Kizumonogatari Part 3, 
the releases have a suggested retail price of $89.98 and a sales price of $69.98. So the bottom line here is don't pay $89.98 for it <laughs> because a sale price uh, will probably be under $20 cheaper. So or at at or more than $20 cheaper is probably what you'll be able to get it for. So. Yeah, but how many episodes are you going to get of this? this is, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I just I bought... price point, I'm... I'm calculating price per episode because I think they have like a six episode <laughs> series that was like $150. Four complete Suki Monogatari episodes for, I think, I think I paid $69.98 for, I don't actually, I think I might've got this one for 40 something. I bought it on, um, I bought it on right stuff uh, because again, I needed to get that extra. I needed to get that extra tier in order to, you know i need to get farther so that i could get free shipping but i'm probably going to send these back i don't know we will see because i need to i need to have i need to save money because i my kid's going to be born in september so um my second kid anyway uh so trying to sell sword I'm art gonna, online yeah um sword art online ordinal scale this is going to have a um standard and limited edition blu-ray uh, i'm going to run and grab a water real quick before we get to discotech Okay. Little issue I have with Sword Art Online. I only watched the first two seasons of it, or the first series of it. Is that you have episodes that are good, but then you have episodes that are mediocre. Kind of sidle soids between the two, just making it average across the board. Whatever. I kind of prefer Excel World, even though it's like. Extended episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero. But let me know what y'all think about it. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, you all. <laughs> hey, Can't no problem, here. Danny. No problem, Danny. Don't worry about, uh, you know, uh, it's totally fine with me if people want to watch these things later. I, I'm kind of tempted, because of how long the podcasts are, to just add a freaking ton of ads in the middle. Uh, to to fund the channel through ads because you guys won't see them during the uh, during the live broadcast, um, but uh, I don't want to do that to people because if you have YouTube Red, you don't notice. I have YouTube Red. I never see an ad, right? And I, and my my watching automatically gets applied to uh, the payments for people, which is fantastic. It's a great service, except that um, sometimes I don't like the fact that I'm helping fund YouTube because they're so awful sometimes. <laughs> Uh, just like Google and YouTube in general, I mean. Ah, uh, yes, this one. All right. Okay, so so we're about to get into some. We're about to get into the the stuff that I think Augie and I both are most interested Let in talking me grab about. One thing. Okay. So while he's doing that, I'm just going to mention something else uh, because I'm, I've been kind of leading up to a discussion we want to have. Recently, Mr. Nice Guy um, released a video on his channel regarding um the movie in this corner of the world and he shared with me okay. uh he shared with me I'm, I'm killing some time while you're gone but you got back way quicker uh but he shared with me behind the scenes he asked me about shout factory um and for those of you who don't know shout factory has gotten into uh licensing anime i showed you guys this earlier um, during the pickup section, that's that's the Shout Factory logo. Uh, Shout Factory is actually they're the ones who licensed in this corner of the world, and they actually it, what he sent me looked like a private message screen cap, 
Like they sent it to him on Twitter, but they basically um, they were very positive about the fact that he did a, a, a decent review of the movie that they're going to be releasing. And they just, they said some good things about it. So um, I'm bringing this up just because I needed to kill some time while Augie was gone. It'll, it'll all connect in a minute when we get to the next article, but go ahead and, and Augie and uh, um, regale us with whatever you needed to get up to do regarding Swan Lake. Okay. Swan Lake. Oh, live this is getting a release. This is what we're talking English about. Dubs. I have two English dubs. It's a fairy tale movie released by Toei. Um, Swan Lake, obviously, obviously, it's a story about about the ballet with Siegfried. I'm glad to see this because that means they they really have a good relationship with Toei. Yes. Obvious. So similar to this, that could be picked up as well. Is called The Wild Swans. That's also a really good movie. Since they have the beautiful Wizard of Oz, maybe they can also get the Toei version of Wizard of Oz and get it out of the VHS format. By the way, somebody remind me to talk to you after we're done with all this main stuff for the news about the protective cases you put those VHS tapes in. I want to talk oh, to you about okay. those. Um, but let's let's not get to that right now. Okay, so uh, just to reiterate real quickly what he said, um, the company plans to release it on DVD, and it's going to have Japanese audio and two separate English dubs. Um, sorry, I should have been showing you guys this. Uh, so this is what it is. I'm interested. I just I, I like old anime. Um, I like what Discotech's doing. Um, I like that like they're sort of it's funny because i it, i sometimes feel like i just will anime stuff into existence i've had all these experiences where um you know i talked to An nis america at anime expo one year about how ridiculous the sets they were releasing were that were really big and then the following year they started putting stuff out in standard edition on on uh you know, normal 14 millimeter DVDs, right? Uh, same thing um, happened with Pony Canyon. Seemed like they started, to, like, it's just, it feels like whatever I put out into the universe regarding anime comes back to us. We watched Tagashi Kashi, immediately yeah. new, new season. Soul uh, Hunter, immediately a new season. You know, um, Girls in Panzer. It's like just all this stuff. It just feels like we're putting these good vibes out into the universe. Lupin dub coming. It's amazing stuff. It's just, it's such a, a good time uh, to be There's me. You know? one speculation. That I doubt it's going to happen, but I think it might. Which We're is seeing right. the growth of both Shout Factory, which mm -hmm. pretty much they're just the upgrade version of Rhino and just are doing it way better than what Rhino would have ever done. Then you see the small the small Florida-based company of Discotech become this know-nothing release Korean movies like Star Wars of now becoming a major competitor in this industry is is that listening not to both listen to the customer yes a, yes for some reason i feel like shout factory might buy discotech later if that's good or bad i don't know but then again it's uh, when i say that that's about the same as putting an aluminum hat on your 
head. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's better for them to have a competition, you know? But I was actually going to bring this up, but I feel like we've talked about this before. For those of you guys who haven't been in the collecting game as long as Augie and I have, Disco Tech didn't come out of nowhere. But in a lot of ways, they kind of did. Because way back in the day, Disco Tech was releasing things like Rupon the third instead of Lupin the third the Fuma conspiracy um, they released the live action Lupin movie you know they had these weird like they just show up with these licenses like that's interesting discotech is releasing this weird thing you know and then they disappear and you wouldn't hear about them again um, because they just they weren't getting anime and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere it's explosion it's absolute explosion in anime from them and everything is a gold you know uh, an a plus gold star perfect knock it out of the park release it was just unbelievable they came out of nowhere and just slapped funimation in the face you know that's what it felt like. not not maliciously Funimation. they're slapping more viz and well i, I don't mean i don't mean, I don't mean in like a, a malicious manner but just like out of nowhere it's like holy crap who is this it's like you know funimation is running in the race and they're they're at the front of the race and they've lapped like everybody and they're so far it's like tortoise in the hair they're not even looking over their shoulder they're just walking at this point they don't need to they're such a titan and then all of a sudden discotech is like tapping them on the shoulder kind of thing you know not to say that discotech is that big but just the explosive trajectory they had was incredible to watch um as an anime uh fan especially somebody like augie and i who are really into these older shows and just watching like boom 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 especially someone like me with all the loop on releases like every single one of them just bang 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 coming out incredible absolutely incredible okay at the beginning with their anime titles they kind of picked kind of followed the phenomenology of miyazaki and takahata mm -hmm. one one movie that came out over here that they both were involved was Heidi. And it's kind of strange that they yeah. haven't gotten this yet. I'm I'm waiting for that too. Heidi Girl Girl of the Alps and there's a couple more. Um don't I don't I think there's like a story rights issue with uh, Future Boy Conan beats me with that one. Well we'll see. All about. But um to move on to more discotech, we got a lot more to talk about with discotech. This is I saved this for this far of the podcast on purpose. Um We've got suspended tab. Should have loaded that tab before. <laughs> um, cyborg zero zero nine, the cyborg soldier, which, by the way, is the two thousand one uh, show, not the ninety seven. Was it the original? No, seventy. I think there was no, a sixty seven and seventy eight version. The sixties version was black and white. They had an eighties version. Okay. They did have some VHSs over here. Yeah, but that was in um, color. This was the one that aired on Tsunami. Yeah, this this one were surprised by this because some were thinking since Funimation's been releasing the newer stuff, yeah, they're now got so, a 95% stake with Sony, they would have released this. Um, this was originally released by Avex Mode and Columbia right. TriStar Home Entertainment. Uh, these like, are the censored. The, no, these are the edited. This is the uncut. Okay. Yeah, so this is the unedited and uncut. I think this is Japanese only. Oh no, it has English on it. Um, and then these are the these are the censored volumes that came out. Um, you showed me both of the censored volumes? I thought there was only two. Yeah, there's only two. Hold up. Hold up. 
Hold on. Let okay. On Let me click on it so people can see what you're saying. Oh, uh, okay, so I'm missing that one on your uh, left hand. This is my yeah. left hand. <laughs> Good versus evil? Okay. Um, all right. Well, yeah, uh -huh. so, so moving forward. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, that was a pretty popular show. Um, moving on, they also got um, Project Arms, which we've talked about uh, a little bit in the... Uh, yes, so, and this includes one and two, which two is the uncommon one. Now, yeah, so... Game release, because this saves me a lot of pain and hassle. Yeah, because it was originally released by Viz, What's actually kind of cool about this is that I want the Viz version, and when this comes out, the Viz version is going to be a lot easier to get on online because uh, people are going to sell it to up. They're going to, especially people like us with these big collections. Whenever there's an opportunity to get rid of something bulky and replace it with something thinner, which is one of the reasons why I'm really all for this the standard depth on Blu-ray thing that companies are doing. It's always good, you know. Uh, for me, I don't want to get rid of any of my old stuff, and I actually like a lot of the older stuff, so I'm going to probably get the Viz version, personally. Um, um, I got C Series 1 of the Viz version. I'm lacking 2. With this, it just means I have a backup of Season 1. Yeah. So, uh, continuing, they also are getting Tomorrow's Joe film, or Ashitano Joe, um, that was the one that was released by Tai Seng originally as Champion Joe. They're going to be putting it out on, on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, now, here's the thing. Oh, you're showing it right now. Let me pop Yep, we're right here. Yep, so I have apparently it, I have on it the back well. it says that it's dubbed, and according to them, they're going to upscale it. I have not seen this. I've seen the TV series. According to the, the back, it says English dubbed right on the front. <laughs> no. This was English yeah. dubbed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'm at the point where he's about to get into his first match right after he gets out of prison. Wait, in the anime or in the movie? In the in the anime. Okay. Movie, I I'm not sure if this is just a compilation. Um, I don't know, but for anybody who hasn't seen it, the movie that Augie's holding is actually really good. It was it was a really it was a great watch when I watched it. Um, now here's here's the the downside to this. They've got the movie, but well, okay, uh, silver. Let's say it's a, a potential silver lining is maybe they'll get the show. I'd really like them to get the show. I'd love to see the show. A and M really has harassed them to get the show. I, 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 you know, I don't blame them, but for has anybody has any anybody in the anime community who has been watching anime for at least five years? You don't. You, you've probably never seen it, but you know about Ashitano Joe. You know the name. You know it exists. You know it's like Astro Boy. You might not have ever seen it, but you know it exists. You know, um, oh, it's yeah, just one about... of those things. Oh yeah, if you remember in a previous podcast when I show showed the you the viewer um, the uh, the licensor and what they were going to call it. Yeah, Champion Joe. The, yeah, Champion Joe. I'm not sure if it mentions it there, but uh, in one of the slides someone took a picture of, they mentioned the Champion Joe dispute. Mm -hmm. So may. Yeah, so uh, I just want to point out to anybody who's new to the podcast that you hear a lot of this stuff 
here first because Augie is just really good at going in and uh, uh, and getting information. We we speculated on a bunch of licenses before they announced them, so you I'm heard hoping, it here first. I'm really hoping Mayor gets a proper release. Spo spoiling the ending there. And yes, I do remember. Okay, I'm gonna. I just wanted to show you guys regarding Ashitano Joe. I wanted to show you guys this sick figure that that uh, came out. You're right. It is sick. Sick and expensive. <laughs> Come on, load. Oh my! What have I done? The average viewer. Okay, the average viewer would not know what in the world this means, but this spoils the most iconic scene of this series. I want this figure so bad, but I don't want to pay for it. Is it also a real, I mean, God, look at the detail on this thing. There's also a great one of, okay, uh, it. yeah, there's also, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it out of the box. I just want to have it, <laughs> but there's also a great one of Ippo, uh, Hajime no Ippo. Um, boxing animes make great figures, but you don't see a lot of them. Oh God, there's a hilarious the one. He does well. I'm kind of suspecting them to re-release Joe versus Joe. Joe versus Joe's. It's it's not bad. But, it's not bad, but it's not great. Like it's I don't I just don't feel like it, it would fit in with like green versus. I could red. see you know I could see them doing it though. You're right. I could see I could see Discotech doing it. Uh, let's see. Oh. I'm just looking up something real quick, um, and then can you can you address the chat real quick? Because a, yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of people have been saying stuff. I keep seeing it and wanting to bring it up, but all right. I said Sandy Frank. No, it has a dub. Frank spelled correctly. Yes, the blue. Blu-ray. I don't want to spend ninety dollars on. It. Okay, he's talking about the Vampire Story pricing, and I agree. Yeah. On a and DVD then, release, I'm not a huge collector, so I don't spend as much money. I'll address old man uh, in a second. Can you read the bottom one? The, the most Sorry, recent. Sorry, guys. We will catch you later. Okay, old man. I have YouTube Red because I'm. No, no, no. So much. Bottom one. I'll address the, the YouTube Red one in a second. I wonder if digital anime hurts DVD, Blu ray. Blu ray, I guess it meant to put sales at the end. Fans watch shows as they come out, talk about it on forums, and then forget about it. Um, I well, think. I that's think just that, another, that's just another piece of the pie. You yeah, don't have that, but there's other factors involved. Go ahead. I, I don't think that it hurts the sales. I think that the people who are going to buy it are going to buy it anyway. Okay. Most people who, when it comes to digital anime, like live streaming, Crunchyroll, Funimation, all that, most fans who are going to go that route were not the kind of people who walked into Best Buy and just picked something up on a whim. Those were the collectors like us. You know, we're the people who do that. Other people don't typically do that. Okay. I think it actually helps the sales because it gives people a cheaper option to expose themselves to a bunch of different shows and then they can choose to buy the ones that they really like. You know, well, so I think, I think it's actually helping. One show that's really benefited that, well, you know what, really did benefit from this was as among a diode from how i understand it the show did subpar in japan however because of the simple japanese that it used people were able to fan sub it and brought it over here and because it was something quirky that we've never 
that the U.S. is for newer generations are not familiar with, it caught on to us. It relates to us. People in school doing doing silly things. How does that not relate to someone in middle and high school? Yeah, I think if you were someday, it would be fun to do a video topic about this and actually really dive into the history of it. If we were to look backwards at which shows in terms of catapulting anime forward um because the western audience has been a major impact has had a major impact on an, uh, in the anime realm let's yeah, say so that in 2000 yeah Six, the early 2000s yeah Six um, is when the bubble tried to form yeah 22 people call 2007 the golden uh, age or whatever the golden year but um, but if we were to look backwards, you could pick out certain shows where if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And if we're going to go backwards, I'll say for sure, um, Devilman, Fist of the North Star, because of um, particularly in this case, not necessarily the show, but because of the person we talked about, Danzig. We talked about Glenn Danzig and how those shows got over here and how Danzig. Or, did, we, did we talk about this on podcast or did I just talk about this with you behind the scenes? How I, have to, I have never talked to, like, Danzig, that's the music guy, right? Glenn Danzig has the Devilman Tramp stamp. Yeah, we talked about non-podcast. Not on a podcast. Well, he would be one person that would be part of how how this, like, where we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for this person or this show. Oz Among is another great example of that was a huge catapult forward because exactly as you said, it was easy to fan sub. Um, so it, it created that whole thing. And by the way, um, right now there's a whole controversy going on because of Digibro who um, for all of his faults, at least the guy, at least the guy creates a name that uh, ever, that people can't help but talk about the controversies he's creating. But um, the thing about Digibro is he's been talking about, so Gigguk recently released a video regarding um, Netflix, Anime Strike, and all these different streaming platforms and talking about like where their faults are and, and it was a, kind of an open letter like how we want to see these things improve. Digibro later on released, and if you don't know who Digibro is, he's kind of notorious in the anime community. Um, he's very opinionated uh, and he put out a video. The guy drinks a lot and he put out a video where he's getting drunk and he just shit talks other sense. anime YouTubers for... Um, for like 30 minutes. So there's just, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this guy and his opinions and his fan base and everything. He got invited to Crunchyroll Expo. Um, and he actually put out a video where he basically addressed the same, the same things that Gigic did, except that he also brought in kiss anime, which is an illegal streaming site. Um, and he was talking about the merits of kiss anime and all that stuff. And people are talking about how he, um, how he is like promoting illegal streaming and stuff. And I just want to address real quick, when I talk about fan subbing and how that has helped the anime community, um, something that's really important to distinguish is that um, people people often in the anime community, they talk about this, and I think I talked about this in another podcast briefly, but um, the idea that, that piracy has helped anime significantly more than it's hurt it. It's like, mm. yes and no. And this is the thing. The difference is that piracy back in the day back in the day people would hand around um a copy an, a vhs transfer of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of something that somebody recorded off tv in japan okay that's technically illegal that's technically bootlegging that's technically piracy if money is involved in that transaction okay. sure. it's illegal 
technically, from a technical standpoint, it is considered bootlegging to go to a concert and take a tape recorder and record the concert. It is technically illegal. It is technically bootlegging to film and tape um, sports games without the written consent of the NFL. You know, these things are technically in that realm of bootlegging. It's not as frowned upon, right? But it is considered bootlegging or piracy, right? Now, the difference, what I'm saying here is that, yes, it's true. Piracy has helped anime more than it's hurt it at a at, at certain time. Okay, because back in the day when this was going on, the fans who were quote unquote pirating, they were zealous fans. They were eager to fund this hobby. Okay, whenever an opportunity arose for them to actually buy a action figure, a cosplay, you know, like pin or hat, whatever, whenever any of that ever came to the States, they bought it, okay? They were on that because they were, like, it was difficult to be a fan back in the day, back before official releases of VHS, okay? When it came to fan subbing, it was different. Most people were just stealing it because it was in that whole LimeWire phase where everybody was, or Kazaa, where everybody was getting free music and everything. It's just like this, this cultural concept of, this is free, we can get it for free, right? And that created a lot of anime fans. Some of those anime fans have continued pirating up to this day. Other fans have transitioned over to buying things, okay? Um, so the point is that at one time, because of the cultural aspect of it, of the fans, the, that zealous nature of wanting so desperately to be a part of this fandom and not having an outlet... Um, until they basically created the outlet. They started the conventions. They started all this stuff. Uh, they started the anime clubs, you know, to get this to where it is today. That is how piracy has helped anime. Nowadays, it's not the same thing, okay? Nowadays, people are pirating anime just because it's free, okay? Because it's it, they don't they don't have to support the industry. Somebody else is doing that, okay? So that I just wanted to address that real quick. Um, also, real quick, since I brought it up, Hajime no Ippo figure that looks totally awesome as well. Uh, great figures for boxing anime. Um, and if you guys, you know, I don't know what it is about boxing, but totally looks awesome in anime form. Um, always awesome. You need so, to play a character developing story that you can add a lot of intensity to. You know, and it's you were saying. Thing. I just want to address that we're almost at the four hour mark, Augie. Just wanted to say that, but I'm, I'm well aware. I just want you to know. Um, but uh, I do I'm want to address. Hours now. Yeah, I do want to address the fact that um, you were talking about, like you and I, we both hate sports. I mean, I don't care that other people like sports. I don't hate the sports exists, but I just I'm not I'm not into sitting down, grabbing a beer, and watching the game. You know, that's I'm not watching me. someone do something that I can be doing. Right, sports but the thing is, sports is. anime, for some reason, is like, I can get so invested. Haikyuu, if you haven't watched it yet because you think it's a girl anime and it's just, a, watch it. It's I fantastic. Never said anything like no, that. I'm said No, I'm talking to the general audience here, not just Oh, to, the words. Okay. Yeah, but you understand, I'm just saying that Haikyuu is fantastic. It's, it's one of the best sports anime. Something about the formula of sports anime, they handle it so well, well and you are so fun. hyped for every episode. Uh, they did a great job. Now, again, but the thing, what I'm getting at here is that 
before watching Haikyuu, I didn't know the names of any of the positions. Maybe setter. That was it. You know, I didn't know any of the terms. Now I know like all these different things about it. Watching watching Hajime no Ippo, I know about all these boxers like like Jack Dempsey and and the, all these all these things that I would not have known if I hadn't sat down and watched these. And I enjoyed the process of learning all this stuff that allows me to talk a little bit and understand. Like I could talk to. Uh, somebody who's a big fan of boxing. If I was stuck in a situation, let's say at a party, not that I go to parties, but if I was at a party and, and people were watching a boxing match and people wanted to talk to me about something that they were passionate about, about boxing, I could follow the conversation better because of Hajime no Ippo, because of Ashitano Joe or Joe versus Joe or any number of other things. You know, It's, it's just a really interesting concept how sports anime is it's kind of like it's it's a it's like a shepherd leading the sheep outside of um I don't want to call it otaku but just like that nerdist like where you just you don't you don't come out of your shell and it leads you into being a normal human being who can who can interact with uh, what has been um uh fondly dubbed normies in in our chat <laughs> um um would you like for me to explain why sports anime is good yeah well the sport is an event for the show. The sport is an event to get the people together. What you're focused on for the show is are the characters. Mm -hmm. the, prime, the primary focus is to develop this character and what trials and tributes that come ahead as you see a growth to them. Mm -hmm. When you see this, you're more likely to indulge in this character Try to see how they get out, out or in a situation, and you can build a quick intensity with the game, game that they're playing. Yeah, it's interesting you that you you put it that way because one of the things that I've noticed is that I'm not huge into mech shows. I just I don't I don't care for them that much. It's just not my my genre, right? But the best ones I have seen have all been about the characters, not the mechs. You know what I mean? It's exactly what you described. We need to fix that sooner or later. Not you enjoying it, but you getting more of an exposure to it. I've That's seen a lot of them. I just, I just don't think that. <clears throat> granted, because I don't rewatch things, I don't have time to rewatch things. I mean, right. <clears throat> the podcast is changing that. We do have a little bit more of a of kind of an excuse, like, hey, try to watch this again this week, you know. But um, <clears throat> I don't think Evangelion is that fantastic. You know, um, I I like the show. I appreciate being iconic. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is a great depiction of humanity. Right. This is one of those weird cases where, for some reason, if you show a boy acting like a boy, people start to hate the show or movie. But if a girl acts like a girl, you need to appraise them awards. I don't know why it's like that, but oh well. Let's let's come back to this. Um, let's get. Let's, let's make that another topic for another yeah. podcast. Let's talk about that another time, because okay, I feel like now let's talk about something serious called Minyanya. Yeah, um, Ashano Joe is supposed to be really great, but I haven't seen it yet. The first episode is on YouTube. Yeah, old man is just coming in. John Shane says it's one of my favorite sports anime, along with Cross Game. I don't know if he's talking about. Haikyuu or any of the other oh, ones? Oh, lacrosse about, game. But... I think that's the Gainax uh, lacrosse. 
Okay. Show back in 2008, 7, 6. I'm not sure. Maybe 5. All right. So regarding regarding banana, I'm actually really psyched about this. Um, love cats. Love bananas. I was telling Augie before the, the stream started that I've got a um, – a snack that I like to eat. You know how you can like cut a banana in half long ways and like add peanut butter to it and like put the top of the banana back on it, and make like a little sandwich. Um, or you can you can cut it short ways and make like little discs of it uh, and add like peanut butter on top of that. Um, add jalapeno to that. It's fantastic. Um, just like a little ring of jalapeno right on top. It's such a great flavor combination. I told him um, to make an ice cream out of that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually really looking forward to this. When I saw this at Anime Expo last year, not this year, was maybe it was the year before that, I can't remember. Um, I was like, I was totally on board for it. I thought it was such a funny concept, and uh, they had all these little plushy things there. Uh, I really loved. Um, didn't buy any of them though. Or maybe did they have them? I think actually, I think I saw. I went to the website. They had plushies. It, they look really cute. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, watching this with my daughter potentially is the first thing that she watches. So that'll be interesting. Uh, then moving on to Loop on the Third, The Legend of the Gold of Babylon. Second time's the charm. Second time's yeah. the charm, I guess. Okay, so I just want to read this Still last thing what here. what happened there. Discotech announced in 2005, all the way back in 2005, that it had licensed the film. Uh, but the prospective DVD release was put on indefinite hold. Um, so... What's an anime that came out in 2005? Let's just throw some of these out there to give people a mental framework. Black Cat came out in like 2006, 2007, 2008. Like, um, Five was technically a slow year. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, when you think about 2005, not only is that 12 years ago, 12 years ago, like, where were you in 2005? High school? Junior high? You know? It's like, this is a long time ago. Um, this is back when discotech this is around the time when Discotech had only put out, like, the Fuma conspiracy, you know? Um, they weren't doing a lot of anime. So this is really interesting, and I'm totally thrilled. This is the first time that uh, Pink Jacket Lupin is coming over to the U.S. on DVD uh, in any form of Pink Jacket. Well, there is Green versus Red. Is he in Green versus Red? I haven't watched yep. that one yet. I have a lot of these, like I said, I have a lot of these that I've, I'm dying to watch because I just love Lupin, but I'm waiting to see if a dub comes out because I like I like the okay, Lupin I'll dub, you know? that's just, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I like the Lupin dub. Um, they previously released it, uh, Animago previously released the film on VHS and Laserdisc, but they changed the character's name to Rupon. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I have two copies of Fuma Conspiracy, and perhaps... Yeah, it's the anime ego one that's titled Rupon, not not the uh, the discotheque one is Lupon. Yes, that is that is discotheque, right? Hold on. Yeah, yeah that, it's written. It's green got the other cover. You can't miss yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so also, Nie Under Seven will be available on DVD and Blu-ray disc. I am psyched. Though. That makes it easier for me to get it, and it also has an RPG book. It's. Tell me, in your words, what an RPG book is. It is a tabletop game. Let's okay. go simpler. It is, a, it is a series of books that you and your friends can go together, create characters, environments, and try to tell stories with your game with one person being a leader or referee. 
So basically, it's Dungeons and Dragons without the dungeons or the dragons. You're doing it in the style of this thing. And style and theme of the show. Okay. Now, the reason I asked... I'm, guys, I'm, small eyes, this is a big eyes, small mouth variant. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, John Shane says cross game is baseball. Um, just to no, clear that no, up. I'm just dead wrong. Uh, here's the thing. I own Nie under seven. I've got the Genion release. Right. That's right. It's in a Bailey box. Right. Uh, right there. Right. It's not a great show. I can't imagine. It's so forgettable. I, I like the only thing I remember about it is they kept saying Namaste. I think there were Indian characters with Indian accents. I, that's basically what I remember. Um, I can't see it being an interesting dynamic to have an RPG. That I, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't see it. Um, now, this is something I've been sort of working up to the entire podcast. We talked about this last week. Hells. Yep, Hells. Based on the manga Hells Angels. The DVD and Blu-ray disc release of Hells will feature the original Japanese audio with an all-new subtitle translation. Discotep is collaborating with Team Four Star and Soundcane Studios on an English dub for the anime. Okay, I've been working towards... Ah, that's the key right there. Sound Cadence Studios. So, Team Four Star, it sounds like Team Four Star has an apprenticeship with this studio. Okay, do you know this studio? I don't know anything about the studio. Sound Cadence Studios is the studio behind, um, is the recording studio of Ruby. And Rio Rainbow Gate, which is, um, this is like a small thing. Sound Cadence Studios might be owned by Team Four Star. You know, like, I mean, you know, kind of, it's hard to explain. Um, Rio Rainbow Gate, see, Media Blasters had this weird, really weird connection. So Media Blasters is MB, right? They had this this connection to a, a recording company called MB Voiceworks, which everybody assumed was Media Blasters Voiceworks doing everything in-house because they were doing everything in-house, except that MB didn't stand for Media Blasters. It was like it was like Mary and Bridget or something. It was the, the names of the two girls who started the company, right? Um, that dissolved. That doesn't exist anymore. Real Rainbow Gate, apparently, I don't, it's, I don't know why they're attached to this. I'm just bringing it up. That's kind of interesting here. Now, here's here's why I wanted to talk about this. So I've brought up so far, there were three things. I, I brought up while Augie was getting that VHS or whatever. I brought up, um, or whatever whatever you were doing when we brought up Swan Lake. I was getting the Toei Wizard version of Wizard of Oz. I brought up Mr. Nice Guy getting... Um, positive, great feedback from the company distributing the thing he did a review on for the American side, okay? I also brought up... What was the other thing I brought up? Damn it. Let me look I don't know. I wasn't here. No, it was before that. It was earlier on. I said, I said, draw, take note of this. Ah, shoot. Well, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here is that this is unprecedented. This is very interesting, and it's a, a very interesting look so for those of you, by the way, who don't know what Team Four Star is, Team Four Star is the, that's the, the people behind um, like Dragon Ball Abridged. 
Okay, they do a bunch. They they basically started the abridged comedy genre on YouTube. Okay, um, Team Four Star. The fact that a fandom based group of people got together and created their own dubs for these abridged little humorous videos. The fact that they have risen from no name people to we are Team Four Star to we are now at the point where we are doing a dub for an actual anime. That's pretty incredible. Okay. Well, this sort of happened before. I mean, this is how, in a similar vein, Grandis dealt with more of a college uh, anime club. It's kind of a similar vein to how ADD film started. Okay. Just a bunch of friends. Just a bunch of friends watching. Watching well, I, fan subbed anime. And, I feel like, with the exception of Funimation, you could say that about almost all the companies. Animego has kind of got a similar story. Yeah, um, Sean Animego and Animego and uh, right stuff. Not right. No, no, not not Sean. Neon, uh, Central Park Media. Central US Park Bond Media. Park? Those two. Yeah, those two have like a very similar story because apparently both worked on Voltron, got a wife, and started a. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm getting at... I think it was a telescope, no, microscope company that turned... I think it was telescope, actually. But um, but what I'm getting at here is that... We are the dreamers and the makers. No, it just it seems like such a, a far distance to travel. To start from nothing and then... Like, let's say from our perspective, we started a podcast. We're seven episodes in. It's the 14th week, so to speak. It might not seem like it's possible for us to influence future licenses or for us to influence choices made in special features or these little things. But realistically, it's actually not that far of a journey. It is mm. possible to relatively quickly by next year even let's say we've done this for a year by that time it is possible for us to gain the attention i just brought up mr nice guy as an example you know getting recognized by the company that's actually releasing the thing he talked about and getting praised by them it is possible for us to actually make that sort of impact and have our voices heard oh, yeah. and be a platform for anime collectors where what we say goes directly into the ears of the companies much in the same way as how I keep saying, like it's as if I put this stuff out into the universe and it happens, you know, my wildest dreams of getting the original loop on cast back. And I know I'm not the only person who thinks that, and I know mm -hmm. I am in no way responsible for that happening, but I'm just saying that these things are getting put out there and they're happening. Okay. And Augie brought up a great point earlier about how it is though, as though discotech is listening to the customer. Okay, if if we can be a place where opinions are heard and, and we talk about these different things, um, I think that this could become a, a, a very interesting uh, podcast where where we talk about different licenses. We'd like we could we could have a whole segment on shows we want to see return. You know, I just, One I'm these days, I need to dig up uh, the post I made regarding. Uh 
Delos to discotech. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, you, I think you read that right? Yeah, you requested that, right? That was you were the you're the only one I saw even talking about Dallas and you, yeah. you specifically said like, can you guys get this? And shortly after they did, you know, they um, even gave me a comment winking. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, and I just want to re, uh, come back to something I was going to talk about before. Uh, when old man said he has YouTube red because he's here so much and he felt guilty using ad block. I just want to say to everybody who uses YouTube red, it makes a huge difference. Okay. There is on the analytics, there's a way for me to see YouTube red revenue versus um, regular revenue. And you have to understand that most of the views coming in from regular revenue are using ad block and there's no revenue coming in at all. And again, I, I, I'm kind of legally bound through my contract with, with becoming a YouTube partner that I'm not allowed to discuss in detail the actual like earnings and stuff that come through the channel. It's not a lot. I'm just explaining that like, it's like one penny per thousand views, but YouTube red is actually showing that a single view can be worth up to a penny or more. Okay. So I'm just, I just want to say that it does make a difference. Um, so if you are sitting on the fence about it because you don't want to pay 10 bucks a month, which I totally understand. I mean, as a content creator, I'd much rather if somebody, uh, I would, if you were just going to get YouTube Red because I said, hey, it helps me out, I'd much prefer you to just put the money you would put into YouTube Red into my Patreon every month. I'm not going to say I wouldn't, but I'm just saying like I like having YouTube Red because I like having the background play feature feature on on the the app and all that. But I just wanted to address that it makes a difference. It really does make a difference, and I'm not just talking about for me. I'm talking about for any content creator that you watch on YouTube, it is having a positive impact on their revenue um and it makes a huge difference for them all right just wanted to, to draw your attention to that anyway um so let's go back to here so i i just wanted to talk about this oh, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about our chances in the podcast of actually making some of the the headway i kind of outlined here about how team four star team four star's gone a lot longer but they're going much farther they're actually they're actually involved in the production They've sacrificed a lot to get to this yeah. far. If you really pay attention to them as a convention, they, they, they're not getting paid that much. Yeah. And I'm just saying they've earned they've earned where they're at. But you know, Team Four Star also has merchandising and stuff. So they, they're doing okay in the sense that they've created brands where they can they can produce a living off of, you know, shirts and um, some some people yeah. are selling like bootleg DVDs of their stuff too. It's crazy how, how popular they are. Um, anyway, but uh, from then uh, we've also got, um, not that one, uh, Urusei Yatsura, Beautiful Dreamer. Yes. This is the it. second movie, the one directed by Mamoru Oshii. So the interesting th thing here that I wanted to bring up is that it is going to have a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. Ration. Okay, they Got, they need to proofread their stuff. Um, so the original one released by U.S. Manga Corps has a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Um, and it's going to be interesting because if you wanted, you could just buy this one and stick it into the old art box um, that uh, Animago made, which... Once again, just every time I have a chance to, I'm gonna I'm gonna praise Animago for their choice to release the art box to hold all six movies, even though they only had movies one th and three through six. You know, <laughs> um, I, um, I since we're on the topic of Ursa Oxford, 
You think you can get some like uh, John, some uh, capsule figures gotcha of Ursai. Yeah, I got your figures of Ursai Oxer characters, and like put it along the tops of your Ursai Oxer in the background. I could, or I could just buy figures of it and do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think figures will fit. I, well, I don't know. unless you just keep getting lum just laying there. Yeah, well, because they're, right well, yeah, I mean, it's on the top shelf because it's on the overflow stack. <laughs> Back here. No, I'm uh, laying for putting it overflow. It's like over six degrees. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I I wasn't going to get it originally because I already have it. I've got the U.S. Modern Corps release, but I kind of do want to see the 16 by 9 version of it. Um, it is going to have. Is everything you want a school festival ruined because the characters want to do a Nazi memorial and destroy the school with a tank? The whole dream aspect of it. You can have hours of conversation just on that. Well, I mean, it's Oshi, so. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, just to clarify here, wrong, I keep jumping to the wrong mouse. Um, the release will have both Japanese audio with improved English subtitles and an English dub from the original master. I think that's kind of interesting to say. I guess they mean from the original master of the English dub that was produced. The release will mm -hmm. include director commentary and theatrical trailers. So that's kind of interesting. Um, mm -hmm. It's a second film based on... Yeah, Oshi wrote and directed the film. DVD does four disconnecting those. Yeah, okay. So... Next one's uh, interesting. So Robot, got Carnival? Robot Carnival on Blu-ray. Blu this yeah, time they... around, we've had people, like two people have been working on this for a while, trying to gather interviews, merchandise, posters. Because this is They're the trying to 30th anniversary? Up. 30th anniversary, no Blu-ray around. And apparently this was a commissioned anime. The Robot try to get it in the U.S. Um, market. Let's say, what do you mean when you say commissioned? What do you, when um, you say commissioned, what do you mean? Okay, at the moment, if you go on to uh, Discotech's Twitter, okay, I'll have an interview of someone. Listen to that someone say stuff. It's like an old man. Mm -hmm. I wish I knew his name. Not you, old man in the chat. Um, maybe it is. You don't know. <laughs> no, maybe. Um, listen to what he says as he's trying to describe how to get this person wanting to get anime into the market just like a French film would be. Okay. Hmm. Orgus uh, Monster. Yeah, Orgus Monster. I should know its name. I'm looking up their Twitter real quick to see if I see anything. I'll look it up later. Oh, yeah, I see it. The Robot there Carnival. There it is. Mic drop. Yeah, they put the wrong. They spelled Mike wrong. Wait, you can see it? Oh yeah. There you go. They spelled Mike wrong. Should be M I C. You're talking about separate zero zero nine. It's, yeah, it's loading the next. Anyway, I I want to have that ready for the link dump in the in the. Here, no, that's the trailer. Anyway. Oh yeah, Charge Man Ken yes, isn't, yes. isn't is not in the uh, 
Well, it's not in the article, but they did give a final release date as to when it's going to be released. That's good. All right, we find the third part two. Yes, so part two, part two, uh, or second collection, um, which is going to have episodes 41 through 79. I think there's 144 episodes. Oh, gosh. What have I done? (laughs) You made it readable. Now it's unreadable. I can, I can do that if you guys need it to. I didn't know I could do that with the button. I'm trying to middle mouse click this, but it's just making me zoom Stop in. Stop showing the Castle in the Sky giveaway. We're not that big yet. Hang on. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to click on this real quick. It is 155, not 144. All right, yeah. So Open. And they're on 41 to 79, so... So, so just to clarify, they are already past what was released, even on the first collection they released. They're already past what Genion had released. Like they're they're almost twice as far. So, uh, the release will have commentaries and an interview with Richard Epcar, the English dub director and voice of Daisuke Jigen. Yeah, so good stuff, really good stuff. So, what were you talking about with this Castle in the Sky thing? Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just for anybody who doesn't know, um, a lot of Miyazaki's like designs for stuff he he put in the loop on before he made like this is this which mouse is it <laughs> this uh, the, the Castle in the Sky uh, um, robot Dealer Fletcher's Superman robot. There you go. The Iron Golem from uh, from Castle in the Sky actually appeared in Lupin first, and there's a bunch of other characters and stuff where you could tell the designs were from Lupin. Like he did it in Lupin first. So I'll find out the episode name, but you can also find that same robot in the Justice League. Oh, really? <laughs> yes the the old yeah, 2005 the show. Oh, oh, really? So it's a more recent one. Um, I guess it wouldn't have been the fifties because this was in the this was in the seventies and eighties. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, thirties. Like what? Felix Fletcher, the no, I, I was no, no, I said fifties regarding the old. I was thinking of Super Friends, not not Justice League, um, but that that couldn't have possibly been correct because the Lupin series ran from seventy seven to nineteen eighty. So. Um, it wouldn't have possibly been in the in the fifties, Super Friends or whatever. I'm I just guessing fifties. It looks like it's from the fifties because you brought up Justice League, so I thought you were talking about like an old old one. I didn't realize a more recent thing. Anyway, so uh, so that's interesting. Oh, and then of course, uh, almost skipped it. Lupin Part Four also um, coming out over here. So we're going to have uh, two versions. Yes. So the English first one version is hold on, from hold the on. Italian. Disco Tech will release an English dubbed version of Loop on the Third Part Four, followed by a release with Japanese audio and English subtitles. The reason why is because the first one is the Italian cut, and the second one is the Japanese cut. Which I'm glad I finally got the answer. I don't care yeah. if people laughed. I just wanted the answer. Yeah. All right. So next up, uh, Right Stuff slash Sunrise. And then these are the last two pages we're going to look at, and then we're going to have more of a free-flowing discussion about whatever you guys want to talk about. So let's get through these kind of quickly because this, we've gone this, we're 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 past the four-hour mark right now. So, um, so real quick, Right Stuff detailed uh, their G Gundam and Gundam Wing anime releases. So 
pretty much I'm just going to say that they're doing uh, G Gundam Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, it's going to be two parts. And Wait, Gundam Wing, DVD? I thought they were only going to do Blu-ray from now on. Blu-ray disc and DVD. Cool. Um, yeah, cool. for, for Blu-ray disc and DVD. Right? Yep, for Mobile Fighter G Gundam as well. Uh, and then I really hate them for doing this because I don't want to have to buy this again and get a huge thing, and it's going to cost me a lot of money. Um, hey, hey, it comes with four tarot cards. The Gundam Wing Ultimate Collector's Edition. I, I, what is this thing? Will this even fit? Like, I just like this is so freaking huge, and all it literally yeah. all it is is three <laughs> Blu-rays. Three Blu-rays, um, four pens, four tarot cards, a yearbook, yeah, picture I, book, and postcards. But what's interesting about this is that the um, Frozen Teardrop uh, picture drama. Uh, as well as what's the other thing that other OVA the Operation Meteor OVA yeah Operation uh, Meteor you know, Walt's movie and OVA we already have that yeah so we're getting we're getting all of Gundam Wing all both versions of Gundam Wing Endless Waltz meaning the OVA versions and the movie adaptation version also Operation Meteor which is a four part OVA and the picture drama Frozen Teardrop so. For the sake of being a completionist, worth getting. Okay, uh, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, old man message retracted. Um, okay, old, uh, old man did something on on the chat because he's currently a moderator, so he could post links. Um, I really just need to. I really just need to go in and change the settings to let people post links. That's probably how I should be handling this. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Anyway, so moving on to the last thing I want to talk about regarding anime news. And I'm curious, I should ask you guys now before we even finish. Do you like this format of the podcast? Are we? Is this way too much? Maybe we should really cut this down. Um, or maybe I should handle, I should separate this to stuff we should get through quickly. And we'll just treat that as the intro while we wait people to, to shuffle in. So we can just kind of get through it quickly. Um, keep, the, keep this in mind. This is like... Two weeks to a month of news. Yeah, this is a lot of news, and it's also because of Otacon. So it might be different next yeah. next podcast. Uh, Sunrise announced um, they are going to be doing uh, a HD remaster of Mobile Suit Gundam Seed and Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Destiny with a new English dub. Okay, so that's the bottom line. There, we are now done with. Um, we're now done with the. Uh, oh. Shit, didn't even show you guys. There were two reasons, or in my we're mind, not, there were two reasons for an English dub. The main and, reason, and in case you were wondering if it was going to be worth hearing, it's not Johnny Young. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just uh, being mean. Go ahead. When they released a recent version of it, uh-huh. they added more scenes to it. Oh, okay, so that's why the they mastering. So that's the main reason. Second reason why, in my opinion, is the initial release of Gundam C. In my mm-hmm. opinion, I think it has audio imbalancing issues. Because when that blasted song that sings in every episode plays while people are talking in English, you can't the song hear them? over yeah, the song them? just overpowers it. Okay. I have That's no good. idea why that song's there. I wish that they would That's good to have know. subtitles for that song when playing on Toonami. Cool. All right. Well, um, 
that's all I wanted to address there. Let's go through the chat real quick. We're going to have a little bit of free talk for a while, just whatever you guys want to chat about. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and catch up on the chat. So uh, old man says, using a gambling term, would could some collectors be considered whales? They buy so much it influences some releases or at least potential for release. Um, I I go out of my way to buy everything released of Lupin, especially everything Discotech does, Blu-ray copy, DVD copy. You know, I, I am I I am not really vigilant about making sure I don't buy the same thing twice. I recently just sent uh, Augie a copy of Operation Return the Treasure because I bought it again. I am, from my perspective, I'm trying to be that for Discotech. I am trying to show them, hey, we came to Anime Expo with five boxes of Lupin and we've only got seven DVDs left in one box. You know what I mean? Like, I want them to see that they're selling a lot of stuff from Lupin. I want them to see that those are heavy hitters and that they should continue doing it because I want to buy more of it. I want to have that in my collection. So just to answer your question, it's like probably somebody, there are probably some people who do that. Uh, I don't know if any one lone collector is doing that, but probably groups of people, like for instance, the Lupin fans collectively together are causing that to happen, you know, um, to, to, uh, to your point there. Um, my two cents on it. Maybe yes, maybe no. If you look at brick and mortar stores like Walmart, Target, FYE, places like that, they will get a stock of stuff in. Normally, unless it's that popular and they're high in demand, normally they'll get their bulks of whatever, like either a whole series. Oh, shoot. Something or Let's say volume say two of Jobits. Hold on, hold on. I just hung up on uh, on the other computer and it caused you to robot. Okay, so let's if you look at a Walmart, a brick and mortar store, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a set amount sent to the store. They right. typically they don't know what they're getting. It's either gonna be a complete series or volume two of Chobits. Yeah. So, one, you're going to have different distributions of of stock for a particular series. Does that influence influence the sales of the show or re-release? I don't know, but going off from what I see from this demo, from this style of sales. they're going to get a set amount regardless of what happens. Yeah, well, let's translate that to say that that it's not necessarily so much on the consumer end that's causing, let's say, these trends, but it can all it could be caused by the distribution retailers in, right? So um, the way it works apparently is that stores get all this stuff in stock. They put it on their shelves and they have a certain set time, like a month or so, maybe a couple months where they have the opportunity to return the stock that they don't sell um, so that they can make room for a more hot ticket item. I talked about this in uh, 
I think my rare DVDs too, right? Um, and uh, um, like for instance, and I, I'm reiterating stuff I said in that tip, but um, at places like um, Fry's, Fry's Electronics, they told me that they actually don't do that. They just continually mark stuff down until it's sold, and that's how they get rid of stuff, right? So to your to what you were saying, it's like these companies, like the retail chains, they're going to get these items. And it's not so much how much you sell of something. I mean, yes, it is, but it's also more, it's more that you look at how much you slow up printing based on how much you get back when companies say, oh, when retailers say, you know what, I got to send back all these copies of, um, of let's say asylum session that show did not sell, you know, and then, uh, people, um, uh, the people who like, who, I guess it was Sentai who put out Asylum Session, for example. They think, okay, stop printing Asylum Session. We just got a million copies back, you know, whatever. Uh, and that that's kind of the thing, you know. So um, it's hard to answer your question. Um, I think that, as I put it earlier, that it's not necessarily one individual person, but it's like collective groups of, like, as I said, Lupin fans. But I also think that there is some influence, like YouTubers are, are – people who are big on social media like Twitter and stuff, they are known as influencers, right? So there's a chance where I could uh, potentially, if I had, like, for instance, PewDiePie's got close to 60 million followers on YouTube. If he came, he he actually constantly talks about anime that he likes. It's like when he says, this is the best show, you should definitely watch it, um, a great big chunk of his fans, you know, might go out and, and try to buy that. And if it was currently available, you know, that's like 30 million sales made right there, you know, because of one video, you know what I mean? Um, so, so I, I think that there, there are dynamics in place that work sort of in the way that you described, but maybe not the way that you described it exactly. Um, yeah. old man. Okay. Uh, anything else in the chat? John Shane says, I think the person that voiced Android 18 in the abridged series has been in some recent shows. Um, I wouldn't, I, I don't watch Dragon Ball abridged. I don't, I don't think it's not funny. I thought that they're, they did that thing where they did the cell games where they had like Kenshiro versus cell um, Sonic and knuckles where that was hilarious. That was so funny. Um, they did a great job with that. I just kind of missed the team four star thing. Were they the same people who did Yu-Gi-Oh abridged back in the day? I assume they were. Mm -hmm. I think there, that was one person that did something on his own. Well, the, whoever did that, the their time. voice for Joey was hilarious. That was so funny um, with that New Yorker accent. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. And then Old Man said something, retracted the message, and then said, I removed the otaku from the last part of my name. So I don't, I don't know what you're referencing there. Yeah. But um, anyway... Um, so you wanted to talk about these VHS covers. Yes. Um, do you want to real quick just confirm um, Lucky Star for Watch Club next week? Yes. Next, Lucky ne Star. Not next week. The week after next. Uh, next Lucky podcast. Star, TV series. And OVA. Okay. okay. Easy right. to stream on Funimation slash Crunchyroll. It's currently in print to my knowledge. It should be a simple show to get for this time. Okay. All right. Um, so that is so, basically everything on the docket. Uh, let's talk about these. Um, okay. Thanks to me, these exist. 
Yeah. So what is this? It's a plastic casing over a DVD. Unlike something that you would store your shonen Boku Zo Zoroku. And where you just squeeze the tabs and the video. Oh, those are awful. Poop, poop out. Initially, this is why I wanted. Yeah. And I discovered something better. Yeah, because those old, There's the ones, guy. the one he's showing there, those things like, they're awful. <laughs> they break, they crack, they kind of turn yellow, and they also sort of like you can't, you're not going to be able to get that box back out of there without. You have to cut it out basically to get it out safely, or else it's going to damage and it as it comes out. You can still get your item back, but the case is destroyed. Exactly. So the tape so, works, but the yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So ahead. back to this. I noticed for video game collectors, if they have something in box, they put it in a plastic seal. Mm -hmm. I went to the eBay, the person who sells it on eBay, mm. went to him and asked him if he can do it, do it for an old VHS. And he said that he would do it. Because of that, he's, he was able, and he, keep, he, he keeps selling this a lot. I need to actually get some more for some other. He, he should give you a commission on those. <laughs> uh, or better yet, we should start making them. <laughs> Yeah, this, this guy, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah. But because of that, um, he started making them. I've been mm -hmm. really wanting him to do a special order on yeah. something like this. Where yeah, uh, I think I think if we do these, this could actually be a great way. I mean, it's something that we need, and it would be a great thing to, to plug in the podcast. Okay. Uh, this is some we should look into this. This is what do you guys think? Do you think this is a bad idea? Because at the very least, uh, I've been talking about wanting to do custom art boxes just for the heck of doing it, you know, um, and uh, and potentially funding the channel that way to sort of help bring in more money so that I don't have to work on like because the bootleg series is not going to get done unless I can sit down and work on it. And unfortunately, I got too many distractions going on with everything in my life um, and the fact that I need to put food on the table and pay for rent, you know. So um, I wanted to do custom art boxes, but I've actually been really interested in doing Bailey boxes, which are the plastic art boxes that have the paper insert. This is actually a good step forward towards making that happen. So I'm just curious what you guys might think about um, about us potentially uh, moving forward with this as, a, as something we might just do for the sake of this is something the community needs. This is something that we would use and it would be nice to have. Um, well, not a bad idea. Somewhere to start. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, so next week we watch Lucky Star. Please share, tell your friends about this. Hopefully this isn't a I've got one more thing I want to say about the VHS things. First of all, make oh, sure yeah. you send me make sure you send me the link to the eBay seller because I, I need to get at least one of those for I don't I keep looking around for it. I don't know where I put it. My loop on VHS. I've got my thumbelina. I've just I've got VHSs that could use them, so I'm gonna get a couple of those uh, myself. But also um, the reason I'm bringing it up, and this is probably not a great time to bring it up because we've got probably three viewers that are not you, uh, Augie, but um, when we brought this up, because the reason I bring this up is because I 
I've been doing the time coding and all that for the earlier podcast. I finished the first uh, episode. I moved on to the second one. When this came up in the earlier podcast, somebody had said, how do you protect an art box in shrink wrap when it's next to another art box? And I didn't, I don't quite understand what they were saying. I think we, like when we were going forward, um, we just sort of moved past that without really registering what was being asked. And uh, I'm yeah, curious because those boxes would work. Augie, yeah, well, Augie went on to say that, um, Augie went on to say um, that he was worried about, because um, he was talking, he, he interpreted it as a specific type. For instance, uh, Comic Party or, um, Oh my goddess, the, the where they have like that clear plastic sleeve with stuff printed on it, or for instance, Afro Samurai has that clear plastic because on his Afro Samurai has all these warts. Okay. And look at this. Yeah, basically now. Yeah, basically what happened is when they put that in the shrink wrap and they used the heat gun on it, it warped the uh, the plastic underneath the clear plastic as well with the shrink wrap. And so um, that's how Augie interpreted the question. But I'm wondering if the question, which again, we're only talking to a few people here right now, um, not nearly everybody who's normally, you know, involved in that discussion and the people from the first podcast and everything. Um, but I'm wondering to any of you guys who, who were there and asked that question initially, when you do watch this, which probably won't be during the live broadcast right this second, but later on, um, I just want to know what were you getting at there? Cause I feel like that was actually a really, he said, okay, so old man jumps in says paper on paper causes acid damage long-term. Okay. So he's saying, so it was you, I thought it was you. I wasn't sure. So you're talking about, for instance, having, this um, type of art box sitting and touching, or for instance, Genshiken 2 versus Genshiken 1 right next to each other, except my Genshiken 1's in a uh, plastic still. So you're talking about these touching. I have not experienced any problem with acid damage. I have not I have not experienced any at all. And I've been collecting for a long, 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 long time. Um, can you maybe, um, outside of the podcast, uh, send me some examples of what you're talking about just pictures because I, I i've never dealt with it but i try I to keep wonder if it depends on the temperature and humidity of the room right because because occasionally they do get kind of stuck together and you yeah. kind of peel them apart but very very rarely does that happen um and I need to get a little bit more information because most of the time i try to leave my art boxes in the plastic wrap and i just cut specifically to let them out so I can get to them, to, to the DVDs. And I'm planning on doing in the future a video. I have a shrink wrap machine. I plan on doing a video in the future about shrink wrap machines and how um, how to re-shrink wrap your, your stuff for the sake of protecting it and all that. Um, but I just I haven't gotten there yet. I, I, I want to get the bootleg series done first. So anyway, oh, and by the way, by the way, real quick, something I want to mention. You guys have my word. If, let's say, more than a year goes by, and because of this other job I'm going to probably be taking on, if if everything goes splendidly for that, and I'm just up to my neck in work, constantly working, making tons and tons and tons of money that I'm not making right now, 
if that happens and I just do not have time for the bootleg series, I'll do the I'll walk you guys through the bootleg stuff in a podcast. I'll just do it then. Okay, so at least the information's out there. I still want to do a separate series, but at least for the sake of we need this done, I'll do it in a podcast. The only reason I don't want to do that, even though it probably would be easier because it gives me the opportunity to talk about all this stuff over the course of four hours, uh, which is kind of the time that I need, which is why it's taken so long to create this series because I just need to separate everything into smaller chunks, is that <clears throat> I need to do it in a format like a series where it can go viral easier because I've only got one shot at taking down these bootleggers and I want to hit them with everything I can right at the apex moment of getting getting it shared all over the place, getting featured in articles on like Anime News Network where just constantly people are, the information is getting out there so quickly that the bootleggers have all these return requests coming back to them. You know, more specifically, the eBay sellers get those return requests. Those uh, sellers have send them back to the people they got them from because I told you guys about that multi-level distribution chain they're using to, to hide and sort of launder everything. Uh, and then eventually that gets back to the, the bootleggers and it hits them so hard that it cripples their operation and they just go belly up. Okay, that's what, I, that's what I'm aiming for. And I've only got one shot to do that. And doing the podcast, um, doing it through the podcast, the bootleggers will adapt. Uh, and I fear that if they adapt in their, I don't know if they're capable of adapting in the way that I know for, for full, like I can look at any DVD and tell you immediately uh, if it's, if it's a bootleg or not, because of something like that they're doing sort of a metadata thing. If they're able to fake that, we can't, we won't be able to tell anymore. So we need to be able to break them immediately um in one go is basically the thing. Anyway, um, so Augie, were you were you about to bring up something? Uh, eh, not really. We're, we're wrapping up, I'm assuming. So we are in uh, four and a half hours, almost four hours forty minutes. Um, this is, I'm assuming, the um, longest podcast we've done so far. This is the longest podcast. So, so last question, I want to know either. For the guys watching right now, the few of you, apparently, we're getting, we keep gaining viewers. This is bizarre, right at the end of the podcast. Um, for those of you guys who are here now, what did you guys think of the format of this podcast? Uh, I know it's been a little bit heavy because of all the Otakon stuff. Um, maybe we should give it another week where we try to do this and we just try to, you know, have these articles preloaded. Um, did it work for me to have all this stuff on my other computer and just, you know, quickly click the the other thing so that we could get the screen sharing going like like really fast um does this work for you guys do you like this does this seem like a a, a more valuable podcast to you because of this nice one um or do you think we should go back to just kind of winging it because the podcast originally was i don't want to put any extra effort into this uh, i i you could quote me i said in the beginning this is the 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 section of the channel where you sort of take your pants off and 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 kind of just show up and talk about stuff we love but um i just want to know do you think it's worth it for us to continue doing it this way was this valuable do you like being able to get your anime news here and getting your sort of our take on things um, or should we just sort of recall what we remember from the previous weeks rather than having it all loaded up like this? Because, uh, again, we're, we're at four, almost, we're, we're coming up on five hours now. I just want to know what you guys think. What do you think, Augie? Did you like this one? I mean, obviously, we got we got to iron it out some felt, of this, It right? felt like, yeah, we, we, 
there's always lumps to iron out. But you never can have straight pants. Um, I like that. I like that. It felt like we pushed out content. Right? So that was yeah. just recordings of it, but still content. Well, I, it's news analysis from the perspective of people who are collectors. I think I think it was good. Although I do, I did feel as we were doing it, I felt as though um, some of the stuff that we were going over, I I realized as I was bringing it up that we probably could have just skipped it. Oops, I didn't mean to click on you. I meant to take something off. There's a dust particle on my trackpad. Um, wrong computer again. <laughs> I've gone. I've got three three different computer mice in front of me, so I keep I keep grabbing the wrong one. Um, like for instance, uh, the live action news probably not that interesting. Probably could have skipped a lot of that. Yeah. Um, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure one was a pretty good. Uh, yeah, a lot of, you actually had something to watch. <laughs> it just, uh, I mean, we had something to say about it. Is what I meant. You know, it was it was great. I wish you had the backing great. of uh, psychics and go that. I had a lot to say about that one. Yeah, well, forgot to mention I eat uh Coffee pudding, sorry, plan. Uh, I guess I guess what I'll say going forward is that now that we've done it, I can easily sit down and say, okay, this deserves a mention, but that's it. Move on. You know what I mean? We don't need to find something to talk about about everything, which we didn't, but I'm just saying, you know. Um, yeah, so other stuff, yeah, just like there's a lot of stuff in here that I could have skipped, you know, and again, I think that I think that keeping some some quick things to just kind of mention, like just read the name of the article uh, at the beginning, uh, the intro where we're waiting for people to filter in so that it's addressed and people can watch the podcast later. Um, and we just kind of get that stuff out of there, you know, so that we can focus on the stuff we actually want to talk about. Um, but should, I thought we, we, should we highlight pre-orders like Amazon, right? Stuff? That's a good question. Um, if we do, highlight pre-orders for Amazon. I can put affiliate links in the uh, in the description. And if you guys wanted to help fund the channel without actually spending any extra money on us, you just buy something you are already going to buy through Amazon. It could fund uh, the podcast a little bit. That'd be that'd be good on, on my end. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Um, but yeah, it's totally up to you guys um, what we do. So, um, so Old man says you could start a little earlier. That might help make it, or make it bi-weekly, as in we do it twice a week. Um, what if, okay, so I've been talking to Augie about the prospects of doing it weekly, because right now it's bi-monthly. Um, bi-weekly would mean twice a week. I don't want to invest that much time into the podcast um, because it, I spent all day, la uh, my days are my nights, but I spent all last night um, doing uh the research and reading up on all these articles and stuff before the podcast day. So I don't want to do, I mean, it would take less time because that would be, I'd only spend one fourth the amount of time if we did it bi-weekly. The reason we're doing it bi-monthly is because this is the one day every other week where Augie doesn't have work the next day. Uh, Augie, you want to address March? March, March, I'll move closer to job. Yeah. So Augie's, Augie's going to be moving. Will be like, Five minutes away from you. Yeah, so that I'll things be able will, to do stuff. Right. It'll it will change potentially if you're going to be closer. It might change when we could do the podcast too. Do you think right. make it earlier? Okay. Mm. Let's me discuss that outside the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll I think discuss this is, might be a little too meta. 
yeah, we'll discuss it. But the thing is that um, basically Thursday is not a great day for a podcast. Okay. But there's a reason why we have had to do it this way. Um, so I, I agree with the, the comment here. Moving forward, it would be better for us to be able to do these, let's say, on Friday or something, you know, just something where we can, um, where people don't have work the next day. Because I know a lot of you guys, like Augie doesn't have work tomorrow, but a lot of you guys do. And you stayed up pretty late to, to enjoy this with us. virtual Fridays. Um, anyway, so. Um, thank you for your patronage. Yeah, anyway, so now that we're at four hours and 45 minutes, I think I'm going to go ahead and say thank you guys for watching. Uh, again, I can't stress enough how much it helps us to have you guys share this stuff with other collectors you know, people you know are going to be interested in this, liking the videos, commenting, all that stuff really, really helps us um, to keep this going and to, to reach more people, and it'll get us closer to our potential goal of being able to influence uh, the industry to a degree and, and sort of have our have our voices be heard um, in this podcast uh, to what gets released, what gets licensed, what is made sure not to be done. Like for instance, um, I can't stress enough to any anybody who ever watches this that works as a graphic designer thing, never freaking put your spines on upside down. That's so freaking annoying. You know, um, never omit having the name of a, a title in your spine. Stop making premium editions that are so enormous and not DVD sized that don't fit into a case. You know, don't put things out in a format where the only way you can buy it is in something that won't fit in a bookcase because collectors, especially the people who want to actually pay that extra, you know, premium price for something, they're not going to necessarily buy it if they can't put it in their, in their case, you know? So those are the kind of things that I'm hoping to eventually get across to companies and make sure that we can avoid nasty things that might've happened had we not been able to communicate uh, with different companies. So uh, with that said, I'm going to say thank you guys for watching again, not this, this coming week, but next, sorry, not next Thursday. But the Thursday after that, let's put it that way, is when we'll have our next podcast. Uh, same time, 9 p.m. Pacific. Um, and what did, what did I come up with? There's Mountain, so 10, 10 p.m. Mountain, 11 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern. Right. 12 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you then. And don't forget to watch Lucky Star, the show, and the OVA, right? Yep. All right. See you guys.